Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. I'm Rick Dyer, Captain Brunch, here with Mr. Dustin Frazier. So I guess now the WrestleMania card is not the only thing that changed. We have to now change it from he pulled the Miz to he pulled the Fury? I don't even care anymore. I'm numb to all of it. <laughs> I'm on here, full disclosure for iTunes people, I'm on here 30 minutes late just because I underestimated the chaos that is the current WrestleMania card. And we, as you guys know, we, for the pay-per-view, we do the voting polls. So I was trying to just sort it as the best as I can. And I apologize in advance because there's a lot of matches on there that I know for a fact shouldn't be and are impossible to happen. I had no contingencies to make the polls. So I'll just say what they say. Card is subject to change. Write it down. Huh. There you, <sighs> you know, so everyone's sick. It's the showcase of the mortals. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what it's really become, right? You know? At this point, it went from say your prayers and. You're where anybody can die. Like. It went from say your prayers and drink your vitamins and all, eat your vitamins and all that other shit to take your Robitussin and your Tylenol. <laughs> it is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I also uh, I've been notified based on content from last week's show that I work for either the government or a secret service agency of some sort. And that's the reason why I decided to give my opinion on current events. Be careful how you put it. You know, we government types don't like it when you you name what it is. Yeah. So that's what it is. This whole thing is a cover. Is it a cover up so that we can uh, I can actually just uh, spread my own agendas on here. And uh, I've been asked, how long have I been working for the government? <laughs> for many, many years. See, that's why he only got no time to get secrets out. <laughs> that's what we I expose think. the business, you could say. People who have these conspiracy <laughs> theories, I think, just don't have anything better to do. That's why everybody freaks out. <laughs> Even crazy. when they can stay at home all the time. Nothing to do. Yeah, it's something else. So our community is a bit funny, I must say. And uh, I know I was asked in the chat room, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, and I don't mean it in a, in a negative way or anything. I'm talking about our core community because obviously our community is a lot smaller than our listeners. Uh, our listeners, I say community people that are involved in like maybe the day-to-day, the chat room, uh, reach out to us regularly on social media versus our uh, the listeners, because listeners, I mean, take myself, for example, I listen to many a podcast and I really can't think of any that I was ever in the chat room or that I messaged or reached out to. So the average person, which is the reason why numbers are in the thousands with iTunes and SoundCloud and, you know, pretty much nowhere else. It's easier. It's, it's, it's less committal to just yeah. listen to audio. That being said, we do have a core community for those of you out there that don't realize that. The reason I say our core community is a little funny is because there's a lot of complaints, justifiably so. There's a lot of complaints about the state of wrestling currently. It not being certain people's things, it not being other people's cup of tea, uh, it not working, them not wanting to be into it. And I'm right there with you. I will say that this week, aside from Raw, everything else has gotten into a groove and made it less awkward and picked up momentum. Like SmackDown felt like a regular SmackDown to the best of its ability. AEW and NXT are the least affected because of their small, tight, intimate area anyway. You hardly even notice with AEW and NXT this week. Raw seems to be the most noticeable of all. 
And even they this week, I feel, got a little bit firmer of a grasp on the situation in regards to making it less strange, less weird. But nonetheless, not everyone's going to be comfortable with it. And I don't expect you to. However, being that we are a community, we've provided all different tiers of entertainment for all different kinds of people. And this isn't just a cheap plug, but sure, Monday's the most popular thing we do is this, the show, talking, wrestling, and everything else. But we do have the party game zone on Wednesday. We do have adventure game night on Sunday. We do a bunch of winged weekday streams in between. We hit all different genres of stuff. And no one's obligated. I tell you guys, it's here for you when you want it. And it's not when you don't want it. There's no, it doesn't really matter either way. It's it's up to your discretion to utilize it as much as you want. But I see such a small fraction of people actually doing that on demand or live in the chat room when it comes to anything that's not wrestling. And if it's because wrestling is your only thing and the main thing that you're into, that's fine. 100%. But you can't complain if there's nothing else going on. That's why we have video games and trivia nights and all kinds of other things going on. There's other things. There's other vices here, and a lot of them are here. We have a, a club. If you have an Xbox or even a PC, we're part of the Talk Bunch community. I've said before, you could join the club. You know, reach out to us and, and, and game. Some of you do. I see Mark in here regularly. As a matter of fact, for live things, regardless of what's going on, Mark is here because Mark realizes that a lot of the conversations that we have on Mondays, they wind up bleeding into the other days of the week. And we may be streaming something and talking about something completely different. There's been a couple of times, uh, not to jump in, that we've dropped, brought some of the stuff from the gaming over to here briefly. Yeah. So the point being that there are other things that uh, allow you to interact with us. Once wrestling gets stale, there are other things that we have, other alternatives that you can turn to. And you don't really have to uh, just beat down on the wrestling if you're not feeling it right then. That's the reason we have so many different alternative things going on. And that's the reason, even myself personally, brand and community aside, that's the reason I do so many different things. I'm able to have a show like this because I'm sort of a jack of all trades when it comes to I'm a wrestling guy, I'm an anime guy, comic books, you know, animation, movie, TV shows, novels, whatever. Like, you know, your your interests, I have like a diverse field of interest and and I kind of... um you know, share it with you guys. But the point being, when something comes up that's different from wrestling, you should try to embrace it or just pop into the chat room on other days. It's called Talk Brunch, not Wrestle Brunch. And the brunch is a mixture of several different things. It's not breakfast nor lunch, which is the whole point of this. We're going to have tons of different things that are sort of blended together. And, and nowadays, with the way pop culture has evolved, wrestling and sci-fi and, and all these other things sort of have blended together into like a strange mixture. You see characters in wrestling mimicking uh, characters from anime and comic books. You know, people have a tire of superheroes and anime characters. You see anime that's that's inspired by things that have happened in wrestling. You see games inspired by both, and it all bleeds all over the place. So I'm just saying, expand your horizons. Once you feel burnt out, you're not feeling the wrestling. Because I notice, and this isn't a judgment, it's an observation. The people that seem the most burnt out and affected by this are the people that are only around us when it pertains to wrestling. But the people that are around for all of our other streams and all of our other content and are like have their hands in all the cookie jars, those are the ones I never hear complain. And um, it just says something. Maybe they're more satisfied. Their entertainment palette is being more cleansed than the people there just for the wrestling. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes exactly. Makes perfect right. sense, realistically. Like Stasis is just, just hop in for the bantering. And the replays are left at the bottom. You don't have to be here live. I know our hours are mainly nocturnal, but there's a lot of replays there if you want other kinds of content. But, you know, I never hear uh, a lot of our guys that are there for the for the other stuff. 
complaining about things that are going on in here. You know? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, all this other stuff is here for a reason. Like we've talked about before, you said um how Mark has been in sometimes for almost everything. There's been times we've started stuff in the wee hours of the morning and Mark's just showing up. So kinda like he'll he'll be one to tell you everything we do is fun, not just the wrestling stuff. Like you'd be amazed how less burnt out you are about one thing when there's three other things that we do, like. Yeah, SoundCloud's a good place to find us. Like Mark just said, uh, iTunes, it, it goes there too. And we don't control that. It automatically goes to those places. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, our stuff goes up as soon as possible. But if you just want like the raw original show and you can't wait for it to be up, the moment that we turn this off, it's automatically archived into our mixer.com slash talkbrunch past stream section. And it's not just this. It's everything. It's even stuff that we don't keep permanently. So just keep yeah. it in mind, because the the video episodes of this, I don't keep them. They stay there for 14 days, and then poof, they're gone. They expire. We don't keep any of the stuff. We just keep the audio. You know, majority of these aren't really saved anywhere anymore. So, you know, like I said, just come check that out. But yeah, there's a lot of complaining. People are down, huh? <laughs> like, I mean, when it comes to the wrestling, that's the one aspect where I think I'm kind of, yeah. But I mean, come Wednesday and Sunday, I perk right up, because I'm like, ooh, no wrestling today. But... <laughs> Yeah, craziness, man. Even even the rage that Indivisible can bring us sometimes. Still, it's just like, hey, well, it could be worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of am skeptical about where I want to open here because you don't want to uh, you don't want to open with too much of the uh, the morbid stuff because damn, there's a lot of it. Right, it's tough to find a good spot nowadays. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all Jesus. It's all rough. Yeah. Well, it's you know depressing. what? I think I have a place for us to go. Ooh. I got a flow. You got a yeah. flow. I got a flow. You got a flow. So let it go. Yeah. Brother, starting Hulk. off with Hogan. May as well start with Hogan. I don't want to go into because everybody's got, we'll get into the serious shit later on, the changes later on. Believe me, it's inevitable that we'll get into all that crap later on, which is the reason why I want to go into our good old Hollywood, our man. <laughs> old Wizard Hogan. That's you calling him the wizard. He's a yeah, anyway. yeah. I almost can't blame you for that. Look like a wizard now. All right. Well, Hogan apparently, according to this, reached a settlement over that sex tape. Remember the sex tape? That's the way, that's the reason Hulkster Flow exists. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> that's the same sex tape where he got caught with racism, right? Yeah, that was the same one. That's how he became the that Hogan happened. that we've known and loved, right? After Coyer's racism, man, I don't know. There's nothing like it. After coitus racism, write it down. <laughs> After coitus racism, there it is, man. That is that is crazy. I could use it for years, Mark. I know exactly how you feel. After coitus racism, he, <laughs> that was so unplanned. <laughs> according to Bay News Nine, he reached an hundred and ten million dollar settlement against Cox Radio and Cox DJ Mike Cowhead Calta and Matt Spice Boy Lloyd. $110 million. That's spicy. She's all boy, no spice. <laughs> and uh, so $110 million. And let's not forget he won $141 million when he put when he took out Gawker. Remember the old website Gawker? Probably not. <laughs> because they're gone now, thanks to Hogan. Do you remember Gawker? You remember Gawker? They went completely bankrupt, and out of the $141 million, he only got $31 million Because, uh, yeah, the the lawsuit against these other guys was where he gets the other $110 million. Shit. And that was the, that, that was the uh, apparently, the there was an undisclosed settlement amount there. So, yeah, 
Hogan is looking really good right now. He doesn't need money probably ever again as long as he's careful, which hopefully right. he is. Don't go getting married or anything crazy. No, no. You, you can't be married. You can't be married no Muppets again, Hogan. No, you definitely can't, sir. Muppets take your money, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> Muppets. Muppets take your money. Muppets take your money. There you go. There you go. You got to write it down. Muppets take your money. Muppets take your money. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Hogan's doing so good, in fact, that he recently went on social media to show off what he's calling his pimp mobile. Oh, Jesus. I know, right? It's Hogan, so it could be anything. I know I'm a Mopar man, but all I got to say... Is this bad to the bone? NW, we need NWO tag in front of this car, Ronnie. I'm gonna have to this check. Is bad to the bone? Pimp mobile, Hogan's pimp mobile, <laughs> with the 427, the big 10 red lines on the back, eights on the front. Old school Craigers, double double deep dish, doggy 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 Woo-hoo. style. Bad man, brother. This is a bad car. I'm telling you. It's wow. Black runner, black runner. Not as bad as a Charger, though. <laughs> Think about that, Ryan. <laughs> and there you have it. Go oh, you got that great A American muscle. Mm-hmm. That's the way to be when you're Hogan. You want to show Fuck off the that, alarm? Just turn the car on. You want to show off that pimp mobile? <laughs> you know, look at him. He looks like he's explaining to people how to be a pimp. <laughs> oh, I want a pimp. So I'm on seminars. Start a Hulk Hogan. Pimp called Hogan. Yes. <laughs> My name is a pimp called Hogan. <laughs> it's like a trial call question running together, brother. <laughs> oh, God. That'll be the new segment, a pimp called Hogan. Yes. <laughs> we have to have one every week. <laughs> it's funny because even when Hogan's doing the right thing, I kind of find his stuff inappropriate. And I hate to have to judge here because I know the poor guy can't get a break. But with him, it's all about timing. We're in a situation where the world is really rough. And that guy decides when everyone's dealing with problems and there's economy issues to go, hey, check out my pinmobile, motherfuckers. <laughs> Back in the you know, kind of like, he couldn't have chose a worse time to show off his money and his pinmobile. When you really oh. think about it, right? Everyone else, everyone else, and I'm not going to saturate this show with this tonight because a lot of people are doing workout at home videos that are superstars. A lot of people are doing cook at home videos and play video game. We get it. We understand how to fuck to stay home. People have been doing it for years. Suddenly we're being taught by the superstars how to stay home. But when everyone's giving you advice on social isolation, how to stay home, Hogan's like, check out my pimp mobile, motherfucker. Time to drive around. (laughs) So again, it's just Uh, not a good look, man. Not a good look. Oh, Hogan, I know you were trying here. I see it. He's just happy. (sighs) What do you think of his look, though? You think he's going to show up at all? Is he even on Mania? He's not on Mania, right? He ain't scheduled to show up. No, that check's not big enough for that. Hell no. <laughs> Without his little Hulkamaniacs around, he has no interest in this shit whatsoever. <laughs> that and Goldberg's there. He's scared he will try to jackhammer him again. Hogan yeah. can't support that move again this time. Like, no. <laughs> Good God. That motherfucker rather... blow a hip out again trying to get through the rest of that move. That's who should have replaced. We'll get into it later. Roman's out of mania. But yeah, that's what we should have. They should have had Hogan versus Goldberg too. 
Oh God, it'd have been great. Write that wrong in history. This time Hogan, Hogan basically beats him. Man, Spartan Jesus! Fucking after Coyer's racism and pimp mobiles, the whole Hogan story. <laughs> That's what we need from Vice, right? Yes. <laughs> That's the Vice story that they don't want you to hear about. But uh, yeah, it's good to see the guy up in good spirits. It's incredible because now this this entire uh, Hall of Fame thing, the New World Order, is not going into the Hall of Fame right now. I wonder if they're going to change the uh, the Hall of Fame at all. Uh, I mean. We've talked about forever changes that need to happen with that thing, but uh, yeah, I don't know what they would change about it, if anything. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've always said before, do it like the UFC does it. Don't induct so many people in at one time. But, yeah, no, I definitely I mean, wouldn't. Because I mean, what, the UFC, like two fighters get inducted every year, which I did also hear apparently that uh, Fire of the Year, they're inducting the first John Jones and Alexander Gustafson fight. So something like that, some kind of a format like that to where we're not sitting here wondering instead of who's going to go in, who's even left to go in or waiting for people to die. So they'll put them in because that seems to be a lot of their format nowadays. Wait for people to die. Well, yeah. if, if they keep having these shows, they ain't going to have to wait much longer. The whole such... fucking SmackDown Ross is going to be inducted next year. Like yeah, a... we're going to be inducting errors. Instead of people. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to be in- inducting the, uh, what do they call this? The, uh, the, the PG era. At one point, they tried to call it the reality era. Remember how well that worked out? Uh, don't you lie to me. <laughs> yeah. Here's a dose of reality now, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where do you want to go with this next? I'm trying to pick my stories very carefully to stay away from the C word. And I don't mean Kant. I'm fine. I'm comfortable with Kant, even though most people in our, our society aren't. Yeah, but let's be real. They, we, 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 we don't worry about them. We don't worry about the cunts? Uh, no, not at all. Cunt vid <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. No, don't write it down. Please don't. I, I reached the phone, too. No. <laughs> See, do you know not. to be quick now because I'll do it. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I mean. Well, uh, <sighs> John Moxley. Oh, I don't even want to. Speak. Oh, yeah, this. <laughs> he had a he had a bit of a cameo. I never thought I would see him on WWE television again. I mean, technically, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, just to piss him off. Yeah, <laughs> ain't nothing technical about it. <laughs> he was on their show that they plugged. We talked about this last week with the John Moxley situation. What's that show called again? WWE backstage. Yeah. And Renee said that she was going to do something special for the fans. And, and Destin and I said, maybe they need to do some sort of like a face cam style thing, like a, like a hangout style thing where everybody, uh, they're all doing, they're all cam timing and they're having their interviews and stuff like that. And that's exactly what they did. They all worked from home and the WWE backstage. However, <laughs> it, was, it was great just having um just the the ring um set up just the uh the lights on the octagon and then to see the um set up with WWE shooting the, the stage when the guys come out it gives you a totally different feel and, and I said it, it it's going to give these guys a chance to go out and really dive into the Shakespeare I mean you know they're running cameo <laughs> cameo <laughs> That's what this show's all about. <laughs> it's like TV, baby. Recording from home, babe. 
That was priceless. I love the new angle. And uh, that's what um, that's what the business is going to have to do right now with this time, you know, with this virus. Yes, Booker, they're going to have to give us more John Moxley cameo. That's what they need to do. <laughs> that motherfucker knew exactly what he was doing. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> It was so obnoxious. I got you. <laughs> Loud as can be. <laughs> I love how Woods popped for it too. Like, fuck yeah. He couldn't contain himself. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, see what happens when you get to just have fun all the time. <laughs> what could they really do, though? You know what I mean? Nothing. That's the Fox show. They can't say shit. Like, at the end of the day, what could they really do in regards to something like that happening? I mean,. It is a Fox show. You're right. So backstage is the Fox show. I lose track. Yeah, but yeah, backstage is the Fox show. WWE can't say anything. That's right. So because because Renee hmm. worked for Fox, she doesn't work for them anymore. They answer to a higher power. <laughs> At this point, the only thing they could do is just do what they did uh, with the WrestleMania 32 replay. Did you hear about that? What was that? Uh, they cut the AJ Jericho match completely out of it. So because they're petty, when this replay aired on ESPN. You never knew that was AJ's first WrestleMania. Well, that's what they they, they don't want to advertise people from another brand. I was wondering how they were going to get around it because we're hearing that ESPN's getting all of these uh, old WrestleManias. Apparently, the last WrestleMania that they aired did 800,000 views, which is a big deal because it was a WrestleMania from over five years ago. So they plan on having one of the more current ones, I believe, one from maybe two years ago. It's going to be airing there soon. And, uh, oh, yeah, like they're that. expecting like a bigger turnout than that. So when you look at the 800,000 that they got from that, from something that's several years old, there's a good chance that, uh, they're, they're, uh, gonna be doing more. I actually didn't take that story down, but when I heard about it, I was wondering how going back they were gonna resolve things like that. Because the further back they go, the more AEW their roster becomes. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. And the more the Twitter marks show up, just so you remember, those are former WWE guys. Like, okay. Why is there former? I'll wait. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> picking and choosing their spots, like in regards to, uh, you know, what, what people can do what and what people can go where, you know. But Jericho's funny because he's such a big staple in WWE. Yeah, that's why it's so stupid. It's just like, you can't sit there and act like we don't remember he was there. Yeah. That like, is like, really just silly, because, like, just because you're salty, you cut his match. Because then on top of that, that just shits on AJ, too. Because it's like, okay, so AJ's match just gets cut. Yeah. Like one of the best professional wrestlers in the world, his first WrestleMania match just gets cut because you got an issue with somebody you didn't know how to do right. I didn't even hear what they did with uh, the Brock match on there because that was Brock and Ambrose. Mm, that's interesting. What did they do? Yeah. Like, see what I mean? Eventually, I, you're just cutting out matches. Yeah. Like, and you're not proving a point because we all know it happened. <laughs> yeah. And if you try if you try to show somebody who's never seen it, somebody who's seen it's gonna be like, hey, wait, wait a minute, Chris Jericho and Ambrose were on that card. They probably apply the same logic that Triple H applied to the China porn, where he said, if somebody Googles this person's name, I gotta think about what's gonna show up. And I mean I'm sure that logic isn't he didn't think of that on the fly. That's probably the universal logic of the way that they push content out. You gotta think about if they Google any of the people's names within this content, who who's gonna be uh Who's going to be in it? You know, if they were to Google Ambrose, more people are going to look at AEW, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And Mark asked, uh, which WrestleMania was Stardust in the ladder match? That was 31. But then again, let's be real. They don't remember that Stardust was Cody Rhodes. They're not that smart. <laughs> they forgot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. We don't know who's in charge of their, their media there, you know. But it's kind of 
erasing history is not a good way to do things. I don't care if they do it for things they're giving out for free, but they shouldn't do it on the WWE network. I want things the way that they actually were. You know, right, like c- cutting it out doesn't really do anything but piss off the people who, ex- who experienced it when it happened. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, at some point, things have to change. Are they going to, though? I don't know. Well, this company, I doubt it. <laughs> How much has been the same that we've been complaining about for years? I mean, they're taking the AEW stuff very personally, you know? And yeah. that's one of the biggest problems with it. Like, at the end of the day, it's like everything they think is a slight against them. They told Vicky Guerrero, just because she was on AEW Dark, they, they don't allow people to be on her podcast anymore. Like, they want to disassociate themselves from the rest of the world, but they want to basically be able to pick, have have pickings of their choice when it comes to the rest of the world, when it's convenient to them. Like, we don't acknowledge all of these other companies unless we're stealing talent. Then Then we know everybody's there. We know exactly who's who and what their gimmick was. We know who to team together and how to use them and how we want to use them. But we never heard of them. That seems yeah, like to be they, don't, they don't seem to understand the way the fan base is now. You can't pull that anymore. Yeah, the fan because all of us are too smart to think to know about that. The fan base has been smartened up, and it just makes them look salty. A company that used to look, and that's the funniest part about WWE. It makes you wonder what's changed under the hood, because a company that used to look like uh they shrug their shoulders and don't really look at anything else that's uh going on has slowly become a company that looks like they're salty about everything that's going on. Like, what made them change? What happened over the last few months? Or who changed? What what changed? Because they didn't even do that with WCW, to a good point. Like, sure, they did the Nacho Man commercial where they were all old and shit. And you know what's funny? When they did that, it looked like a sign of weakness. And that's one of the reasons why since then they learned. When you're jabbing at your competition, it's because you're self-conscious about them. At least that's from a certain perspective. So I've noticed now that... uh. They don't do it publicly, but their internal reactions, which are now more public thanks to social media and the way information is distributed, they're, they're, they're behind the scenes, behind the current reactions are more telling than their public uh, knee-jerk reactions. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if AEW takes a jab here and there, usually, truth be told, it doesn't ever seem to come from a place of malice. It comes from just like, hey, let's make a funny real quick. You know, like... It's it's a lot better when you're doing it and it comes off more as just like, hey, let's make some people laugh rather than, hey, let's spite these guys because they had the audacity to acknowledge somebody else outside our walls. And because that's is, what it comes off as WWE does. And why is there all that spite? It's because uh-huh. they still live in that bubble that they're the Mecca. And they're always going to be the Mecca and it's going to be them or nobody else. They are so stuck in that way that if you dare acknowledge anything else, you're ousted. You're you're the, you're the bad guy, yeah, and not Razor Ramon style, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that is not well. Hopefully, something something gives because it is getting old. Yeah, at this point, this at this point, that's what AEW is here for. That's to give. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. These guys have a place to go when they're sick and tired of all of the crap. Like, what you don't want is for uh, people to think that this is okay i mean i think it's okay but you don't want people on the inside of ww to think that the thing like with moxley popping up is don't get too comfortable doing that because renee's bulletproof you know what i mean (laughs) that doesn't mean that like if curtis axel was on there and that happened he'd be okay afterwards because yeah you work you work for fox when you're here but eventually you got to go back over to stanford (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Renee does not. A big <laughs> Renee's bulletproof. She came here bulletproof. It's not like Renee was looking for a job. They were they were looking for a Renee. 
Always remember that shit. She was fine in Canada doing sports casting and stuff. She's a professional. They wanted a professional person to make themselves come off as more legitimate. It wasn't like she needed that shit on her resume. They wanted someone who gives the product a more legitimate, sportsy, professional feel. So they went and found one of the best sportscasters that they could, you know, and then, and then pitched an offer and they got Renee Young. Yeah. That being said, they don't want to lose her. You know, she didn't ask for it. You got to remember a lot of people here and Renee being one of them. And on top of that, if, if they decided to try to fuck with her, I'm sure she can find work elsewhere right back where she came from. And if not, I'm sure that there's other companies that don't, that, that don't mind her being completely all in. So they got to watch their steps there. But, oh, exactly. But that doesn't mean that Ricochet can. That doesn't mean that Cedric can be on here and we could have big swall in the background. No, 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 no. Especially somebody like a Cedric and a Ricochet. Y'all can't afford that. Yeah. Because <laughs> your, your, your wallet will be less swall if they, like, if, they, <laughs> if they have anything to do with it. You know, like, like Moxley has the benefit of the fact that he doesn't work for them. And basically, his wife doesn't work for them anymore. Yeah, and don't worry, we're gonna get into the, the the Harper stuff. I haven't I haven't forgotten about it. I'm trying to get through the the thin stuff before we get to like the meat and potatoes here. Yeah, know. All right, so gotta move along here. We, there was a trailer. What the hell is this thing here? It's called the Main Event. It's a Netflix show, a WWE Netflix show called the Main Event. I've heard about this one. Yeah, it's one of those like I guess like kind of kid friendly ones. It was almost like something like if you remember Air Bud from way back then and stuff like that. Oh, so I'm a hater. Like, like, kind, of, kind of like like Mike. Ah, never mind. Yeah. Next next story. No, I'm kidding. I'll, I already, <laughs> I wish I wish I would have would have uh, talked to you before because I would have totally given this the access. Get the hell this. WWE Universe, get ready to meet the next great superstar. You're gonna be late. All right, kiddo, time to get up. I'm up, Dad. He's already up. Ooh. Aww. Does our little Leo want to be a WWE superstar? <laughs> get that back. Come on. Oh, we're gonna get you, Thompson. Whoa. This mass powers only work for competitors who are deserving of its magic. What was that? This mask makes me super fast and crazy strong. Somebody! I'm gonna break your face, nerd. I think you should leave them alone. Coolest thing ever. The WWE is hosting a winner take all tournament. The winner will become the next WWE superstar. Yeah, baby! Keep running, keep running, keep running, keep running. Oh, look, this guy's taking on that guy. Yeah! Bring the chaos, bro. Ew! The match just started. How are you so sweaty? Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. It's gonna be easier than I thought. I'm just kidding. Good luck to none of you. Magical mask is not what makes you strong. Real strength comes from here and here. Wow, awesome! Here comes Samson. 
What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, that was different. I think the acting was terrible. Yeah, that was a, oh God, that that was a, whoo. That was special. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It it, it happened and we let it happen, I guess. I haven't seen that since Like Mike, but Jesus Christ, I guess. Mm. Good, good, good lord i don't like i think the kids ha- i'd like to think the kids have evolved right you know like i'd like to think that they they're, they're smarter than that kind of stuff i mean we'd hope so but then again who knows and with that we bring roxy onto the call what's up rox roxy thought you got lost in the void girl she's here we swear <laughs> there Hi. she goes okay <laughs> I thought you got changed along with the WrestleMania card. Don't you scare me like that. How you doing? Um, I'm more. I can't tell She's if that was a... It's been a day. I apologize for my latency. I was late too, because I had to go through hell trying to put together the Mania card as far as for our voting poll tonight. I know you had a bit of an oh, emergency I've over there, right? Fucking nightmare. <laughs> you poor baby. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, everybody in the entire family has has the COVID now. They're all they're all like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> yeah, you're breaking up just a little bit. You have you have some bad audio there, but we'll try to manage for the time being. Uh, did I put the trailer? Sorry. For that? Did I put the trailer for that main event in the chat yet? No, you guys didn't get it. For anyone who's desperate to see that trailer, here you go. There it is. At this point, when it comes to Netflix, like the only thing I think anybody's really looking forward to is the Big Show show. The Big Show show, because that actually looks fun. Like that, do you think so? That looks like I don't need alcohol to watch it. Eh, it looked okay. I saw a shot of it. it looked like him and Mark Henry and and Mick Foley and uh, one other person all sitting on his bed together, like the way chicks do. Like if it was like <laughs> they were spending the night <laughs> trying to remember who it's the fourth the, guy it's was. It's the sitcom dad shot. Okay. <laughs> That's what it really is, the sitcom dad moments. If we have more moments like that in that show, like I'd have no I mean, problem. That, that's really what it seems like. It seems like he's, from what the trailer kind of described, it's like he's, what, I guess he's fully retired and now he's just being the dad. Isn't that like the real big show show currently? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, he, he, he showed up that one time. How much kayfabe is it when, when it's really what he's doing? Right. I think the only thing I have heard, and he mentioned on um, the Austin podcast, is that the only difference really is that it's not his real family. That's a big difference, I guess. But yeah, I guess you, you would need a TV family. Yeah. But, Looks yeah, funny, though. Yeah. But you know what? At the same time, uh, I don't know. The Big Show has always been portrayed as like this guy that's supposed to be like super, super funny. You know? Yeah. Well, who, who will ever forget New Year's Baby Big Show? Everybody. <laughs> Yeah, well, now it's there forever. I'd like to think everybody. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I didn't even have the big show. You know, I was going to get the big show story, but then when they showed the trailer themselves, I just thought to myself, well, I guess we don't need to play. Maybe we should anyway. Let me see if I could pull this shit up. Yeah. But who else do you think, besides big show, if you were to give somebody in wrestling a sitcom, a scripted cliche sitcom, who do you think it would be? I didn't look at Knucklehead, Spartan Jesus, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. You're telling me look at Knucklehead. I actually took the opposite oh. of that advice. 
here's the thing. I would need captions, but hands down, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar would have side splitting comedy because he already gives it to us on Monday. <laughs> um, but it could be her. Oh man, this a uh, does it have to be in the WWE? Because if that's the case, if it doesn't have to be, then Moxley and Renee, hands down, it would be hilarious because that's probably their real life. I think the Iconics would do a good job of it. Yeah, I mean, you, could work. You, you know what? They, they they made Charlotte Corpse every week for two months straight. So I mean, they probably could. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. That well, was they, the best time. Every time they cut a promo on her, she could not laugh. Well, they're actual besties, you know. Yeah, they've they've literally been friends since high school. So. Truth would be a good one as well. Oh truth, yeah, truth, truth would be excellent. Yeah, I could see comedy truth. gold. Yeah, I could see Truth doing that. All right, let's have a look at this and see what we got here. Aiden, lights, strobes, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my dad. Oh! Yeah, that's all we're talking about. Hello, your dad's the big show. It's been a minute since I retired from wrestling, so I want to get in as much family time as I can. You, the kids, and my championship belt. Oh, you're so beautiful. You talking to me or the belt? You. Okay, you two, talk. Wait, I love a good sister fight. Let me get my popcorn. Ooh, I think I just blocked out for a second. We gotta lay down the law right away. We, my daughters, I'm not just some ex-wrestler who doesn't have a purpose. I'm also a parent. I'll punish you. So sweet. I don't know why this is so hard. You're growing up so fast. We are a family. I got you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Just kiss me, dummy. <laughs> you know you're the parent, right? I forget that sometimes. <laughs> What's wrong with your family? DJ PJ this is the big show. The big show. The big show. The big show. The little show. Yeah. This is my home. You're my home. There's nowhere else I want to be. Are you going to cry? No. Yes, but later when I'm in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> that looks fun. <laughs> oh, God. What do you think, Rox? I think it's kind of got like a My Wife and Kids vibe to it, but with a Disney-style attitude. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely it, does. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, from the little bit we saw on that show, According to Jim. Really? You would compare it to Jim, huh? I can kind of see a little According to Jim in that one. But it looks it looks like it's going to be a really good show, though. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks good. Yeah, it looks like he had a blast doing that. Like they should have shown more of the wrestling cameos since we know that there are them. You know, maybe they're yeah. trying to keep them like special. You never know. Yeah, I guess since the whole premise is like he's trying to spend more time with his family, they want to back away from the wrestling a little bit. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, so 
Nikki Bella recently, uh, we're going to get into a little of the crazy stuff. She recently found out the origin of the virus that we're globally dealing with. She basically found out because they said that it was from a wet market outside of Wuhan. I don't know if you guys have, have any idea what wet markets are. Um, no clue. <laughs> uh, it's, okay. I mean, it's a place where I guess freshly killed meat, from what I understand, is, uh, is sold. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I, I know the kind of place you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little bit nasty. But, uh, <laughs> so she said, uh, Oh my goodness, I was just sent videos of the Wuhan exotic animal market and my heart breaks. I'm disgusted. I couldn't even attach the videos. Wouldn't do it to my followers without your consent. How are these markets like allowed? Frying dogs alive, shoving sticks down rats alive, beating cats heads in, blood everywhere, all over the market. Search it. There needs to be an end to these markets. They aren't humane. They just aren't right. So in case anybody didn't have any uh insight on exactly how these kind of things come into light, where these diseases come from, you know, when you're mixing uh, stuff from different animals uh, with people and also not giving a fuck, you know, all things that uh, China's kind of guilty of doing right now, it, it could cause bad things to happen. You know, I think that nature itself has a karma, a karmaic balance, if you will. And if you're going to fuck with animals to that extent and then and then animals fight back, whether it be internally, organically, or whatever, you almost can't fucking blame them. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. And so, yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's some disturbing shit. That's... At the end of the day, shit like that could have been avoided. Hot, easily could have been avoided. You know, don't be dishonest and don't be fucking gross. That's all it takes. Mm. You know, I'm glad that, uh, say what you want about the country that we're in, but I'm glad there's some certain lines that we don't step over. And I'll exactly. Leave that, you know. And I'll leave it at that. So, um, WWE, as a result of the current situation, they, uh, sent out a notice to the fan council. That's basically the fans that take surveys and stuff. And they basically, let me put this up on the screen so that you guys can see what they have planned before we even get there. I don't know. Have you seen this yet, Destin? Uh, I haven't. Oh, good. I'm gonna oh, God. This shit together. <laughs> Right, Sounds promising. Oh, no. I'll give an example before <laughs> I explain what the new plan is for uh, to to deal with the crowd situation. Then you can tell me how you feel about it. Oh, I saw this. Oh, this. So they want to uh, know, as far as a viewing option, if you just have the fans all around the screen with the video cropped in the middle. That way you feel like you're watching with a crowd because you see a bunch of people sitting on their couches and stuff. And then they asked you, how they, how would you like this to be presented? Would you like to be able to hear the commentators and only see the video of the fans but no audio? Would you like to be able to see the video and audio of the fans without commentators? Would you like to hear the commentators and see the video and audio of the fans simultaneously? Uh, so those are, those are the options that they're giving you. Hmm. It looks like every Walking Dead reaction compilation video I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I want you each to pick which one do you want. Do you want to hear the commentary? Pick one. I want one at a time. Let's start with Destin. Destin, how do you want this to be presented? Okay, run through them one more time. Being able to hear the commentators and see video but no audio of the fan reactions. Being able to see video and audio fan reactions with no commentators. Or being able to hear commentators and see video and audio of fan reactions. 
Oh God, that oh I guess choice too. I uh, those choices are also weird. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess option two. I, I kind of like to hear the match. So I mean, oh my God. Oh, I. Yes, the cuckoo clock made a camera. I was hoping for it too. I know exactly when it is now too. It's exactly it's exactly one a.m. our time. I'm gonna count that shit down next week. Oh my god, that's awesome! Ten, ten seconds into one, I'm gonna have the old Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that timing could have been more perfect. <laughs> Why do you have to show me up like this cock? Oh god, god, this cock, this clock. <laughs> Oh, it's just all gone wrong. <laughs> Yo, I'll, I'll tell you this. that And I hate to get dark with that clock. People will probably ruin how. It sounds like the kind of clock you'd hear like in a fucking Stephen King or, or George Romero zombie apocalypse where like the humans lose at the end and they're all extinct. And the last fucking shot is just the room where that clock is. Like, yeah. Fade to black. End of the human race. And that's it. <laughs> and then that little song plays that you hear that little da, 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 directed by Stephen <laughs> King. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you haven't figured out why we love Roxy. because shit like this only happens with Roxy. <laughs> with you never know this, what's going to happen when with, Roxy. With all this yeah. shit going on in the world, you need something to laugh at, damn it. <laughs> cuckoo. And Roxy's the only person I know who has a cuckoo clock, so I mean. <laughs> So yeah, this is the fans on film. Roxy, how do you want these fans on film to be on your WWE television? The option uh, I want isn't there, personally. I didn't think it was, but but go ahead and tell me about your option. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't want to. I don't want to hear them. I mean, you need to eliminate one thing. So you're going to have to. If you've got to see them, then at least cut their audio. Caught their order, so we just have a bunch of moving head. Looks like the fucking we're watching the Brady Bunch opening with Raw in the middle. Oh, I just honest, it's like the whole concept's bad. I mean, I understand they're trying to think of ideas, but the whole concept is completely bad because at the end of the day, humans are unpredictable people. You don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Someone could pull their top up or bring a sign on or shout fucking shit down the mic. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it could happen. I hope somebody I, pulls just, their. I hope somebody pulls their top up and then shouts fucking shit on the mic. Just the full <laughs> fledged all in, you know. Just hit him with everything. It'll be like Ultrazord. <laughs> Ultrazord, power yeah. up. Fuck shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw everything at you now. Fuck you all. We just ruined you. They won't practice. know where they cut the audio with a feed first. <laughs> it, you know, and then yeah, the feed just like cuts they won't the know. black and it goes. Sorry, we're just experiencing some technical issues. They they won't know to cut the audio or the feed first, and with the way the truck's always fucking up, I guarantee what will happen is the middle where the match is in is what will disappear, and everyone's tits will still be out. <laughs> You're gonna have to have a huge delay. Whatever. If the, if oh, you, Stacey if said like Alexa, no, <laughs> Roxy, you couldn't have any more of a huge delay than what they have currently. They already taped WrestleMania. What do you mean a fucking huge delay? <laughs> WrestleMania's in the can. They couldn't have a more huge delay than this. They could they could add in Michael Bay CG to this shit now. Oh god. It's I unbelievable. Just, and not not just that though. The problem is is you know what fans are gonna be there. You know you're gonna get Brock Lesnar guy and green shirt man and hipster fucking Jesus. 
No, see, what they need is somehow, I don't know how this would even be possible, everybody synchronize and all have AEW shirts on. They'll probably screen them, make them fill out applications and some sort of uh, releases and stuff, and it'll also be a thing where they can sue the shit out of you if you were to do anything online. And then after you go through the screening <laughs> process and have no criminal background and a great credit record and a beautiful score and, you know, you paid your mortgage on time and your blood type is what they want, then you can be on that little box. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh like they wouldn't go as far as the blood type. You know, if one of you yeah. sneezes, if one of you sneezes in one of those little boxes, though, it's going to disappear. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's the way it works? Like you Our see somebody, you and then their box becomes static. The moment upon collision of sneeze, hachuk, <laughs> and I said they're gone. Their career on here is over. Oh God, that's what we're looking at here. So I'm with Roxy. I don't have an option up there, but uh, I do have a few bullet points. For the idea in general, let me take a look here, make sure. Actually, oh wait, I only have one bullet point. Fuck, I thought I wrote more than this. I thought it was more detail. No, look, it says right here, I don't want your fucking faces on our product. <laughs> and that's all I wrote. I thought I had more. I thought it was more detail. But no, I'm going with, I don't want your fucking faces on our product. And looking up at my screen now and seeing your fucking faces, even on a still screen, makes me more mad about shit than i originally was if on top of everything we're dealing with especially me being a new yorker native new yorker i'd have to every week see your fucking faces i think that would be the icing on the cake for me oh shit so no this better not happen i don't want your fucking faces here i couldn't be more serious about that shit it could be worse really how do tell we could have a women's match on and someone could drop trousers and start jacking off. Yeah, that would be worse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. It's like the world's worst Omegle call. Oh. <laughs> and the worst part about it is knowing no no knowing that truck production's competency, it's not gonna be friggin' the match goes black. It's gonna be somehow they're gonna switch that that one cam to the full screen. Why is it's it all, gonna be Monday night dong? Why is it all dudes? Isn't that one on the bottom an unattractive woman or no? Yeah, when yeah, yeah. Like wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That was the one in the bottom of the middle. That, that's an ugly Betty. That's yeah, that. Nah, she looks like a Mary. Oh, she got a face for radio. Bitch, look, she got hit with a hot shovel. <laughs> <laughs> <Poor cow>. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! What would? <laughs> what are they trying to? Oh, I hate it. I, I hate it so fucking much. <laughs> it's that was the best reaction ever. He, he just stopped his whole thought. Oh, I hate it. I'm looking at the screen. Look how stupid that looks. Only they would think this is a good idea, and I'm supposed to not count them out? Really? <laughs> Nobody else is trying this shit. You know why? Because it doesn't work. You know there's going to be an annoying prick on there that oversells everything as well. Like You know what the bad part is? He probably be more entertained than the action. And you guys know that we're you you guys know that we're we're associated with a lot of bigger streamers on Mixer, and we've been told by people, hey, if you guys had cams, you'd fuck people up on here because they come in, and it's kind of like, yeah, sure, and then they could also fuck us up because we don't like uh we don't like their favorite wrestler get stabbed in the face when we get out of the house or get our our, our kneecap shot because some crazy fucking mark took something that we said personally to top off. I mean, there's so many different things, and I always found the awkwardness of reaction videos. 
Like you're just like, how full of yourself do you have to be that you want to have a video of me looking at you, looking at me, looking at you, looking at me, looking at you, looking at me, reacting, reacting. <laughs> exactly. WWE reaction time. Oh my God. My TV can zoom in too. So you're right. We'd have to zoom all the way in. And then it sucks because Raw is not something you want to watch for three hours. So then whenever you change channels, which the reason I know this is because I've had to do it before. Now you have a super zoomed in show on the other thing. <laughs> you, fuck, you, you fuck around, switch over to Blue Street during a commercial. And you just see that dude in the elevator with his hands just in his shit. <laughs> zoom the fuck in. Like, oh, sorry. I dropped my camera. And you zoom right on their face. Ha. Oh. <laughs> Like, you see, that's the way Ricochet looks. That's how I'd look watching this every week. I'd watch him <laughs> in that same pose. I'd get, that'd be my raw pose. Even when I get thirsty, I would just st- stay just how he is and just have like a little straw going into like my mouth. If you could just crop that piece out, maybe that's the artwork and just crop it like a Yeti mic. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh. so bad. I don't want to see your fucking faces. That's what I'd like. I don't need to see smiling faces to confirm that the product's good. Look at all these. And you know, three or four faces. are gonna go in there. See, this is why AEW could never compete with no bitch. No, no. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. You see what this thing has done to us? You see what's happening? <laughs> Look what you've done to our lives. Who else do we got here? I'm going through, just going through all the news, guys. So we could get this. Okay, Ric Flair released a statement about uh, social distancing. I can imagine he's pro social distancing, right? Oh, God. I got through watching Get Up and First Take, and God, thanks, Mike Greenberg, and all you guys at Get Up, and of course, my friends Molly, Max, and Stephen A., for being so damn entertaining and bringing so much joy to the world at this time that is so difficult for so many people. The one interview or the one message that played again today that played again yesterday was the interview about Carl Anthony Towns and his mother being a life support, which I had been on the wrong end of, unfortunately, but I was lucky enough to survive. And his father um, surviving, hopefully surviving the coronavirus. Um, I am the king of doing what's wrong in life. Uh, self-admittedly, I've never done anything right. And I, here I am selfishly thinking that I'm missing WrestleMania the greatest athletes in the world performing with nobody there. And I'm thinking that that's making a statement by not going. And that's the last thing. It's learning right now that we have to social distance. We have to practice hygiene at its highest. We have to learn how to be self-contained. We have to beat this virus. We have to entertain ourselves, be it first take, be it get up, be it Amazon, Netflix, just do it, please, so that we can go out and enjoy the world as we have for years. God, you know, two years ago, if a bar was closed, I'd have been miserable. Now I'm just happy being home and being healthy. And if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for your family. Do it for other people that are lucky enough to be alive. Thanking the doctors and nurses and everybody for all you do. The first responders. And just because I have to make this a little bit light at the end, if you're not married but living with someone, or if you are married, having been on the wrong end four times of bad marriages, 
this will put your marriage or your relationship to the test. Because living with one woman in the same house for two or three months is oh, almost man. impossible. <laughs> in the old days, they had an electric fence for me to keep me from wandering. Now, I'm right here and I'm happy. <laughs> I have found happiness in my home. And that's what everybody needs to do. Thank you. And again, get up. First take. Don't miss it, guys. It's the greatest form of entertainment going today. I love you how once you go to the four mayors, you just you made the it. list. Oh no! <laughs> right, here we go. Thank you for the follow. Prefaced bog three oh seven. Thank you, sir. Welcome. And yes, woo to you too. I love how like he gets on the four marriages. He can't help but laugh. Uh, <laughs> He's like good, this four fucking times. <laughs> that's a good number right there. Yeah. Yeah, she is pretty young, right? Like, she, I think she's bangable for any of us. So to think that she'd be bringing right. Ric Flair, you know? Like, she'd still Flair, be fine. You watch yeah. Flair, you better watch your back. Like yeah, you better watch her front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need that was incredible. Oh, you can catch that one at home, kids. Ask your parents. No, don't be listening to this, kids. <laughs> Turn this shit off. What are you doing? Let's be real. Most kids let technology. Most parents let technology babies at their kids anyway. At this point, we have nothing to lose. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Wow. Don't worry, Jesus. With just like food, I don't want anyone else to eat. I might have already licked her. So. <laughs> I mean, there was that one rock over the brakes. <laughs> so Ken Shamrock, good old Ken, huh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what is with you two lately? It keeps happening. I'm telling you, me and Roxy are the same person. I don't understand. <laughs> Didn't mean to scare you, putting them on the screen or anything. Fuck. That it's was just literally like, what my reaction was. It's just this is the first time I've like gotten a, like a look look at him, and it's like I see the years on his face. That man looks like he has stories. <laughs> yeah, Clint East look East would look better in Gran Torino than he looks currently. <laughs> Uh, so he's quoted as saying in regards to this situation I just heard the president say let's not make a bad situation worse by creating a recession that will be much worse than the virus I don't agree with the president on a lot of things but this is a spot on spot on more people die in in care accidents I guess he means in car accidents more people die in car accidents than this virus will but we don't stop driving Let's see what everyone, how everyone feels if we don't start putting people back to work. And I am sure from your response that you were doing okay, but from the not so well off people, this is worse than the virus. So, uh, he says, so it's the virus or crashing the economy. Now the virus is dangerous to 5% of the population. The economy is 95% of the population that will be affected by the shutdown. And these are not my numbers. I got them from the governor. So, uh, it goes back to what I said. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, which I actually played just before this one, it goes back to what I said. I'm not this, I don't disagree with Shamrock either. I think that we're in a situation where, uh, you know, you gotta just do something about it. You know, you can't just sit idly by and listen to that stuff because I think the economy, the long-term effects of the economy are probably at this point, even if they were to turn everything back to normal tomorrow, be felt for like ever long after this virus is gone. But I don't disagree with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because you don't want to sacrifice people. There are people who get hit hard, but what are you going to do? Yeah, you know? Vince McMahon, Vinny Mac, Vinny Roo. No, wait, no, wrong Vinny. No, no, <laughs> this is the Mac Man. 
<laughs> Briscoe will call him, right? Mac- Mr. Mac- All I Mayan. see is fucking Gerald Briscoe every time somebody does it. Okay, that was the whole point. So yeah, apparently Vince has made some moves recently. According to PW Insider, he's quoted as saying that when you see 30% or 20% of what you've worked hard to put away disappear, it's hard. When you hear someone like Vince McMahon who sold all that stock while keeping the ability to have control of it, it could definitely make you say, F you, Vince. Right now, the stock market is up 1,263 points. The Dow is up the same. WWE stock is down 5%. So this is basically a day when any stock will be up and it's down because the market didn't like his news. Okay, so what he's basically saying here is that Vince selling, apparently Vince sold a significant amount of stock, but did it in a way where he can still keep control of the board. And in doing so, Despite the stock market being up currently, WWE is down 5%. And the reason being cited is because of the fact that Vince dropping a stock like that made investors want to pull out. I guess that's the best layman's terms translations I can give you, guy. He filed the 8K about six days ago. And uh, basically, it's a forward contract that gets WWE money ahead of time. And uh, But he contains his voting power on the board he gets shares he gets promised shares from march 2024 but he receives the money immediately so these are shares that were going to happen years from now four years from now is when these shares are promised to him but he gets the money for them currently so that uh he can avoid uh having to turn over stock and paying taxes currently and according to yahoo finance he's informed them that he intends to continue in his capacity as the company's chairman and chief executive officer for the foreseeable future. So these are the things that have made investor pull. I know it's a lot of business dribble you probably don't want to hear about. Don't care. Don't understand. But uh, it's just, just, just another hit that WWE has taken. One of the reasons why he might have pulled out is because maybe he did get his intuition, told him that there was going to be a drop. There's a lot of negative things that are basically happening. Uh, you know, Loop Capital wound up decreasing their WWE stock within the last week. And uh, basically, we're hearing from Meltzer. He said that they believe that the deal that propped the stock back up was that they were going to be selling their pay-per-view rights. And uh, apparently, this is dead. They're not going to be selling their pay-per-view rights, probably for a combination of reasons. You know, ESPN probably wanted to buy it for this WrestleMania, which is why they wanted to have a big, giant, crazy pirate ship WrestleMania. Now they're going to be showing this closed-door WrestleMania. ESPN is not interested in the pay-per-view rights. So that extra revenue is not going to be there. As a result of that, the stock drops because people don't have faith in the brand. It pisses them off you and it doesn't help that Vince is selling his. But he's doing it in order for, like I said, the tax deduction and all that other stuff. It's crazy. It's a bunch of red tape shit here. To make matters worse, there are a lot of superstars that aren't getting money right now. Mm-hmm. There there were people under the impression that, you know, your superstar, it whether they wrestle or not, thanks to their contracts, they're getting money. But their contracts are designed with a downside guarantee. And the way that ga- downside guarantee works, for example, would be we promise that under this contract, just throwing a figure out there, you're going to make a minimum of $800,000 this year, a minimum. This contract now declares that no matter what, we have to pay you an $800,000 minimum. Whether you work or not, whether we use you or not, that's how all contracts are. They all have a downside here. That is basically their security. It's like, look, even if we decide to job you out or never use you or send you home, by the end of this year, 
you're going to make $800,000 minimum. And that's your downside. That being said, a lot of these guys do pay-per-views, sell merchandise. They get bonuses, Saudi Arabia bonuses, WrestleMania. Once you've exceeded your 800,000, again, this is just a rough figure. Once you've exceeded your 800,000 minimum, they no longer have to pay you. From that point forward, now you're getting paid bonuses because now they're using you. So that you're getting the 800,000 on top of the money for all of the shows that you're being part of. You've exceeded your contract and now they're paying you extra when they use you. So now, there are a lot of people who already hit these minimum because a lot of people had low downsides because they were mid carters or lower. So they've long exceeded that downside guaranteed money that they were going to be getting. WWE's already fulfilled their, their contractual obligations and they don't have to pay them unless they use them. You're going to hope that people in those situations were smart enough to save them because even the downside is an upside to the average American. So, yeah. <laughs> but there are people who nonetheless, depending on their, quali- their, 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 their quality of life or however they're living, they might need more. Or who knows? A lot of people may have not factored it in. It's it's quite a kick in the nuts. (laughs) Especially when something like this happens. A lot, the majority of superstars that don't make their downside um, get a lump lump sum of the money at the end of the year. But if there's a shutdown, then that's when they're going to receive that. That's the way the business works right now. And obviously it's people that are going to be more than safe, but it it differs person to person. So that's just something for you to keep in mind. So... Let's try to talk about something more fun, I guess, right? You don't want to talk about Vince and his stocks anymore. Right. Mm. Sonny's out of jail. Hey, yeah. Oh, Christ. Aren't you happy? Come on, Sonny made it out of jail, man. I'm elated. So she's back to selling she's back to selling her nudes. She's running what's Uh-oh. called she's running what's called the coronavirus special for all of her fans who are stuck at home, which you get discounted nudes. She says, good morning. My coronavirus special is still up and running for, for my Snapchat membership. Be part of my premium chat while you're stuck in the house with nothing to do. Email me at totally sunny one at gmail.com for all the deets. Here's what you've been missing. And then she put this picture underneath for you guys to see what you've been missing. Oh, Christ. Oh, no. If I see rose beef, I swear to God. Okay. Oh. Flipping neck. She looks like the fucking witch out of the bloody Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> she got. <laughs> she she Is got there anything that we can subscribe to her service to get her to fucking keep her clothes on? She <laughs> she got Turkish delight for a discounted price. You said she looks like you said she, she looks like the witch from Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> She does, legit. The lion, the witch, and the sunny. <laughs> lion, the witch, and the jailbird. Oh, damn. <laughs> you see that? You you see that goat, man? You turn away. You <laughs> so a couple things. Let's get her back up on the screen here for me. I don't have anything bad. You guys automatically assume there's anything bad. Um, good for her for doing something that's not driving while intoxicated and smashing into shit in parking lots you know what i mean smart yeah. move. keep your ass home turn your camera on make some extra money i'm not gonna fucking hate on your hustle good for you um also hi i don't even know how old she is but you know for a lot of women i'm not saying all you know it's split but there's that coin toss of them just suddenly turning fucking old and you you women know about that you know some people age gracefully some not so much some of y'all motherfuckers age like shrinky dinks like how old is she she's i know she's in her seven 47? That that looks good wow. for 47. 40 fucking Yeah, seven. that ain't bad for 47. Just 
Googled it. I've, I've seen someone who's like 27 fall apart. Like 47, you know? So good for her. The mm-hmm. fact that she's able to do that smart, you know? Anything that's not DUI, where she can kill other people. Titty's never killed anybody that I know of. Suffocation. Can't do it. Maybe some of the bosses that we fought in RPGs might have had killer titties, but none in actual reality, you know? In our world, they're safe. Her driving drunk is not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I give her a lot of credit for that, you know? Just uh, stay the fuck out of trouble. I'm tired of her seeing go- going to jail constantly. Right. She's been, she's been writing. I don't even know what that means, so I don't want to say it. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Thomas is the guy from... Mr. Thomas is like the Sata. The it, it's the guy from... It's a guy Chronicles from Narnia. Yeah. Oh, you know, I... I God. Yeah. I can't believe we went back to that reference again. See what you did, Roxy? You turned her into the witch from Narnia. Yep. Unbelievable. Hey, man. Turkish delights and roast beef for everybody. Turkish delight. Yeah, I, I still about that. I don't remember much about that movie when I saw it. And I was never a fan of the books, but the one thing that stood with me was that that little bastard sold his family out for Turkish delights. <laughs> yes. When I saw that, it made me Google that because I was like, "What the fuck is that? It must be delicious for you to be such a sellout, you little punk ass." I chop his head off for doing some shit. You did this for Turkish delight? We could have bought it later. <laughs> we could have killed her and then took it. Yeah, there's tons of ways we could have gotten Turkish delights, you little bastard. Edmund, yep. look at that. Kula knows these characters, right? He's been to Narnia yeah. before, actually. He goes into his fucking closet. <laughs> Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> Stop. Too easy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a good day. I'm going to behave today, damn it. <laughs> but the world keeps tempting me. <laughs> it's not my fault, man. I'm talking about I- Narnia. I don't know what your fucking problem is. <laughs> it's a child story for God's sakes. Oh. It's a kid story. Oh god. I really fancy Turkish delight now. I've never had it. We don't have we don't have any Turkish people here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have the Turkish people, just no delights. The close I could get for you is maybe some black people delights, you know? Oh my god. <laughs> some ghetto delights. Yeah, ghetto delights. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's just basically some Jolly Ranchers and a 40. Yeah. I don't think it's much like Turkish delights. Some Jolly Ranchers. No, you gotta be accurate. Lemonheads and 40. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, and don't worry. People on our side of the world have sold their friends off for that shit, too. <laughs> Sometimes less. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, Braun Strowman, uh, what is going on here? <laughs> Apparently. Braun Strowman was on the K5 Network YouTube channel where he was in this beauty versus beef challenge. And this was at Jimmy Hula's in Winter Park, Florida. And you have to eat a burger that has eight patties, 16 slices of cheese, one avocado, eight strips of bacon, two sunny side eggs, and a, and a house sauce on a ciabatta bun. That sounds like the second you bite into it, you have a heart attack. It sounds like insta-death. What kind of crazy... What? Go. First and foremost, I gotta see if I can pick the whole thing up. I'm just gonna go right from the side. Why is is that little woman part of the contest? I don't know. I feel like I gotta pick it. I need to bang a bit. That bitch bit the bun, and that was... What is happening here? How would she possibly be able to beat him? I look like an absolute slob right now, but I do not care. I'm in cheeseburger paradise. I'm going to go in sideways. You're about to be a cholesterol canyon. Like, look at this. I'm going to up my nose, but it's 
but you need a fucking fork and knife for this thing. Oh you, need a, you need a katana, uh, right? I was about to say, you need a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> You got too big. I don't even want it now. anymore now. I don't even want it. Okay. I don't even want to like eat anymore. It makes me not want to eat. I feel like I'm doing pretty good job. What the fuck, man? Look at how disgusting that is. Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. Eat the meat. This is tragic right here. Die old, oh, you're clever. Fast. Break it apart. I mean, pull it apart. Yeah, it's super hot. Mm-hmm. The trick is to eat the beef first. The trick is to eat the beef first. This is fucking crazy. I wish you guys could see Braun Strowman yeah, eating this thing. Okay, wait. Come here. We'll go from the bottom. Start from the bottom. No, we're here. No, bitch. No. <laughs> He's still eating it. I gotta, I gotta shrink this a little. I can't even. Oh. Okay. Keep pulling now. See, it's all about the method. Holy shit! Holy shit! I thought I was doing right. That is disgusting. Oh, that hurts my eyes. Slow and steady wins the race. Oh my god. He's pretty much You'll done, live. isn't he? You got heaps of bread left. See, oh, I've eaten a lot of meat. I'm fucking looking for seconds. <laughs> Look at how much so more. Confused. Come here, you bastard. He did it on two for three. Fucking he might. That is not cool. Is he sweaty? He's lucky he's not dead. Oh. Alright, I'm. I don't know. Are we done. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. All that, no, we tap. Go. Yeah, let's tap out of here. Let Fuck me. Yeah. We, we said, you got the dinner. If you want to see the whole thing, I'll, I'll share it on social media in the time. That is that is disturbing shit right there. That is Braun eating. He fucking inhaled that. I need that motherfucker to wipe his face. Like Jesus Christ, like it, just one time, just. <laughs> yeah, you know what he's doing with his with his spare time. Oh yeah, I can yeah. see the heat a lot. Yeah, the germaphobe in me so badly just wanted to wash his beard. God almighty. No cooler. Ryback doesn't have a fucking death wish. <laughs> He's like a normal person. <laughs> oh, I've heard some stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't sleep on Ryback either. Jesus. 
Yeah, that's what it takes. George said he usually eats five burgers. <laughs> Jesus. But for him, it was just all combined. If anything, it was a convenience. I said, fuck it. I don't even got to order five. I just get one. Yeah, he used to go to the Wendy's drive-thru and he'd have different masks on to pretend to be different people and go through five times just so he wasn't judged. I'll never forget that thing on Ride Along where somebody fucked up his order and he went in there and it was like, oh, God, help them. Even yeah. Bliss looked like, oh, no. <laughs> That's a lot of food. They say that if you're in Braun Strowman's house when he goes to use the toilet, that like if you were have if you had like a cup of coffee or something near you, you start seeing the ripples in the liquid. <laughs> like Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people in his house know when he's up. They'll be they'll be having their morning coffee and stuff, and all of a sudden you get that fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's distant at first. <laughs> more and more people start looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Many it is crazy. And then right? next thing you know, if you get that one big one, the little kid in the room looks like he's here. He'd be taking uh. those hyperbolic time shits. <laughs> in, in your world, it's one day in my This room, exactly. It, 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 it may seem like it may seem like a day to you, but it's a year for him. Oh, God, the gravity's extra low. The air gravity's extra high, too. The gravity's extra <laughs> shitty. <It's> just... <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> oh. All of a sudden, I don't want to crystal light anymore. Oh. Oh, that is disturbing. <laughs> so I think yeah, that's right. He does, he does tweet Wendy's. You're right, Stasis. He tweets Wendy's. You know, yeah. he, he tweeted when he that one time when they fucked up his order. Yeah, he has a oh, well. he he has this strange device on his rooftop. You guys have ever seen uh, any of the Batman series before? It's similar to that, right? But when the light hits the sky, it's just the the two pigtails of the Wendy's logo, and it like hits the air for them to know it's time for them to bring that shit. To <laughs> you know what the bad part about it? We joke about weird shit he has. Did you hear? I don't know if you saw the ride along. Did you hear about the thing he has when he travels? No. I can't remember what it's called, but I shit you not. Go back to the ride along. He really said this shit. It's a thing where every time he takes a dump in a certain place, it's like he can mark it. Oh, I'm sure he can. He <laughs> I'm sure he can. <laughs> I don't know why. He has. I've heard of it. <laughs> But even Bliss had the look on her face like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I saw he, he talked about it. It was the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, wait a minute. What What, what do you mean by he, he marks it? It's like, it's whatever the app is. You can basically, um, because it's basically so he can see everywhere he's taking a shit. It's almost like, it's almost like putting a little pin on a map. Wow. So, so then he basically, it, so he, it, basically so he basically uses. <laughs> he can show you everywhere he's taking a shit. So wrestling is basically a big MMO to him, and he randomly puts his his custom quest objectives on shitters. That motherfucker! That motherfucker's marked every fast travel point by what he's taking. That motherfucker shit. has the shitter fast travels exactly every toilet. <laughs> if this was his MMO, every toilet is another fast travel. <laughs> Pretty much, that's exactly how he has it marked. <laughs> like what? What in the world? Like why is this app? What the fuck? I love that he admitted that he had an app like that. Like, hey, you know, I have this app to mark all the toilets. I guess I'm sorry, if, to, I'm right? a, if I'm in a car on a trip with Alexa Bliss, that shit's going to the grave with me, okay? 
He said, Vince's house is next. He just said, you imagine that shit? Someone who doesn't even like you to sneeze. Yeah, you just fucking destroy their plumbing. You literally blow up their bathroom. Yeah. Fucking I try me. Just, I've Googled it to try and find it, and apparently it's called the Flush Tracker. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> it, sounds so, it sounds so sophisticated. Doesn't it? It's not like the most sophisticated way to say, hey, we're going to tell you every place you talk about shit. And you know what, Bron? This goes back to the reason why you would have been better off in AEW. You have to manually go all over on the road and mark these toilets to make sure you have a bathroom. Yet, if you worked for the cons, man, let me fucking tell you, Vanguard 1 would have just floated in the sky and scanned the whole fucking map for you. And boom, 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 there would have been toilets everywhere. That would have just been it. He would have been able to scan. You would have seen the beam, the zoom, and he would have pinged all the fucking toilets. You see, they have advantages there. That's why we don't need the toilet flusher or whatever. Fucking Vanguard could have done it for you. Yeah, Vanguard would have found all those toilets. They would have been ghost ghost recon style. (laughs) Wouldn't even have to find the toilets. He'd been marking his spots for him. He would have been pinging. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a time saver in a fucking Ubisoft game. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, man. By the way, speaking of Braun, he's also very sorry, very, very sorry for what he said. According to Dave Meltzer, um, he basically said that Strowman has some friends who understand what it's like to struggle and they had to explain it to him. And he expressed deep regret and is sorry for saying the things that he did. So, so you're kissing up now, bro? He hasn't publicly said that. This is just according to a third party source. Right. He should have tried to get some sort of clarification or something. Should have kept his mouth shut in the first place. He also should have kept his mouth shut in the first place. There's no questioning that. Like, like this is one of the things that I know we're going to talk some of the Jim Cornette stuff. This is kind of one of the things where I agreed with Cornette. Like, you haven't been there, so what the fuck would you do? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a shitty thing to say. I mean, yeah, everybody should take care of themselves and be responsible for their own self. But, for, but to judge anyone when this kind of stuff is happening, especially when it's in a field that you know is directly being affected. And I don't want to get too much into it because we spoke about it last week. But yeah, come on, man. Just... uh. There's tons of people, I'm sure, in that very locker room that can relate with what it was like before they got there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't he's, you got to remember the locker room that he's a part of was all the indie guys. We're not in the attitude yeah. era anymore in the ruthless aggression era. You're, you're, you're surrounded by guys who slept in cars and, you know, got paid for a hand, uh, what would they call it? A handshake and a hot dog. Remember those? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hot dog and a handshake deals and, a lot of the guy, almost that whole fucking locker room knows what it's like when you really look at it. Yeah. That, that, that would offend a lot of people like off. Before. And some of them still have friends that are there. You still have, you have people like Ricochet there and Rollins and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You don't think that they went through rough fucking times in order to get to these indie guys? You understand? And that's the scary part that Braun Strowman, you forget how young he is. And again, uh, Meltzer even pointed out that this guy's not from the wrestling business. He was part of the strongman thing. And then they brought him into wrestling because they saw him and thought, wow, that would be a great wrestling dude. He had yeah. no interest, no passion, no care for it. They found him found a big guy and then crafted him into a wrestler. He doesn't understand the inner workings. That means that during the era where we were watching these guys living that life, he hadn't even been a thought in this world, you know? So he doesn't probably doesn't even realize the kind of stuff that he's saying. And, you know, just the people that he would offend that have been there, everyone, every single one of those guys, even in AEW, AEW and WWE, like they've all had to deal with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's probably not a good idea to uh, 
to throw them under the bus the way that he did. Yeah, um, he pissed off a lot of people. And the thing about his, he's going to realize if it ever came to the day where WWE just cuts him loose, have fun on those indies with all those guys you shit on. Because the indies yeah. do not forget. <laughs> yeah. Well, they actually do, to be honest. But, yeah. you know, he should probably change directions, publicly say something else. Maybe donate. Donate to some of those guys if you're doing so good. But then again, he's right. against that. His philosophy has nothing to do with donor because that's how they started, right? With Evil with yeah. Uno and other people encouraging people to donate what they could. And him going, oh, you know, everybody should take care of himself. At this point, like, there's really not many places he can go. <laughs> yeah, Foley, Foley by choice decided, like she said in the chat, Foley by choice uh, was one of those guys that, yeah, he would have his PB&J, his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He would have his, uh, his little f- foods in a plastic bag. All those kind of things. He would, we've heard stories from Triple H about him having a gigantic plastic bag filled with popcorn from the snacks, from the concession stands. And that way he didn't have to pay for food. And he left basically with his gigantic bag full of popcorn and the clothes that he showered in, literally showered in, as in he got in the shower fully dressed, fucking let the water hit him and then squeezed it out and walked out of the, 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 the locker room with a giant popcorn bag full of popcorn. This is a story from a story time. If you watch the story time on the network, Legit. Triple H is telling the story. Mm-hmm. Talk about living cheap. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing some dude that's soaking wet, some heavy set dude soaking wet, walks out of a place dripping with a giant fucking bag of popcorn? If, if you didn't know who that was, you'd be like, what the fuck's going on around here? You would think that he's going right. to pull out a gun out of the bag of popcorn at any minute and just start shooting people. Because it's like the the factors already <laughs> that are in this don't make much sense. Why would that? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know. I just, I just processed a vigilant in my head. <laughs> yeah. Pop, pop, motherfucker. Like, like, I can say for sure that alternate reality, non-wrestling fan me, sees McFoley soaking wet with a bag of popcorn and just runs. <laughs> Be like, that was Even a in alternate realities, he's running. Yeah, that was a fucking killer. That <laughs> motherfucker. Right, he is a killer. He either has a girl in that popcorn or he's going to put one in there, but I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you would think. Right? Has a girl in the popcorn. Just a fucking visual. Like, you look. Just a shitty, shitty visual. Tell me, man. It's even shittier than fucking. It's almost as shitty as Roman Sandwich. Like. So, WWE has decided that they're going to release uncensored Broken Skull episodes. It's going to be the podcast Uncensored, which uh, at one point was the point of podcasts. But actually, before you guys had podcast wrestling people. Stone Cold and JRs and all the other people when it was just us, the regular people doing podcasting. That was the whole fucking point was that it's uncensored. So it's kind of funny now to hear people having podcasted and this will be the uncensored version. Yes, that's how there actually should be. And even before they started airing hit on the network, Austin had a censored and uncensored version of his show. Yeah, but again. The only reason there's such thing as censor shows is because a lot of the mainstream media and a lot of the mainstream wrestlers and sports people decided to jump on the podcast bandwagon. Mm. What, what, what was a podcast before, if not a direct stream of consciousness that came from creators? That was the whole point of this. Yeah. <laughs> it was a platform for, for, for regular people, your everymans, if you will, to get their voice out. And then it sort of became something that other people jumped on, celebrities jumped on. So the intent yeah. and purpose of it changed. But this is a trailer that they put up. Give me a hell yeah! WWE Universe has spoken. The Broken Skull Sessions will be available uncensored for the first time ever. What the f***? 
ain't nobody ever seen like that. Only on WWE Network. Hey, man, is this motherfucker here yet? What the fuck happened? I want to kill you. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Thanks for that, Steve. I mean, at least he got the whole thing out and like that last time on Raw, so... I, I half expected Destin at the end of that to, to, to give him a hell yeah. Oh, you know, I thought about it and I was like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that buffering hell yeah, that Skype hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought about it and I was like, nah, nah that's too easy. I kind of work for that one. <laughs> But again, podcasting used to be an uncensored thing, kind of like the way we're still doing it. So I'm glad that they're doing that. When I've heard his podcast, uh, you know what? Next story. <laughs> Teddy Hart. Teddy, Teddy Hart. <laughs> the Hart we don't talk about. I've never liked this dude. Like it, like going no, I don't think, way before I had I, a show. I don't know? think anybody really has. He's always had a bad attitude. He's just a, he's a shitty person. You Like, people should have always known. It's not, it, like, I don't know how people give this dude any props. You know, he's always just been a shit person. And I've said it on here before, and I'm comfortable saying it. You know, but uh, according to PW Insider, he was arrested. And uh, he was charged with strangulation resulting in wounding slash bodily harm is what we're hearing here. So he basically strangled somebody. Uh Apparently, the victim is a Women of Honor wrestler, so from RH. Uh, it's his on and off girlfriend, Maria Manic. We've seen her a couple of times. I didn't know they were a, a thing. Uh, I personally have never heard of uh, this RRH. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, I've, not, I've never heard of Maria, Maria Manic. I haven't been watching RRH, though. But yeah, uh, apparently he strangled her or something like that. He denied the charges. Uh, afterwards and he's he's currently being held without bail and he has a court date for april 22nd so he's going to be in there for 22 days he's either going to catch this thing or it's going to float right over him depending on where he is and what's going on there but uh the story doesn't end there because apparently ace montana is quoted as saying i literally had to pull my gun out on teddy hart and throw him out of my friend's house this piece of shit literally choked out and physically assaulted maria manic and would not let her get help she texted me I'm in danger, and never did I think I would meet a piece of shit like this guy who has now been arrested with a felony against him. I don't think this guy knew how close he, to death he was. Fuck you, hashtag fuck you, Teddy Hart. This video is is me kick him out before the cops. This is me kicking him out before the cops came and arrested him. Uh, okay, well I guess we're gonna look at this video here. Fun, you know, so much fun shit. I love wrestling. Right. I see the fuck. Look at Teddy Hart. It's becoming like cops. I'm gonna go out there, lock the door behind me. All my stuff's missing from up here. You hear me? Lock, must lock, you, lock this behind me, okay? Are you leaving? Are you talking about it? Yeah, sounds like he's going out there to fight walkers. The gun case that you took off my truck, I'd put it back if I was you. I'd put it back if I was you. Put the gun case on my fucking truck, Teddy Hart. Fuck you, Teddy. Hey, the cops are on the way. We're good. I and here's the thing. You physically assaulted her? Yes, you did. And choking her out? 
Put my fucking case back on it. Put that motherfucker. Put it back on the fucking truck, Teddy Hart. Fuck you. I'm tougher than you think. I'll beat your fucking ass. Grab your shit off my fucking truck and start stepping. Put it the fuck back. Grab your fucking shit and get the fuck up the road. Fuck off, dude. I don't care. Fuck off. Get your shit and get the fuck up the road. Teddy Hart, get your fucking ass up the road. The cops are on the way for what you did to her. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. She's got the marks to prove it. Get your fucking juice box and get the fuck up the road. He told I don't want to hear your voice anymore. Box. Get the fuck up the road. <laughs> yeah, you did. She's got the marks. The cop. So when the cops are going to do she's put. she's pressing charges. I've already got her doing it. So you're going back to jail, Teddy. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. 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 Okay, sure. She's got the marks to prove it. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Have a good one. Teddy, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. Thank you. Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day. When the cops get here, I'm going to help her out. You guys have some shit cops, huh? It's no, like I'm good. I can't even hear you right now. I thought the cops in New York I, I were bad, which they are. Right now. But damn. Keep going. Quit, quit wrestling. Have a good one. Have a good one. Nope. Go. Away further and further, he keeps talking. <laughs> hmm. That was like every episode of Cops I've ever seen in my life. Except without Good cops. It was more realistic though because the cops never came. I always thought that the weirdest thing about cops was that they actually fucking show up. I think that was a more accurate depiction <laughs> right there, you know? That was like an episode you know, of Live took, PD. That they took was great. their sweet fucking time. Their sweet. <laughs> fucking time and it doesn't surprise me because at the end of the day that's all cops really do is they just basically stand around with their hands in their pockets playing pocket pool i they they hardly ever give a single shit if you've seen them especially in new york they literally give zero fucks zero fucks so imagine now i'm not even talking about what's going on i'm talking about just previously like now it's like there are just no fucks given they're, they're, they're more lackadaisical than a teenager going through puberty that has finals. <laughs> that was so specific. <laughs> you know, it's like oh they God. don't give a fuck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was thinking of how accurate that fucking description was like that. You know, they just show up. And cops and, have and, permanent senioritis. And, and sometimes not even that. <laughs> yeah.
That's what when I was hearing, oh, there was a good amount of them that contracted this thing. I was thinking, how? They don't go any fucking where. What was it? In the, <laughs> what was it in the fucking donuts? Did Dunkin' Donuts get it first? <laughs> you know? Did the fucking Quiznos come down with it? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Quiznos did it. <laughs> like how did the, how did how did the cops get it? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> Can you explain that to me, nipids? How the fuck did you get it? Was it simply because of the fact that the uh did your was it on your fucking son's Xbox controller? Oh shit. We better have so much 5-0 heat on this fucking show. Like, oh, please, if they could fucking actually be bothered to drive here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, it's bad enough I'm black in America. Don't make it worse. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have so much 5-0 heat. Please. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking middle of the show. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up and try to do a show here. <laughs> Sir, step away from the mic. Fuck you! I'm trying to do a show. <laughs> and I've seen a couple of them recently, fucking hobbling around. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like we're talking, and I'm and I'm not I'm not fat shaming here, but we're talking like morbidly obese, like Humpty Dumpty hobbling around. You know, where you wonder how their balls get a fucking shed of air. <laughs> You know? his mouth breathing like all hell. <gasps> They're not chasing anybody. You want to say fuck the police? Get yourself a fucking flight of stairs. <laughs> I just stand at the top plate and shit. <laughs> when I get up them stairs, you're under arrest. Okay, you got to get up the stairs yeah. first. See you later, motherfucker. I think we'll be out oh, of this situation. Oh, you said Stewie Griffin behind him playing the tuba. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> You know? And I'm not even exaggerating, man. I wish I'd, I hate to segue into burying them, but I'm going to bury them. I'm not even exaggerating how little they care about anything. They cannot be bothered. I don't know the, the 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 semantics of their pay or whatever, but it's obviously not good for them to be given that Burger King GameStop service. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it sort of feels like. You know, remember we were talking about like how you about ratchet. It's kind of like somehow cops have ratchet attitudes. You know, you get the you get the eye rolling behind the window behind the bulletproof glass attitude from fucking cops. You would think you're at the DMV. (laughs) Oh, shit. You'd probably have to literally kill somebody and then send them a fucking selfie of you smiling with the person's beheaded fucking skull behind you (laughs) to get them to show up at a reasonable time. And a reasonable time is like a couple of raw segments. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Note to self, never move to New York. I don't know that this was was in New York. I just know that those cops were just as bad as my cops. I'm not sure where that was. But, uh, yeah, I guess it might be a universal thing. Good taxpayer money goes to those uniforms. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was still working at GameStop, the one time I had to call the cops, they showed up kind of quick. I don't know. Maybe it's because some were regulars, but but. Well, there's not really, I'm, I'm sure you live in a night out here. They don't know what kind of shit they're going to be, be, uh, walking. Into. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Point. Over there, they're like, finally, something to do out here. They're just, they're just drained. They're exhausted. They don't, you know, they're <laughs> All right, what is it now? Another murder? Fuck. Yeah, it is unbelievable. <sighs> Where do we go from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> from the burial of the cops. So next up, big boss man stories will be ready to post. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That would be fucked. <laughs> All I'm saying, get that audio over a big show reminiscing about the fucking angle. In there. Next, it's probably time to talk a little bit about uh, 
the Benoit thing that I've been getting bothered about. I swear, because if I get one more message from one more person asking me if I watch the fucking Benoit thing, man, I'm just going to spike my phone <laughs> into a cop and then I'm wow. going to, and then I'm going to outrun him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the greatest fucking thing. Fucking duo Maxwell over here just outrunning cops and shit. What the fuck is my death site? <laughs> so everyone's asked me, literally everyone, people I've never even heard of before. Everyone has asked me what I think of this Chris Benoit thing. It made me think that this would be like the most made, amazing religious experience. Oh, there's a cuckoo again. Oh, shit. It's every hour. He's hourly. Tell me that motherfucker's hourly. He's like, he's like a good raw segment. It's just like every, every fucking hour out of the three, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> that is awesome. Let me see how long we've run for. Oh, no. I'm going by what time he's launched. He's going to be the honorary talk time tracker. I like it. There, there's a song. There's the, there's the apocalypse song after human race is extinct. Oh Jesus! <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, little star. That's what that is. <laughs> I ain't tired of bitch. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Why don't these cops get out the car? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I can't <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> oh god, I can't see. Teddy Hart could have killed the whole women's locker room, and they still wouldn't have been there. He would have killed all the women and shot a fucking angle out of it, and you're still waiting for the cops to show up. They should change the fucking lyrics to "What you're gonna do if they come for you?" because it's up in the air. <laughs> Might not be one of those days. <laughs> That's just like oh. a Windows. It's like a Windows 10 update. Is there one today? Probably not. <laughs> but most of the time, when there is one, you 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 approach it hesitantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so good. <laughs> Oh god, the coronavirus didn't kill me this fucking well. Oh. They must be fucking selective about what, what cops they're shooting that show with. The cops, I'm going every city to the cops are at work. That's what it is. Oh, holy shit. I heard, in all seriousness, I actually heard Meltzer pointing out that during the last couple of WWE tapings that he was able to count 12 or 13 people when, uh, when you're only supposed to have gatherings of a maximum of 10. And I was thinking maybe WWE themselves thought, fuck it, man. By the time the cops come, we'll be done taping WrestleMania and Hall of Fame and everything. You know, we'll be, we'll vacate the building before they fucking get here to count 13 people. <laughs> It'll take up 13 days to show 13 up. 13 fucking people. We're not even in that town anymore when they show up. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about oh. the, the fucking pay-per-view having a delay rocks. Imagine the cops. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun. Oh, I can't breathe again. <laughs> Holy shit. Whew. Roxy, you almost got upgraded co-host. All right, you put... Like, listen to this. <laughs> I got to go back to the Teddy Hart thing before we go to the Chris Benoit thing. And that's a, a sentence I never thought that I was going to fucking say in my life. But the fact, the fact that Teddy Hart was walking away, turning around and talking, and we literally, we, you just saw this. He, he was getting smaller and smaller until he was literally, I didn't touch her. I didn't, I didn't touch her. I didn't. And he slowly, it was like, where are the cops? 
Oh my god. He was Holy taking his sweet god. fucking time. <laughs> I'm taking as much time as I can to try to breathe again because holy fuck. That, that is oh, crazy. I almost died on the air. Holy crap. Like my head hurts fucking. Oh my god. In the middle of one of these drops, I'm going to have to take a fucking aspirin. Like, that is too much. Jesus Christ. Surprised they didn't fucking send Vanguard 1 to check things out before they got there to make sure it's safe. Huh? <laughs> We're waiting for our drone to come back. Got him. <laughs> you know, that was a Vanguard 1.5. Can't waste precious lives. You mean the woman? No, we mean us. <laughs> <laughs> We're precious. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. These, these Paul Blart cops that's going to taste down Teddy Hart. <laughs> Sam Paul Blart. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Please. I kill you and her before she show up. It's a whole different call by the time they get here. At this point, they're just cranky that there's not enough toilet paper left in the grocery stores for their fucking mufflers, let alone to be worrying about what's happening on the streets. <laughs> I just fucking recovered, okay? I just recovered. <laughs> you guys think that that toilet paper shortage came from the civilians. I have a spoiler alert for you, motherfuckers. Where do you think these mufflers are being fucking manufactured at? Hey, officer, you got your muffler. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, people are pissed now. Like, what the fuck are you talking about this for? Well, yeah, it's, it's, filler. it's filler. It's filler. It's like there was a lot of, lot of news here. And All so, this shit going on, I need to laugh, right? Yeah. So I can calm down. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Benoit, Dark Side of the Ring. So I watched it. I watched both parts. I promised last week that we were going to talk about it. I'm going to give you just a quick summary of what was said for those that didn't watch it and just my thoughts overall. So Jericho in this talks about a time when Benoit whiffed selling Jericho's spin kick and he went backstage and he punished himself by doing 500 hack squats, which are basically also known as Hindu squats. And he said that Eddie was the same way where these guys were extremely hard on each other. They would punish themselves for whenever they made mistakes or whenever they did things. Just to give you a little bit of a window into the mentality of Chris Benoit. Chavo talked about Eddie, how he started in Mexico and then he went to Japan and he, he became Black Tiger. And the matches that he had there, Vicky talked about how sexy he was in the cowboy boots and just the image that he had and everything. How interesting stuff to start out. Just talk, just giving sort of, uh, setting up the framework here. And, uh, it's interesting because the few things I was unaware of, because the majority of the stuff was just rehashed stuff that I already knew. But, uh, Nancy was married to a guy who got her into wrestling before she divorced and wound up with Kev- Kevin Sullivan. It's a lot of marriages for somebody that young, you know what I mean? It's just, I kind of, you know, without being too privy to the situation, can't help but notice that she comes off as somebody who seems to be able to fall in and out of love at a rapid pace. To by the time she was in the wrestling business to be coming off of a marriage, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of telling. I don't know. I guess she's not the best judge of characters as far as that kind of stuff. Um. They joke about, they say that one of the biggest jokes in the business is when the people say Kevin Sullivan booked his own divorce. And the story behind this was that they started going through some problems. And then, uh, it was known that Kevin and uh, Kevin Sullivan and Nancy had some physical altercations and she would turn to Chris, who was in the storyline with her, where they did a storyline for those that don't know where, where she left her husband. She didn't in real life. It was just in the storyline, but she left her husband to be with Chris and, uh, it wound up happening. And uh, I guess there was some sort of physical altercation where Kevin Sullivan wound up giving her a black eye, according to these reports. They also talk about how they had a match, this really good match that they had years ago. And I guess Chris, um, at one point during the match, he threw a shoot punch and he winds up breaking Sullivan's eardrum. 
you know, I guess this was a receipt for the things that he was hearing from Nancy that he was doing. At least that's the way it was portrayed in the interview. Uh, they brought up how the radicals showed up on Raw, which I did like that because I don't think that's ever really been brought up aside from here. I'm not trying to be egotistical or nothing, but how many times have I told you guys that to me, when it comes to the Attitude Era, everything about the dynamic shifted when those four guys came on board? Because we already yep. had the Attitude down, we had the gimmicks down, the cool music, DX and all of that. But I've said for years that to me, the day that those four dudes showed up in the ring at the same time and beat up the outlaws and needed the flying headbutt, you had Guerrero doing the frog splash, the day that all of those guys showed up together, I felt like everything changed because you had a group of guys that were like the best wrestlers on the planet. And the work rate of all of the wrestlers around them, even even those that weren't, had suddenly shot up. Go back and watch from the radicals on. And those four guys coming in changed the way WWE television was portrayed because Say what you want about Nitro and WCW. They were having great matches on there. The cruiserweights were kicking ass on there. You know, you had Jericho, who was a cruiserweight at the time. You had Chavo and Eddie, who were there. Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit, that were there. You had some of the great luchadors like Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero and La Parker that were all part of this. When you really look at that roster, if you're looking for great technical wrestling, like wrestling, I promise you that WWE was not doing the kind of shit that you were seeing on on, on Nitro work-wise. Maybe the storylines weren't there. Maybe it was just a lot of wrestling thrown at you because when you really look at the cruiserweight division, it's not that far cry of what the cruiserweight division is here, except it was on the same show. It was something that was isolated and kept exempt from everything else that would occasionally bleed over. But for the most part, it was its own thing. And the focus was the work, the body of work, if you will, during the matches. So uh, again, when the radicals came on board, and I've said this many times, I feel like that's really when the tide shifted because now you had technical wrestlers and it became a big deal. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, yeah, so they brought in the Radicals. They talked about that. Jericho talked about how he and Eddie, uh, you know, being Benoit and Eddie will refuse to have days off and how they literally died for wrestling, in his opinion. Uh, they talked about how Eddie brought Chris a Bible and made him religious. He's the one who used to read Bible verses to him, and he sort of opened him up to, to God. Uh, Vicky talks about how Eddie OD'd three times in her house. Just right there in the house. And two times she called an ambulance and the third time she just let him lay there. She just literally took her kids, left the house, let them lay there. Basically left them to die. He didn't, but she left them because it was just at a point of uh, exhaustion. You know, uh, she's dealing with someone. I can only empathize with how she felt, but you know, can you imagine you're dealing with someone who has an addiction and even something that serious happening twice in front of children wasn't an eye opener to them to get their shit together. I, I, I'm going to assume she was at a point of mental exhaustion and just wanted to run away. I think her exact quote was, God, if you're going to take him, just take him. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's the rough part about addiction. It messes the person up. But when you think about what it does to the people around them and the, the, men, the mental anxieties and stress that it causes on them after a while, you know, like a rubber band, they can feel themselves slowly snap, which is where she probably was. So, you know, I give her credit for being able to hang in there. He winds up getting fired for showing up at WWE High. And he calls and he's like, well, I got fired. And she was happy because she kind of felt like the old mentality of rock bottom. You know, he literally hits rock bottom. Now there's really nowhere else from Tukor has to get his shit together. Um, so, yeah, we all knew he had demons and stuff. They went into him and, and uh, Benoit Eddie winning WrestleMania 20 together. That moment where they're both standing in the ring across from each other with the two titles. And they have that uh-huh. big embrace in the ring. Which was a yeah. fantastic moment, especially for anyone that's followed and known their story going back it was years great. and years. Amazing. You know, it was literally two best friends who got to say, hey, we fucking made it. Like, 
it's it's yeah. almost impossible to cover one guy without the other. With yeah, the they were this. that close. Yeah, like brothers. Yeah, she almost beyond if you could even be. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chavo, he talks about how uh, it got to a point towards the last days of Eddie Guerrero where they were talking to him and he would pass out mid sentence, which they found funny. They were talking to him, he would literally pass out. And this happened, I believe, if I remember correctly. He said the day before they were on the bus or something, they were talking to him and he just passed out mid sentence and they found it really weird. And uh, the dark parts of this was he talks about how he found Eddie in the bathroom face down with his toothbrush in his hand and he was still alive, but his breathing was shallow. And to make a long story short, he, he died in Chavo's arms. Which yeah, that was I, something he, we never knew. I never heard that before. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he talked about no, how he no. held him there while he died. So I thought that was really rough. A lot of people were under speculation about him having a relapse when at the end of the day, it was heart disease. He died of heart disease, age 38. That doesn't mean that it didn't take a toll on his heart. Yeah. Because that's the way. Addiction destroys right. your body in the long run. Exactly. He, We know he was a drinker is one thing besides the drugs we know he was a drinker and we know he did drugs too and when it's it's strainful your blood pressure goes up when you're under the influence of anything you know and your body has to work harder you got to remember that regardless of how you feel and this is not me i'm not straighted by any means but i'm saying regardless of how you feel you got to remember that when you're you're taking anything i would like to believe that our community is mature enough to be able to use their own discretion but always keep in mind that your body isn't in sync with you with that as far as your body's concerned you inserted some sort of poison into yourself and now it's working all of your internal organs more than it needs to to try to clean that shit out and a lot of that is the feeling of euphoria that you might be getting based on the substance that you're taking that's going to definitely shorten your life you know it doesn't come without a price i'm not saying that's what it was it was heart disease but again you got to factor in when you take shit it the old ticker can't always handle it it's not just yeah. cheeseburgers like what Braun Strowman eats that can take you out. You know, if you like your Heineken, Especially have your Heineken. If you like your Hennessy, have your Hennessy. If you like your Corona, well, hey. But uh, <laughs> point being, you got to do things in moderation, not to a point where uh, you regret it in the future. If you look at a lot of people who are, who are known alcoholics or known crackheads and known people, look at how different they look over time. Oh, yeah. Eddie, when Eddie was through uh, that addiction, Eddie was going full throttle the whole time. That screwed him in the long run. Yeah. Because eventually that's going to catch up with your body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the reason they talk about Eddie so much is because a lot of people, the majority of people, feel that the turning point for Chris Benoit was the death of Eddie Guerrero. That's when he lost his direction. And they talk about how he literally had to go from sobbing at the funeral to flying Europe to wrestle the same day. You know what I mean? Like this guy is sobbing. He's broken. But with his commitments to wrestling, uh, he stuck to it. And this goes back to, I think, something similar that WWE is dealing with right now with the crisis that's happening globally, where sometimes you probably shouldn't. And we're going to talk about this with Roman Reigns. A lot of your guys are dedicated and that's commendable. But you as a company, maybe at times should be the responsible ones and you shouldn't leave it in the hands of the people that work for you to decide when they should fucking go home. Like going back to cops, at least the fictional ones on TV, because certainly not the ones that don't do shit in real life. When you see a cop show and a cop shoot somebody, they're relegated to desk work for X amount of time. I heard that might happen in the real force, but I don't believe it. But using these fictional cops, you shoot somebody, you get relegated to desk work, and they don't ask you 
You can't go, I don't care. I'm that I'm going to keep or They tell you. And it goes the same with doctors and nurses when we're not uh, short staffed. If someone just went through a hard uh, surgery or through a rough loss, you relieve that person because it's not just their physical, but it's their psychological core that you're trying to protect. There has to be some psychological healing involved here. And if it works for people that are city workers and firemen and cops and everything else, there should have been that window in WWE, I feel, where someone should have told Eddie or told Chris, hey, you're working too much. Told Eddie when it was when he was clearly going through too much, where I've heard Chris, I've heard Kurt Angle say in interviews that to this day, he truly believes that Eddie Guerrero died from exhaustion, period. You could call it heart disease, you could call it what you want. Kurt Angle having spoken about the reason why he left WWE was because he thought that was going to be him. And he feels that Eddie died of exhaustion. There should have been something. His body couldn't keep up anymore. There should have been something in place to let this person know, hey, man, you're you're taxing yourself. You may not feel like it, but that's just because it hasn't happened. Human beings are like light bulbs. You know what I mean? A lot of the time you're not going to see it fade. It's just going to suddenly go out. You know, so knowing that, I feel that in the case of Eddie Guerrero, someone should have slowed him down. And in the case of Chris Benoit being sobbing at a funeral, they definitely should have mandated with his mental state some fucking time not to go wrestle anywhere. There should have been some guaranteed mandated time. So I see a mistake there. And that's the, and that's how it goes over to the COVID thing where you got Roman Reigns. Why was it left up to him? Somebody who, you know, is a, a cancer survivor who has a compromised immune system who's just gone through chemo. Why the fuck was it left up to him? Until the last minute, whether or not he should be part of WrestleMania, that should be a corporate call because you're protecting your long term investments, you idiots, not your short term, stupid one time pay-per-view show that can we can fix at some point. So to me, this is just showing that a lot. The the more things change, the whole philosophy, the more things change, the more they stay the same, you know, because, uh, yeah, this guy goes from sobbing at a funeral to flying to Europe to wrestle. And sobbing to the point where even Jericho described the fact that the tears soaked through his jacket, his shirt, like all the way down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this affected everyone. Vicky, she talks about the bout of depression she had to battle with, where basically uh, Nancy was a good friend of her that literally had to come get her out of bed while she was mourning Eddie. When she wasn't getting up and doing anything, Nancy was the one who stood with her. She lived with her for like a month. And Chris mm. would just come over and visit. She was basically her rock. She was basically the one that was let, was was the support system of this woman, you know. And uh, it it messed a lot of things up. They, like you don't understand the the ramifications this had on this family. When I say family, I'm talking about both the you know the Benoits and the Guerreros. You know, she she talked about how Ed, uh Benoit would be because Eddie had a gym upstairs, a big giant gym. He would just sometimes go upstairs and just cry in the gym, like he'd just be in Eddie's gym crying and like. Uh, Vicky's kids would come to her and they'd, they'd be like, oh, mom, uh, you know, Chris is crying again. And she'd go up there and this grown yeah. man would just be fucking crying just in sometimes, pain. Sometimes go to their room and lie on Eddie's side of the bed and cry. That was another thing. He would he would lay in the bed that, with, with Vicky and he'd be on his side and he would just be clutching Eddie's pillow, sobbing. It, like, it sounds like a lot of time Vicky was consoling him more than she was consoling her. Yeah. And it's her at, husband. At times... It seemed like it hit Chris harder than anybody else. And that's because they say when you're on the road with someone, you're practically married to them. Yeah. You know, when you have traveling partners and stuff like that, this, this crushed this man. This guy literally knew this person his entire life, mm. you know? So, uh, you know, he, he hadn't really no way to handle this. He was becoming cold and distant. If you hear from anyone during this thing, you hear from all of them. Chris Jericho even basically, he just kind of implied that the friendship that him and, that, that him and, uh, Chris once had 
was just gone because he just wasn't around. Like he mentally wasn't, he was cold and distant, you know? Uh, Nancy's sister, she starts talking about some really interesting stuff that it almost doesn't fit into the, to the, uh, body of the story, but she starts talking about how, uh, Chris would bring up other wrestlers that, that had their children kidnapped or they themselves were kidnapped, crazy fans and how they would stalk wrestlers. We've heard this from other stories where he was taking different cars and paths to get to the gym. Like he was acting paranoid, like he didn't want to be seen by someone, like maybe someone was following him. I don't know what was going on there. You know, at one point they thought to help ease his mind, they would get him a journal so that he could write to Eddie, you know, and uh later on his father, I guess, looked at this journal and they were able to look at and get a better idea of the pain that this guy was in, the trouble he was going through. He was slowly losing it, looking at it. Uh During his last year, Nancy didn't think that it would be healthy for him to be on the road going to all these places um where him and his past friend used to wrestle yeah. he'd you know? always say last time i was here eddie was still here yeah like he used every to tell, t- every so town he used to tell jericho that like you know the, the, eddie and i used to be here you know used to, we we're just becoming a thing you know uh mm-hmm. so he you could slowly see the pieces coming apart chavo talks about getting that call the famous call about nancy and daniel having the flu and how he's not going to be able to take them because they're dealing with some sort of a stomach flu or something and then later on, you know, that's when they get that text. The dogs are in the closed pool, the, are in the closed pool area, and, and the back door is open. And uh they didn't know what that meant. And they talked about how they went to Laurenitis. A few people got that text, and they didn't know what it meant. And when they, they told Jericho, when they found out that Benoit was passed, they, how he pulled over, he started crying. Apparently, these two officers found him. They found the uh, they found the bodies of everybody there. And uh before this had even happened, when they did the tribute, some of us saw that tribute live. I saw that tribute live. You probably, it's probably challenging to find now. Um, yeah. But I saw it live when mm-hmm. it happened. Uh, it was similar to the Owen one, similar to the Eddie one, the same exact format. If you've ever seen a tribute show before, they're sitting there they're talking, people are crying, you know, very uh, sobering feeling. Uh, but Jericho also talks about how William Regal's words that night were very re- revealing because for Regal, he was very short and to the point. He said, for now, all I'm willing to say is Chris Benoit is undoubtedly the hardest professional man in wrestling. And that's literally all he said. And it turns out that Regal lived in the same city as Chris, and he knew about a lot of the fighting between him and Nancy. Like, he had more details on the situation. So what it comes off like is Regal sort of writing on the wall. He didn't say anything to anyone, but he probably had already speculated that this, that we were looking at, was a murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. And I find it funny that uh there was anyone at the time that didn't look at it that way. Not to be morbid or anything, but WWE, it was sort of exposed here that they knew going into that show the details. And even if they didn't go into that show knowing the details, they should have known the details. They're not that naive. I remember hearing this story before that Raw, hearing that Chris Benoit, Nancy, and Daniel were found dead. Speaking to a friend about it on the phone. Did you hear what happened? Yeah. What do you think it was? Man, must be murder-suicide. Yeah, that sucks. That was my first conversation about him. Four fucking sentences in. What else could it be? A ninja came in and took them all. You know what I mean? Like, the most logical thing at the time seemed to be that. So, it's strange to me that WWE tried to put a spin on it where they didn't know. or they, they, They must have been someone who speculated. But Regal, like Jericho said, he basically said that was the most revealing thing, was the way Regal was short and sweet, because maybe he knew. He had a feeling, at least. But Jericho said that he knew a lot more, you know, than than, than we realized at the time. And uh there was a book writer there that was part of this interviewing process. He was uh, 
he was the author of Ring of Hell, Matthew Randazzo, and a few, done a few other things. And according to him, Friday evening was, there was an altercation. The first it was Chris, which was doing a cookout with Daniel. And then there was an altercation where Chris restrained her apparently with duct tape and then strangled her with a telephone cord and placed a Bible next to her body. There were beers and wine bottles all around indicating there was alcohol use. The following day, he gave his son a Xanax and he killed him in the room via suffocation where he put a Bible in the room. And uh, then he went to bed that night with the bodies in the house. Then he gets up and he does some searches on the Internet where he looks up a biblical story about the prophet Elijah and the resurrection of a dead boy. And uh, then he looks up the quickest and most painless way to break your own neck. So these were his Google searches. Then he went down to the gym with a half drunk bottle of wine. He went to his uh, he went to his lap pull down machine. He took the bar off, wrapped it in a towel around his neck, and he took the metal cord from the machine, put it around his neck, adjusted the weight to 240 pounds and released, which is how he broke his neck. So uh, the thing with that for me is that a lot of that doesn't sound like roid rage. It's too much deliberation in it. There's too much planning. There's too much evil to say yeah. that somebody just lost their mind, didn't know where they were, were seeing things, were hallucinating, their brain was all messed up. That's not the reaction of an irrational person. This is thought out. That's all I'm saying at this point. At least according to my observation here, it is thought out. Uh, according to Julie, Julie Malenko, uh, Benoit put his knee in Nancy's back and broke her back when she was tied up and messed up like that. You know what I mean? So these aren't, it wasn't like, not that any kind of violence is justified. But this wasn't a spontaneous two people got into a fight. He was roided up or drunk and he slapped her. Get away from me, bitch. And she went and hit her head on the corner and died. And he's like, oh, fuck. No, this was like this man tied her up. You know what I mean? Rammed his knee. He was torturing her is what it really sounds like. Later, it turned out there was another Bible in the house where Chris said, I'm preparing to leave this earth. So, uh, you know, that's more or less being interpreted as a confession. It was not really a confession, but, you know, a suicide note. And then they talk about him erasing his, they, they basically talk about how they had to erase his name from WW entirely. You know, they love their jobs, but at the end of the day, that was one of the reasons why, which I think at the end of the day is a good choice. Yeah. His son, David Benoit, then spoke about how Jericho and Chavo were the only people who reached out to him after this. Everyone else treated him like he didn't exist. They weren't there for him. He was talking about, he said, screw those guys. Same for Nancy's sister, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. They talk about how about the roid rage and how Nancy was PMing him, saying stuff like, I will not accept this steroid induced roller coaster ride of emotional abuse. Ignoring the problem or running away isn't going to help you face it. You need professional you need professional help. And only if you're fully honest about all of it. She even goes on to put some text where she says stuff like we all know the wellness policy is a joke, which I could, at the time I imagine it might have been. You know, we hear reports that back then the wellness policy didn't mean shit. You could still get away with a whole bunch. Vince did an interview with the media where he talked about how an act of rage, when you do something like that over three days, is more of an act of deliberation, which is exactly where my thoughts have always been on this entire situation. You can't complain. You can't say roid rage. Something happened. I'm not saying I know what it is, but that's not rage. I'm going to say not to jump in, but it's like, yeah, the thing with the roid rage, that what they even said, that was just the media taking another shot at wrestling. Yeah, they were just, they just had an opportunity to make something seem, uh, spin it the way they want it and remember that in today's world with what's going on today that the media is always going to get the juiciest bits of the story they're going to accentuate the negative paul Heyman always said accentuate the positives hide the negative they're going to accentuate the negative hide the positive the proof is good things happen every day when is the last time the news has informed you 
Exactly. Because there's no money in that. You think that they have yeah. NBC and CBS and CNN? You think they all have YouTube channels because they want you to be informed? No, because they want that monetization. They, they the ratings are dropping because more people are turning to the internet. YouTube is monetized. They get money whenever they can come up with a little stupid clip with something that you might click. They're just as clickbaity as everybody else. So you got to keep that in mind with everything. But that being said, he did have an enormous amount of testosterone in him. Apparently, he was on a lot of steroids. Vicky talks about a time when he got mad. Uh, when, when Chris got mad and he busted a windshield, apparently, and they were called or something. Nancy's sister recalls a time when, uh, he hurt Nancy, but out of respect for her remain, his remaining kid, she didn't go into details, but she wound up getting a restraining order. So to me, that's another red flag. There's a history of domestic violence between Nancy and Chris. To be completely honest with you, and nobody likes to judge it, they make her sound like an angel and everything. There seems to be a history of domestic violence between Nancy and fucking everybody. Yeah. Because Kevin <laughs> Salchi, she's had she's a third yeah, bad marriage, third violent bad marriage. Not saying I was, you know what I mean? None of us know what happened behind closed doors, but I'm just saying there's, there's, there's also the pattern of that there, you know, where it's like, so this guy, uh, you know, apparently did something to Nancy and she had to get away from him. Chris Nowinski, of course, was part of this because how, why wouldn't he be former WWE superstar? He became a neuroscientist, runs a concussion, concussion legacy foundation. Um, he goes into the CT chronic traumatic, um, What's it called? Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy, I guess. You probably got it better than I did. Fuck it. It's like Donovan Dijak. I don't get it. (laughs) No, it's worse than Dijak. (laughs) Basically, it comes from blows to the brain. Two NFL players died from suicide. Having it, one of them uh, chased cops down a high-speed chase. Ha, cops and anything to do with speed. High-speed chase and blew up. uh, And he wanted blowing up his car on the wrong side of the highway. So, uh. Nowinski said in his interview that he started asking Benoit about the concussion info. Like he said that he had more than he can count. He wanted Nowinski to call him the following week. However, when Nowinski called him, he called a mid-argument. It sounded like he was arguing with somebody and he said he'd have to call back later. He wonders to this day if that's what Benoit wanted. He wanted information. He wanted to find out what the hell's happening to his brain. Maybe it is. Uh, the CT tests show, uh, protein brain damage marks, um, which basically indicate that the blows to his brain over time change who you are because if your brain gets hit hard enough that part of your brain doesn't heal and then the rest of your brain around that part starts to rot when the rest of and there's nothing that can be done because it's your brain that's why they tell you protect your neck protect your head because uh you get let's say you get a wound on your brain your brain's not like your body where it's going to scab over that scab becomes rotten that rot slowly deteriorates and spreads throughout the brain slowly you lose yourself this is what what the in regards to what the protein brain damage marks were that were shown there. That being said, it's weird to hear wrestlers talk about how they didn't know getting hit in the head a lot can fuck you up. Despite years of different eras where we damage the head in order to kill the body. I mean, the from the fucking guillotine in medieval times to the mace during Roman Colosseums to the gunshot during Western ages. We've always known the fucking head is the dead spot, man. It's weird to me now, modern times. Really? You hit each other with a head and in the head with a blunt object, it fucks you up? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it fucking and that's does. Why people wear helmets. Yeah, helmets existed Duh. before a lot of this other stuff, you know. But mm-hmm. again, this is once again WWE shrugging them. We didn't know. We didn't know that hitting somebody in the head fucks you up. You know, we didn't. We had no idea that when three people are dead in the house with no one else entering or exit, it might be a murder suicide. We didn't know that. That we never heard of murder suicides. Yeah, like it was disturbing hearing how Chris Jericho talked about how they handled how they handled chair shots. Yeah, they would just basically tighten up and take that shit. 
Yeah, you just grit your teeth yeah. and you got a concussion. You just shook it off. But when David Benoit broke down, you know, like that was a sad moment. That was painful. You know, oh, he, it was said, awful. he said that it was too real. And uh, yeah, the whole thing was really sad. Yeah. It was, there were a few informative things. It's not, it was very little that I hadn't already heard. I know a lot of people were hearing some of the stuff for the first time. So I kept getting asked, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think it was put together respectfully, as respectfully as possible with the most information. It, di- it didn't speculate too much about what could have happened. And unfortunately, we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know the full story. Yeah. So what are you guys' thoughts? Um, Roxy, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Well, for me, it was really, um, it was a really informative documentary because I basically, uh, I, I obviously I knew a lot about Chris Benoit, but before I watched the documentary, I genuinely thought it was roid rage. I didn't take into account that, you know, cause like my husband, he was saying to me, he said, oh, well, this is why they don't do chair shots anymore. And I went, really i was like said that that's what it was so yeah he said he didn't have roid rage he you know a couple of blows to the head and you know it's 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 completely fucked him up so that really opened my eyes uh to to what you know wrestlers actually really do put themselves through you know and uh i just i thought it was i thought it was well put together like you said we don't have a hundred percent of the story the only time you'd get 100% of the story is if the three people who went through it were still here. That's the only way you're going to get it. But And, you, and even but though yeah, you I mean, Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I'm just saying it's, I, I thought that it was um, very, very informative, very well put together. And i got to be honest, I did cry like a bitch and you on know what? both episodes. Even if we don't know the whole story... There's enough information out there that we can say what isn't the story. And the story mm-hmm. isn't a guy whose brain got messed up from wrestling and putting himself through a whole lot and causing mm-hmm. him to kill his wife and child. I don't believe that. No. Just because everyone here has been angry at one point or another. And anyone familiar with anger can tell you that, that those bursts of anger are exactly that burst. They don't last. Yeah. No. You can be mad at someone for a long period of time. You can be upset at someone. But anger, the kind of untapped anger that will cause someone to be capable of murdering someone, it'll come in a burst. Anyone can OJ Simpson somebody. I'm sure OJ was fucking pissed. That fucking bitch, who knows what happened with OJ? But that motherfucker lost his mind. It's different from if he would have strung her up like King Bowser, you know what I mean, on a rope somewhere, and someone have to come rescue her. That's You're thinking ahead. So I'm looking at this situation, and that's, to me, very telling. We've all had significant others that we've been mad at, and it goes almost as fast as it comes. Can you imagine ever being so upset at someone that the anger stays there long enough for you to tie them up and break parts of their body and then slowly kill them? Like, come on, man. Be unreal. You're not still mad at that point. The madness is going to calm down within you at some point within under an hour, I would want to think. That's the reason why we separate people when they get angry at each other because they cool down. That's why it's called cooling off because yeah. they have no choice. It's I a mean, normal, you know? I did have a very, um, I kind of had like a light bulb moment while I was watching it. There was a part of me that thought that maybe because mental health wasn't that well documented back then. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning his actions at all, but I conceived a theory that maybe um, the fact that Eddie died, and like you said, they were so close and, you know, like like almost one in the same, 
And I think that, that potentially there's a possibility that the grief completely caused Chris to lose his mind. And I thought to myself, well, why would you, why would you kill your wife and your child and then kill yourself? And I came upon this thing where I thought maybe he killed them both first because he thought maybe if he killed himself, he'd go over and see Eddie. But maybe he killed his wife and his child because maybe he wanted his wife and child to go over as well so they could all theoretically be together. That makes sense. I mean, it's a bit of a twisted way to look at it, but I thought it was a very interesting idea. He killed his wife. I'm going to give you guys, I think, I'm not going to give you guys my theory because I don't really have a theory, but I'm going to give you guys the most likely based on logical deduction. He killed his wife because, I mean, he killed himself because it was fucking over. Mm. He killed his wife and child. It is over. Your life is over. He killed himself because of that, because his life was over and he couldn't deal with it. I question whether or not he was even guilty in the final hours. Because honestly, if you did something so horrendous, would you really be looking up the most painless way to break your neck? Like at that point, are you really worried about your well-being? You're not consumed with so much guilt over killing like your own family that you don't think you maybe don't even deserve to be spared that pain. You know what I mean? It's just weird that oh, at that point, he's still self-preserving even in suicide. Like the most painless. Most people, if they're suicidal, they would just think about how they can kill themselves. They're not going to think about what doesn't suck the most. You know, so to me, that was one thing. I feel like the reason he killed himself was because he he killed his wife and child and he realized his life was over. That's why we have murder suicides. It's not like this is something that's only happened to the Benoits. That's what murder suicides are. Someone kills their wife and child and, and a lot of times, hopefully by accident, in some cases deliberate, and then they kill themselves. Now, as far as why did Chris kill his wife and child? Again, this is just logical deduction, not necessarily my theory. But we do have a history of domestic violence, not from just one of them, but from both of them. You, mm. you take two people who, are, who, who uh, one of them has previous domestic violence encounters that they've been in, and one of them who has um, a bunch of other issues and has a series of now domestic violence issues within this. The most I can say is that like many people in our world, like some of you that are listening to this show, Everybody probably has, or most people probably have a side of someone, a side of themselves that isn't brought to the surface publicly. Chris clearly had that. He was clearly not an all around nice guy. He was, him and Nancy got into stuff. You know, there's a side of Chris Benoit, a dark side of him that we don't know because he never showed it publicly and we're never going to be able to understand it. But it's as simple as that. He had, he was an evil dude who had an evil side. The giveaway to me, using logical deduction, again, just going by the most likely, is the way that they would talk about the emotional pain he was in when mourning Eddie and the face he'd be able to put on when it was time to wrestle and go to work, how you would never have known that there was anything wrong. Mm. You're telling me that this man suffered the loss of what he thinks is probably the greatest human being in his life. And in the wake of that level of mourning was able to put on a poker face. Why wouldn't I think that there are other things he can put on a poker face for? Think about that. They always said that about him, right? Oh, Chris Benoit, you would never know something was wrong. You'd never know something was bothering him when it was time to come to work. So who's to say that the same way there was a side of him he never showed the public where he was in pain? There was a side of him he never showed the public where he was causing pain. Mm. 
You know, I mean, that's that's domestic abuse. You hear R. Kelly thing about how he hogtied his uh his wife. It's not it's not unheard of. And I'm sure if you were to look up domestic violence tied up or Google or something like that, you'd find that it's probably common. I've never looked it up. I wouldn't know. But I'm just saying it's probably common. It's probably not the first tenth or hundredth time that we've heard of a domestic case where the wife gets tied up. I'm almost sure of it. If we stop looking at this as how could this guy have done this, if it wasn't for being Chris Benoit, if it was anyone else, you guys wouldn't be thinking so carefully. No, you're you right. You would have fucking known. You know what happened. This is a case, just like in life, you don't always know people. This is a case of somebody who we didn't know all sides of him. People are very complex. There's so many layers and dimensions to a person. People sometimes don't even know themselves. Because we saw some dude on TV and because a bunch of people talked fucking good about him. We're going to rule out the fact that in a world where there are killers and, and, and kidnappers and stuff, that there's not just a psychopath out there that flew under the radar. We don't know for sure that that's what it is. But I'm just saying that if you were to just basically have to make an educated guess based on the information presented, domestic violence, check, able to hide true feelings in public, check, poker face, check. You know what I mean? It's It's like... And even the Google search history, everything about it was very deliberate. And it just seems like there's a side of this guy that none of us knew and none of us ever will. Yeah. And that's probably why he should never be in the Hall of Fame. You know, Jimmy Snuka is someone who also allegedly killed his girlfriend. But if you listen to how that story went, not justifying it all, but it's such a different circumstance. It sounded like him and his girlfriend used to always get into fights and tissues all over the damn place. And it really came off like one day he hit her a little too hard or pushed her a little too hard against something and she hit her head he lied and said that she fell in the bathroom before he got home or whatever the fuck the story was but the point is that in that there's evidence indicating that there was a struggle he probably hit her probably didn't mean to that makes him an asshole and a bastard and a killer nonetheless but do you see the difference there where it's kind of like it was all in within seconds which is why violence is frowned upon because all it takes is one wrong bump for somebody to be gone we all know that as fans of this kind of stuff it was within seconds and i'm sure snooker regretted it immediately afterwards sure it was covered up and he's a fucker for doing that but it was it was regretted i'm sure within seconds i can't imagine someone killing their wife and having time the following day to kill their kid yeah over the course of a weekend it was calculated it was there was no he thought it out where was his conscious right yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to me, the way I looked, um, my thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Even like I said before, we even talked about it last week. We can't act like he didn't do what he did. But there's a difference between people like us, where we're gonna talk about obviously what happened, and then those people where it's just like they like act like his wrestling career never fucking happened. One of my favorite things about that, actually, two of my favorite things, was Jr.'s reasoning behind him never being in the hall of fame it's because nobody's going to talk about the wrestling they're going to just act they're going to play wwe's game and act like the wrestling just never existed not that we can't act like this man did not kill his wife and his child there is no way in hell you're going to ignore that but then at the same time you can't act like this guy didn't put on fantastic matches like he didn't have probably one of wrestlemania 17's best matches with kurt angle and then i look at also david and um nancy's sister the fact that they've had to deal with this for as long as they had, and it took Jericho basically bringing them back together. I remember David breaking down hurt me so much because I was like, that kid's been holding that in for over a decade. And it all finally came out. And just to see him and Nancy's sister embrace, it was like, I think he even said on Twitter, he was like, I got to let go of 13 years of pain. Because at the end of the day, it's it, it's pretty fucked up. Like, I mean, David... 
didn't kill Nancy and Daniel. Nancy's sister didn't kill Nancy and Daniel. Why just shut them out? I don't give a shit what his last name is. At the end of the day, despite how we'll ever feel about Chris Benoit, that was that kid's dad. And he's had to deal with that on such a horrible level. And I'm happy that they're in somewhat of a better place. I'm happy that those two got back together. I, just, I mean, I think I even shot a message to, I think I even saw a tweet at him and just like, I'm glad you got that out. I do hope the best for you because at the end of the day, for everything we thought about, imagine what that kids had to deal with for the past decade. Right. But playing devil's advocate, not that I'm not agreeing with you at the same time, when I look at that kid, the older he gets, the more and more he looks like Chris Benoit. And yeah. for me, he oh, seems yeah. like a really nice guy, but it's almost weird looking at him for me and seeing Chris Benoit's face. I can only imagine how that shit affects people that knew Chris personally. They're looking at this guy that just looks more and more like Chris Benoit's time goes by, negatively or positively. Just yeah. seeing someone. So I, I I don't think it was good that people kept their distance. I can understand the human reaction as to why they would, though. Because I'll be honest, I see his stuff before this. I saw interviews posted on social media about this guy. Like he did interviews with, I think, Van Vliet and a lot of the other guys we would see him around. Yeah. I didn't really watch them. And part of it was how strange just looking at the thumbnail and seeing that guy, the smiling Chris Benoit face looking back at me was. So imagine how it is for people that know him. You know, it yeah. must have just been weird. It's mm -hmm. awkward. We can't keep possibly imagine what it must feel like, you know. So yeah. I don't, I, you know, everyone was a victim in this, man. Everyone. Oh, yeah. And, mm. but the one thing I like about it the most, I think, when it comes to this thing, at the end of the day, and I can get all the Twitter heat in the world for this shit. If you weren't one of those people on that documentary, I feel like we can't tell them as much as they could tell us. This was, I think, the most detailed that this story has ever been. And it came from the people who knew him the best. And I think yeah. that's what made Dark Side of the Ring so good. It's the best possible opinion you're ever going to get. I love what Jericho said so much to the point where I think I watched it back maybe three or four more times. If you think they're glorifying a murderer, stop watching. Yeah. Because nobody on this was glorifying the murderer. They were talking about the guy who they traveled up and down the road with, who they had memories on top of memories on top of memories with, who did this tragic thing. Yeah. So and how it's still affecting everybody. Yeah. So they provided information. And again, I, who knows? I don't know if this is something I would have put on the program, but so many of you from the community asked about it where I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to watch. Like I try now with our stuff to just stay away from stuff that's been rehashed over and over, which I kind of feel like this has been, it's becoming sort of dead horse territory. I feel that way about the Brett and Sean stuff too, where like Brett seems to always have a new thing to say about what happened with him and Sean. I'm like, dude, how much fucking yeah. things happened between you and Sean? You know, mm. you're sort of becoming like the Star Wars movies where it's like, this is what happened in between this and this. This is what happened before it. This is what happened to our kids before. Like, okay, like, bro, enough. Yeah, at least in this case, it has something that set it aside from the other ones instead of it just being a different, but then being the world's jumbled up differently. Yeah. But yeah, it, it told a lot of the story. And I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's never going to be able to be ignored what happened. Right. But I think. One thing, and maybe this is what I caught from it, at least, when you look at the stories they used to tell of, of on the road for him, I think it, it I don't know if it was intentionally supposed to do this. It also shows don't shun the people who watched this man for years and on end and want to remember the wrestler, because Definitely. at the end of the day, 
when I heard um, David talking about some of the stories, he would tell when he watched um, Chris win at WrestleMania 30, when he used to watch his matches up and down the road, you could see the joy in his eyes because he remembers having a time of his life watching his dad wrestle. And you don't want to always, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a huge heartbreak. You don't always sometimes want to focus on the heartbreak. And then I think even Nancy's sister mentioned the fact that woman's never really ever been acknowledged in the WWE for what she did for the yeah. business. Mm-hmm. She was one of like what she was one of the last like true just straight out managers. And it's kind of yeah. like that's where I think it's going too far when it comes to just not acknowledging these two. Because it's kind of like with Eddie and Chris, it's kind of harder to mention Nancy without mentioning mentioning Chris. It's possible, and I'm sure they can put something together, and it should happen one day. Yeah. But it's, it's it, this should spot. this should be some kind of effort done for it. But mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Well, that was our but, take. But I mean, on they that. they did a good job though. They, mm-hmm. Hands down, they did a good job with that. Absolutely. All right. We're also coming up tonight. We're going to be doing the WrestleMania poll. I apologize in advance. I know there's stuff about the poll that uh is probably not accurate at this point there's not really much i can do about it card is subject to change if new if new matches are added or altered we'll uh we'll bring it up and you can go back and just redo the poll just skip all the ones you already did and the new ones will always be on the top with like a timestamp, so that you have a better idea matter of fact i'm gonna see if uh i can get the poll to you destin okay that way uh you you guys can take a look and tell me if there's anything that needs to be changed. Just send it in. Uh, just send it in the same messenger I send you if you happen to see. That's for later on though. Like we're not doing that yeah. now. But yeah, I did what I can for the poll. There's probably more that has to be done. Yeah, I, I got I, the card in front of me, so I'll be able to check yeah. it. Just tell me what correct. Just text me and tell me what corrections I need to make. Uh, okay. I already know that the Roman uh, one, which we're gonna get into, that's yeah. scrap. But again, that's how it and is on the site right one. now. Yeah. That's how it is on their site, though. So just let me know what needs to be altered. Cool, cool. Uh, what else do we got going on? Before we get into that, though, we're going to talk a little bit about the weeklies because WrestleMania stuff's going to come towards a little bit closer to the end. Uh, I'm going to not try to bore you guys too much. Just talk some results real quick. Uh, AEW Dark, which uh, there's a few matches here. There's a lot of jobber matches because they were giving a lot of indie guys opportunity to work that lost work. So we had like Joe Alonzo versus Jack Hager. And... Uh, Jack Hager pretty much chokes this dude out immediately. Does anybody know who the hell Joe Alonso was before this? Not a clue. No? Nope. He's probably for, for them deep indies, which, I mean, cool for AEW, giving some of these guys an opportunity. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, even though they got mowed over, it's like, hey, it's something. Yeah, there was also, after this match, a few days later, uh, there was an interesting situation because Sammy Guevara... And that Joe Navarro guy, they tried to jump Darby Allen. Oh, at, this was amazing. At a 7 Eleven. I'm going to let you guys see this. This was great. After the show right now, I'm getting some, getting some snack. Oh, what the? Bro, that's Darby, bro. Nah. That's Darby. Go get him. If you're, if you're really my friend, if you're down for anything, go beat his ass. Hold my bag. Go beat his ass. Go beat his ass. Hey, my man. Darby. Hey. He said, Who the hell are you? He said, Joe's fucking dead. Joe's fucking dead. And walked out. <laughs> Moral of the story do not fuck with Darby while he is getting his Cheetos. That's a cool character. I'm not going to lie. 
I fucking love Darby Allen, dude. He's he's yeah. great. Oh, one of my favorite finishers, and just like the dude's nuts. Like you, yeah. You don't fuck with that kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So next we had John Cruz and Matt Sells with Skylar Moore versus QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, aka the Natural Nightmares, who go over clearly. I don't know who any of these people or who their valet was or where the hell they come from or what this was all about. Everybody um, got a check. Yeah, Robert Eagle Anthony and and Sean Spears go up against the SCU. Finish being SCU goes over after Spears and Tully once again leave the guy. Once again, another abandoned tag team. When they come back later on and kick his ass a little bit, they might take a tip. You get someone named Shug D versus Super Bad Kip Sabian. Obviously, Kip Sabian goes over. You know, again, again, it was a jobber dark. It was a jobber dark. This was just yeah. basically charity for a lot of the jobber guys. You know, you know, Strowman hated it. Yeah. Mm. Getting to the main show, you had Cody Rhodes against Jimmy Havoc with the finish being Cody going over with two crossroads. And then afterwards, we get a Jake Roberts promo where he's talking shit to Cody around the dark campfire and stuff. I like how Cody kind of jokes around about how uh, it's always in the, in the taped promos that you, uh, you you get the most heat and stuff. Uh, Cody was in commentary for the balance of this AEW. I think he did a fantastic job. He has a future in that. Uh, he's, he seems to be one of the best people, and I've noticed that over time. Whenever I've, The brief times I've ever heard him call moves, he seems to know all moves. And that's something that's really important. If you ever really listen to Cody when he talks moves, he knows all of them. And I think he knows everybody's moves. I remember, when was it that they did, uh, remember a few years ago, they did like a WW2K video game where they were like literally at WrestleMania playing on like the big screen in the arena. Oh yeah, that was one of their, um, they used to do a contest with that for every year. I think he was either facing Kofi or Xavier Woods, but whoever he was facing, I remember him mentioning moves as they, as, as their character was doing. And he was like, ah, you do this move and this move. Never moves I've seen you do. <laughs> like never moves I've seen you do. <laughs> you know, that kid is great. Like if he, that's something if he, he if he would ever get like injured and had to be all out be out of matches for a while, like you don't have to keep him on TV. Just stick him on the table. Yeah, which by the way, that's something we used to do with the games back when the games were good, which would take us hours because the games give you like a general just to balance the games. They give you like general default offense. It's almost like if you've played an MMO or any game. Even if your characters are different, they all more or less have very similar animations because you want certain universal things to be there. They do that in wrestling, but in doing so, they break a lot of it. So what we used to do is we would go back in and edit everyone's move list, which takes hours because you would find that everybody has stuff that they don't use, but they just put it in the game because they want them to have moves, you know. So we would literally have to go in and look at turning like, come on, you ever seen Xavier Woods do that? Or come on, when the fuck yeah. the last time that you seen Ricochet do that? And we would take the move out and make it feel more organic. You know, fuck the balancing. We want it to look like the actual people, you know? I don't want someone doing something weird that they don't do. Right. So, yeah. There's a little side Easter egg there. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh, we had, uh, what was that? Oh, yeah. That's what we do around here. We digress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darby Allen had a match against Kip Sabian with the finish being Darby going over with the Last Supper, or as Cody called it on commentary, a Gibson leg lock. Because he said, that looks like a Gibson leg lock to me. But I over here, <laughs> we, call it, we, we, we call it the Last Supper. That's a dark fucking name for a finisher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Hager kills some jobber. Don't know who Chico that was. Adams. Don't care. Chico Adams. You remember his name? Why is he from somewhere? I fucking don't know. I'm just looking at the thing right now. And it said <laughs> Chico Adams. <laughs> afterward, afterward, Moxley shows up and he brawls with Hager. He hits a paradigm shift, but Hager quickly recovers to his feet, goes for the ankle lock, 
Moxley breaks free. Hager retreats. He sells the the the, uh, the the paradigm shift outside of the ring, but commentary is emphasizing how unusual it is to have somebody take that finisher and not be laid out. Just sort of foreshadowing the pro- the fact that this guy's going to be a problem to Moxley. Because I thought about that too. At first I thought it was a bot, but I guess that's what they do. They want to uh, make Hager look really strong. Because think about it. When's the last time you seen somebody take a finisher and they're not just arms and legs spread in the middle of the ring? This guy took one and was able to walk away holding his head like, damn, you got me. And almost applied the ankle lock. So there's probably a bit of storytelling in there that you're going to see whenever they have their match where that's going to come into play again. You know, Moxie will hit the paradigm shift. He'll once again know so. Maybe this time he will get the ankle lock. And then we'll have to see where it proceeds from there. But I do like the building yeah. that they were doing in regards to stuff like that happening. It, it almost kind of seems like the same storytelling they did when uh, Sheamus and Big Show had their feud. People were sitting there like, can he even hit him with the bro kick? Yeah, exactly. So I like that. Like they're, 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 they're pulling the old, if your best shot, what happens if your best shot's not enough? And this is the sad part about going into WrestleMania season, that these little things, whether people take them for granted or not, these are the little things that are what makes the match matter. The storytelling and the buildup are supposed to have these elements to it because now you're going into this match just not watching Moxley versus Hager. You're watching Moxley versus Hager peppered with information. What do we know? We know that the paradigm shift is not enough to put Hager down. We know that he can recover from it quick and apply the ankle lock. We know that uh, that we know that Moxley is skilled at escaping from said ankle lock. So perhaps Moxley's going to have to put a little bit more yeah. oomph into that paradigm shift. Yeah, maybe Hager's he, gonna have to squeeze a little bit tighter on that ankle lock. But the point is, they didn't do that for nothing. They put they planted those seeds there so that later on, when the match happens, there will be some good sto- and there'll be some good storytelling. You know, so again, I like that. That's the way that things are supposed to be done. Yeah, because that 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 paradigm shift is gonna be in the back of your head every time those two are on camera together. Absolutely. Finally, we get dinner with Brody Lee. <laughs> There's no easy way to put this. He simply, the gimmick is he's making fun of being Vince McMahon. Not only is he making fun of being Vince McMahon, I'm starting to suspect that the entire Dark Order is making fun of being WWE, period. They're telling you to join the Dark Order and blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're, they're isolating people and people who just wanted to be part of something. It almost sounds like they're just making fun of the entire WWE locker room culture. And that that's what they've been doing here. Uh, he throws one guy out for eating dinner before he's done. The other guy sneezes and he throws him out, which, you know, I half blame him for, but not really. If somebody sneezed like that at my dinner, I would throw him out too. Like the guy didn't cover his mouth properly. You're over food. You know, you should be killed. So <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you know, cover your whole mouth. Like, why do people not cover their whole mouth? Cover your entire fucking mouth. Is your hand not big enough? But take you know? both your baby hands and cover your mouth. Cover your fucking mouth. I hate when people chew into the air. You know, I want to fucking super kick <laughs> them when I say that. Motherfuckers. Close your fucking mouth before I kill you. <laughs> I want to go eat out with you one day and see that shit happen and just watch. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to start laughing and we both fucked. Like, I'm no. <laughs> Whenever I see a person sneeze without covering them out, I legit just want to punch them in the face. They remind me of like when a cat does it. And the cat has an excuse. He has no fucking arms. What's yours? <laughs> because that's how the head looks. If you look at a person when they sneeze without covering their mouth, their head does the same thing a cat does. That makes me want to fucking snap their little kitten necks. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> Next up, Brody Lee. So I, so I get. <laughs> no, not Christ. yet. Not yet. So I get where Brody Lee's coming from. Meltzer was quoted as saying, This is Vince McMahon. It's 100% Vince McMahon. It's Vince McMahon eating at Morton Steakhouse, getting mad because he, he got to eat first. Getting mad at people sneezing. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Some people are very upset about this, believe it or not. I thought it was kind of funny, though. So apparently they have seen it over in, in, in freaking Stanford. And, uh. Of course, they watch every week. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, right. It's they're, they're, they're part of the ratings. They're part of the problem. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to be pissed off. Don't fucking watch. Like mm-hmm. we go laugh over on our side, but I mean, yeah. Brody Lee has his debut match against QT Marshall with Brody Lee killing him, basically going over with the discus lariat. Uh, and uh, Brody Lee recently was on talk as Jericho. And uh, he talked. Yeah, I suggest you listen to it. But he talked about, I just have the quote here where he said that uh, he did an angle with Randy Orton where 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 he turned and he got over and uh, they all they. They got all the way to a championship match battle royal and that he thinks that him and AJ got down to the last two and they did a spot where they go over on the floor and they hit at the exact same time um, to do a match the following week. And in rehearsal, he hit with no problem and it was beautiful. But then in the actual execution, he fucked up uh, and a little bit of his ass slid on the apron and either he touched first or AJ did. He's not sure, but it was obvious that one person touched before the other. And they tried to shoot around it and explain that, no, they both touched at the same time. And then the next week, AJ, who was the heel, ended up making him tap out and pinning him in the same match. And then they restarted the match and he was like, yep, this is the end. This is it. So <laughs> it goes to show just as if the wrong mistake, the wrong mistake will be enough to fuck you up. Yeah. You know, then talking about like how many different ideas he pitched and not a single one actually work uh vince saying that he couldn't see him some southern hillbilly with an intelligent accident even though he's from rochester new york but like <laughs> yeah well there, there's a little hillbillyish out there man just because new york's at the end of it you have to listen to the beginning part there's a lot of places that tag new york at the end of it you know yeah but i mean even then it's like if somebody can be intelligent and speak intelligent and also look like a psycho killer i say run with it it's yeah. not that much worse if you ask me <laughs> yeah here's here's a little clip of it i believe i have like a, a little excerpt of it i'm going to link to the whole podcast but there's a little bit of him talking about the reasons why he he wound up leaving the way i do talk vince doesn't see a person that looks like me talking like me mm-hmm. um and i don't think he could get over that uh he saw a backwoods hillbilly who talked in a southern drawl that and being from Rochester, New York, and being somewhat eloquent, he didn't understand and mm. just didn't compete with him. And Arn, I think, was maybe to the detriment, was one of my biggest supporters in meetings. And Arn would even say that. Arn would say, hey, man, I'm just going to stop speaking up for you mm-hmm. because I don't think it's doing you any favors. Right, yeah. You know, so uh, I had my supporters, just not, I guess, vocal ones, not ones that were willing to go to bat for me to a point. And um, once I fell into a role, no matter what I pitched, no matter what I showed anybody, it just, I wasn't digging my way out of it to that one, to the audience of one. But there was that one point where you had like a, a run for the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Championship. Maybe you might have even won the Intercontinental yep. Championship. Won the Intercontinental Championship, so- uh, had it for, I think, 27 days mm-hmm. and had a hell of a, like the next, I think, four or five months, I worked Dolph on the, all the house shows and had a blast, had a great ladder match with Dolph. Like that was probably my, the peak. And a lot of matches on a pay-per-view. Yep. I yep, remember that, yep. yeah. In, in his hometown, got my wife to worry about me because she was live and she thought I got hurt, so I knew I did a good job. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of like the the peak. In, but even then, like, don't think I won a match on TV with the belt. Uh, did a bunch of DQs, lost a bunch of matches, and, like, it, it almost was like they lo- I lost favor almost instantly. As soon as I won the belt, it was like, okay, here you go. And then it was like, didn't even get a chance to do anything with it. 
uh, pitched a whole bunch of different things for angles, for ideas to change the character, and then he just wasn't buying them. What were some of the ideas that he had to change the character? So I, I wanted to be a collector of some sort, uh, almost like... So I, I'm very much into serial killers mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. So I wanted to collect something from each person I would beat. And then the problem just became that I wasn't beating anybody. So it was hard to collect from people to, <laughs> to do that. Uh, I also wanted to be maybe a smart monster, a very intelligent monster, where I could speak like I do in a very intelligent way and like break my opponents down in a way, certain way that I wasn't doing in the Wyatt family and then just have the same matches I was having and look the same exact way. So be this slovenly character, but just very also intelligent, almost like a Bruiser Brody and again like i just don't think he could see that that way of talking and I, I remember going into his office and him telling me hey i want you to do a southern drawl and i was like sir i'm from Rochester, new york uh i think it's <laughs> gonna yankee re- yeah i was like i think it's gonna sound really really fake and he goes well just do me a favor and he goes we don't want it to sound fake but do me a favor and try it and i did it for him and he goes yeah i don't like that mm-hmm. and so literally walked out and thinking well, that, that's gone. It's never going to come up again. And then next week in the script, it was like specific, like Luke Harper, do a Southern accent. And then it was just, it was, it was fucked from there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's why no one comes to these things anymore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds like he was being given a hard time, but I'm glad he found his place here and this new gimmick seems to be working out fantastic, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. It looks really, yeah. it's, I think it's what he needed all along, personally. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, meanwhile, Vanguard 1 checks in. Who <laughs> <laughs> expected that, right? Meanwhile, Vanguard 1 check, <laughs> checks in on good old Nick Jackson. <laughs> Good. Good for Nick. Woo! Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara have a match for the AAA Mega Championship. This is pretty much a very long. Omega goes over with the one-winged angel in a pay-per-view length and quality match. This Guevara guy. Wow. What the hell? Where did they find that, right? Everyone should have a Guevara, but they're fortunate that they're the only ones. But yeah, definitely very impressive. Like, the kid blows me away. The match that him and Omega were able to put on overall... I, I just really, really like what we're seeing here. Very nice, strong quality stuff. And it goes to show that you can have good matches even when it's not a pay-per-view. And since they don't have pay-per-views as often, I think more effort and energy goes into having matches like this. So, very cool. He is like a god, right? One would say he's like a Spanish god. So, <laughs> like I said, this kid, wow. Once again, proving that he's able to have big, good matches whenever is necessary. He might not have the best win-loss record. But that kid can go in a half. There's someone who's probably the future of that company. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's not forget, Sammy Guevara was in the first ever AEW match. Mm-hmm. You're right. There, there was a reason for that. It, it all, And it's funny, he turned heel right after that. It was just a regular guy that they were giving that first match spot to and then turned heel later that night. 
Yeah. That kid is absolutely incredible. I sh- I saw him when he showed up in uh near the tail end of the last season of Lucha Underground. I had no idea that was what that kid is capable of. Yeah. That's something else. They've they've definitely created stars. That whole five year plan that WWE has, it takes five years to make a star. I call bullshit. Look at these guys. You know why? Because they don't try to rework them into what they think a star is. Cody even said before, they let them be the stars they were before they came here. And that's a smart move. After this, we only have one more segment to go on. Man, oh man, did it cause controversy. Some people absolutely adored it. Some people are angry as fuck. It's very rare that I see the internet so split on something and people so emotional on both sides for something so small and silly. But Chris Jericho's in the ring and he winds up having to do a promo on Vanguard 1. <laughs> and uh, I th- I'm a big Vanguard 1 fan. He needs a shirt. Vanguard 1 is the shit. You know, you can't tell me that uh, <laughs> you're not a fan of that guy after everything. And now he's more developed than this thing. But this is what happened. We're going to run a little of that for you here and then show it in the chat room. Come on down, Matt Hardy. You hear that? You hear that? I I see that. There he is. Yes. And it's not Matt Hardy. It is our West Coast correspondent. It is Vanguard. So there he is. Is he talking? Vanguard 1. I'm glad you showed up, guard. Guard. Because I got a couple things I want to tell you. First of all, I don't like you. I've never liked you. I don't like what you stand for. I don't like your beliefs. I think you're arrogant. I don't appreciate your political views on social media. You're a piece of shit, Vanguard. I think you're a piece of trash. Has lost it. And even though I don't like you, well, I respect you. And that's why I'm asking you to join the inner circle. (laughs) Okay, we think about it, Vanguard. All the power will lie in the propellers. Your propellers will be spinning. He wants everybody. All the money you're going to make will be pouring bubbly right down your gas tank. All those Instagram drone models will be flocking around wherever you go. You'll be smoking the finest of mechanical cigars. Come on, Vanguard. For old time's sake. You are witnessing you this. Chris Jericho's asking a drone. A drone, Vanguard. Huh? I think that's a no. What do you say, man? Okay, no, no, fly this way. Hey. Vanguard turning the other hey, cheek. You come back here, Vanguard. <laughs> turning his back on. You come back here, you son of a bitch. Come on. You come back here, you son of a bitch. You tell Matt Hardy. It said no. You tell. Oh. I think he's got to talk to someone else here now. It was one week ago that we saw. There he is. Matt Hardy. What? There he is. At the top of the arena here, Matt Hardy has made his appearance once again. Well, not at the top of the arena. In the middle. He's in the middle. Did he just... How in the world... Did he just... Ah, he's an orb. Oh, come on now. What the... 
Are you what? I am I dreaming? <laughs> no, you are seen? not. <laughs> and now they are as close as. Oh God! The way he teleported Matt around. Are ready for the face to face. From the top to the all the way down to the ring area. Matt Hardy with the psycho power. Oh God! Is that what that is? Psycho power. Psycho power, like bison. Did you see it? Oh, so crazy. Here he comes. The confrontation we talked about. I kind of think Chris asked for this confrontation well, of course and didn't not. expect to actually get it here. No. Uh, and not in this form. And not in this form, absolutely. What a history between these two. What a history. A storied history. Maker of pain. You knew I'd come. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. So the teleport is what got the poor guy heat, at least with certain <laughs> with certain people. Yeah, certain slightly out of touch people. Why it, so? Because it was done cheaply and corny, which it was. It was it the was, worst. It, it was I the worst cut cam the- ever. You could see the hard cuts of him teleporting around. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, that's what. Whole, that's the whole point. It was supposed to be funny. That's what I thought. That's what I took from it. But then some people out there take this shit too personally, Jim. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, fucking Cordette threw a tizzy because apparently he didn't see this shit coming from a top guy. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> let it go. Like, calm down, dude. Like, he's pissed off about everything for some reason. Uh, you know, Jim Cordette's an old school guy. One of the things that I was most excited about was knowing that I was going to get to hear good old JC. Uh, throw a tantrum about this about matt hardy teleporting around and it does look corny i see what people say it's it's a hokey thing but that's what's to be expected what did they think they were gonna get from from fucking broken matt hardy which is something they wanted so badly you know what i mean like everyone wanted this and now i I thought that it it worked out really well and like they're salty about it yeah i think we even said um it'll chat off air it seems like Cornette's still keeping this whole thing of like don't expose the business and it's like dude Everybody knows the ins and outs of this shit. Just laugh and enjoy. Yeah, this is what he said. And then Matt appears at the top of the arena. Okay, I, boy, it's going to take him a while to get down there if they're going to have any kind of, you know, that's the first thing I thought of. Tell the people what happened after that, Brian, when Jericho's in the ring and Matt Hardy appears at the top of this big-ass arena. At this point in the program, through several very clunky camera shots, Matt Hardy teleported down to the ring, making several stops in each level, the Loge, the Loge Reserve, the Mezzanine, eventually ending up right at ringside. And Tony Schiavone had to sell it like he was seeing it in person. Not only that this is the most preposterous thing I've ever seen, that somebody is teleporting, and not only that it it was done obviously as, as with multiple exposures of the camera because at some point you can see Chris's head suddenly tick a different place and then tick <laughs> back again yep. and everybody knows how that's done but Tony Schiavone actually said am I dreaming look what he's done Tony Schiavone had to call it like Matt Hardy was really disappearing and then appearing in different places simultaneously until he got all the way down to the ring one of their announcers who is supposed to be their salesman. If you go to 
the fucking mall and you go to the appliance store and you say, I need a new refrigerator. And you ask the guy at the store to tell you about all their new refrigerators. And the first thing he tells you about this one refrigerator is, well, did you know that if you put a dead dog in the freezer and leave it overnight, it will come back to life? You're not going to buy that refrigerator and you're never going to go back in that store again because that guy's a lying sack of shit. So they just buried their announcer, made their entire program look fucking like idiocy. And before anybody else opened their mouth from there, I turned the TV off. While I still like Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, I have given up on enough old friends for doing stupid, phony bullshit. I couldn't, I couldn't, no, I could not watch the rest of this or I'll hate both of them forever. Oh, shut the fuck up, Karen. (laughs) (coughs) Jesus. Uh, What's he got to be salty about? I don't understand. Here's the thing, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're, uh, we're here having fun. Okay. The whole point of the bit is he supposed to pretend like the man's really teleporting? Like if if he's not doing that and not trying to sell it, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like I get I I get Cornette has his opinions, but Cornette starts to piss me off with some of this stuff because he starts to come off as if if you don't think the way he thinks, you disrespect the fucking wrestling business. Like I love how he goes, Yeah, if I would have just watched it to the end, I'd hate both of them forever. For fucking one bit that was a lot more entertaining than anything Matt's done in probably the last few years. The last few times they brought back Jericho and they just rehashed the old list shit. Like we let's have some fun once and relax, for God's sakes. Like Yeah, let's please. Like and, uh, we're, we're out here enjoying this stuff and Gordon's just bitching, like Yeah. And Brian Alvarez said that I guess because of the backlash or whatever, they kind of retconned it where they said that Hardy didn't teleport, but Vanguard One used holographic technology to project Matt Hardy's broken image around Daly's place, similar to the way Mysterio does in the latest Spider Man movie. And uh then that that brought into question then how the hell did vanguard one make it from california where he was checking on nick all the way to jacksonville in under an hour to be able to do both things and then the story's more fucked up now but uh and then it also made me think but if he was if vanguard was just projecting him the the final matt hardy that appeared was actually there and got into the ring how did that one appear then you see what i mean like there's just too many loopholes in there for them to be able to fix that you know hello Ryder, how you doing you know there's just too much it was just like real, because as far as I'm concerned, nothing needed to be fixed. It was supposed to be funny. Yeah, it was supposed to be kind of hokey. It was supposed to be made to people for people to laugh. Too many, like I think, too many of these old guys from way back in the business still think that's what the fucking business is supposed to be. Times have changed. It's not the same place anymore. Like you have to adjust with the times. Like. I mean, this is the same guy who's still bitching about the fact that Kenny Omega wrestled a doll one time. Still bitching about the fact that he wrestled a kid one time. Like, Cornette's opinions are starting to have less and less weight for me because they all seem to come from the same circa 1980s Deep South wrestling frame of mind. Like, you gotta adjust with this shit and understand sometimes we just want to laugh. Sometimes we just want to have fun. And then I hear the same thing from some of the, like, and you've seen them, you've seen them before, the typical freaking anti-AEW marks where they're just like, yeah, just remember, you had to do that with two former WWE guys. And it's like, what the fuck do you think there were four former WWE guys? Because that place sucks now. Like, 
some people gotta get out of their own head and see the world for what it is and then things make so much sense but people want to be so much in their little bubble where everything they say is gospel then we get shit like this all the time yeah you could type your question writer let's see what's going on oh christ just don't 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 act up don't make me act up for me (laughs) the thing for me with AEW is that this week I actually on I watched it in a different from you would watch NXT because NXT is you're breaking up a bit there technical wrestling breaking up a little bit Rocky yeah yeah no no worries take your time um so I I was watching it uh, uh, this week uh, um a fan that would have watched it when I first got into wrestling a lot of people need to remember um how how they got into wrestling and a lot of them got into wrestling when they were kids and there must have been something fun and silly and interesting about it for us to want to go on and pursue it as adults so I think all too often we find ourselves um looking at things differently because we're grown up maybe we should view it in a grown-up kind of way but from what you guys have been talking to me about and what you've been teaching me it's actually nice to be able to get back into wrestling and remember what originally got me back into it and you have to have the fun and the silly element and I thoroughly enjoyed it I don't think I've laughed this much at a wrestling product for the longest time like and I think that I think we can all be a bit of a gym corner about the business sometimes, but at the same time, you need to remember that deep inside you somewhere, you're still a kid. Because otherwise, why the fuck would you watch it? Yeah, yeah. my whole thing with Cornette at this point, it seems like why we some of us just want to have fun. Like, we don't need to be so damn serious about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, and Mark, Taker using the lightning, that was just part of the gimmick back then. Like, that, mm-hmm. that, was, the, that was the whole bit. Like, you was... <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play this. Uh, there was more Matt Hardy stuff here. So I'm gonna Want give you guys another shot. Out. Once again, don't align yourself with the elite. Join the inner circle. Last week, I was simply repaying my debt. I don't think Chris, you understand what you are looking at. You may recognize my vessel. You may know my name. But there is a different entity, a different essence behind the wheel. I am Damascus, and Damascus is over 3,000 years old. And when it comes to creating chaos, violence, and brutality, I am practically nothing. All right, um, Damascus, uh, if you're 3,000 years old, that means you're very wise obviously. Uh, and listen, I know, I understand what you're doing here. I understand the reinvention. No one knows more about reinventing themselves than me, than Chris Jericho, right? But when I look at you and I see the, the amazing gothic cloak and the interesting hairstyle, like the red dash, by the way, that's really sassy. Um, point being is this, outside you look very different, but inside... You're still the same Matt Hardy that I've known for 25 years. I can say the same for you. Like the chameleon 
You have changed many times over the last two decades that I've known you. But inside, you are still an evil essence, rotten to the core. Truly a hole of the ass. Once again, <laughs> you're missing this, Matt, like you always have in your entire career. You're the same old Matt Hardy. Always a step behind, never quite on top, always living in the shadow. Living in the shadow of your younger brother. Living in the shadow of bad booking. And now you're living in the shadow of Le Champion. I am not in anyone's shadow. As a matter of fact, Mega of Pain, my broken brilliance is shining brighter than ever. Okay, great. Then apply that broken brilliance and that wisdom from being 3,000 years old and make the right choice. I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to ask you one last time. Are you inner circle or are you elite? World's going to find out we're trending number one. Delete! Oh! Not what I said. I said, are you inner circle or are you elite? Delete! Elite! Delete! Elite! Stop! Can't you see that there's nobody here? There's there's nobody here to chant your stupid catchphrase. You understand? You are wrong. There are essences everywhere in this venue. It is full of essences, and I know typically when you come to the ring, the AW audience that is here, they like to sing along with your theme song, Judas. Ironically, I knew the real Judas. He betrayed me as well, too. But I think all of these essences in the AW audience at home, they should sing a new song for you. It's a bit of a dirge. It goes like this. You and then a circle shall fade away and classify yourself as obsolete. Obsolete! You'll fade away and classify yourself as obsolete. Obsolete! Once again, Matt, nobody here. I banned all fans from AEW shows until I say so. There's nobody here. No, there are souls. There I love are how he takes credit for that. Everywhere here. Just because you yeah. can't see them, don't mean they're not here. I mean, for instance, look over there in 15C. There is one of our greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln. On the stand, <laughs> will not lie. Matt Hardy will not die. Over there, Martin Luther King. He still has a dream. Maximilian, they're <laughs> everywhere. Okay, listen. I don't see anybody in the crowd. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. Just because you don't have faith, because you don't believe, doesn't mean they're not there. Yes, take off your sunglasses. Because I want you to look ahead, and I want you to get a long, hard, wonderful look at the essence, the entity that is going to delete you and the inner circle. Okay, um, can't really see an entity in there. Uh, is he in there somewhere? I can't see anything, just the same old Matt Hardy. Uh, maybe I should smack it out of you. Clock that shit. You really are a wizard. You just took out Le Champion with one punch, but yes, uh, boy, you did. I got some magic powers too. Yeah, abracadabra. Matt Hardy gets his ass kicked. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm I'm enough. Enough. I think I'm sick enough.
But my, check him. Get my him. broadcast partners get have him. left their position. Get him down. Come on. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. You see what happens? Oh, you see what happens? Oh, oh, Cody with a chair. And Kenny Omega's got a chair. Oh. And they're both helping Matt Hardy out. Both have helped Matt Hardy. And Guevara goes down. Where is Lee? Chubby There he is. He's walking away. And coming to the aid of Matt Hardy. Members of the elite. Cody, the American Nightmare. Well, they're going to go back. And Matt Hardy standing up. Matt Hardy standing strong. Looking at Chris Jericho. Backing away are Jericho. And Guevara. I love how they sell the fire. Oh, where did that come from? <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> We're out of time. Look at this. That's such a dope way to go off the air. Right? Yeah, I, I dug that, man. I really Like, how do you that. bitch about that? Like, that was cool. I enjoyed it. I, I was entertained watching it here again with you guys. I don't know what people are yeah. talking about. And by the way, it's- no offense to any newcomers, but when uh, whenever anyone new comes into this chat room, uh, all guns and phasers are pointed to kill on you before mm-hmm. you even utter your first word out of your little cunt mouth. Those of you that deserve that, all guns are pointed at you. So it's more like you have to make sure the next thing you say doesn't doesn't make you get snapped like that, like that guy. That we we knew I had a feeling his question was going to be something that was going to be trollish. You know, he just made an ass of himself. The only thing I'm disappointed about me is that you beat me to it. You know why? Because my attitude is always in life, guilty until proven innocent. Whereas most people would have to bring up the menu and then they know snap you. With me, you're new in here. I have to bring down the menu because the menu's already on you. You're, you're one, you're one pinky motion away from not existing in this universe. And then when I see you're cool, I bring all that shit down. Other people would go, "Uh oh, you're a troublemaker." I have to go. No, you're already you're already classified. You have to declassify your five stars before you get to be a part of this heist. This shit is not a game. That trolley <laughs> shit y'all try in everybody else's chat room. That shit don't work around here. You I are didn't forgotten. See anything? Quick. That's how quick you fucking move. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, "Huh?" We are it's snipers fun. in this bitch, all right? Just like that. Okay. We don't miss around here. <laughs> We are inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) Shit is not a game, all right? Yeah. And I can speak from experience when I say that creating uh, alternate accounts is not as easy as it used to be, man. You got to go make that email address, which needs a phone number to verify, which then needs to make an account and tie. That whole thing's a long journey to get back here again. And we'll send you back out just as fast. (laughs) We'll try to break the record. It's fun for me. (laughs) That's to the excitement. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like game between. I was like, "Who can pull the trigger quicker?" Yeah, he got deleted anyway, so that's okay. Yeah, be gone, thought. Yeah, he got deleted. <laughs> delete the. Isn't it ironic? He gets deleted during a Matt Hardy thing. That's amazing. <laughs> I knew he was gonna too, man. <laughs> you know, what? I, I saw it coming, it. but I was like, you know what? Let me wait. As soon as he said, "I have a question," I went so. And then all of a sudden it took long for the rest. It was like, oh boy, this guy's about to get shot. <laughs> Aim for the temple. <laughs> Hold your breath and. 
Oh, man. It reminds me of that. It's that no hesitation. It's like that Rick Grimes scene. Remember he's standing there at the abandoned bar dudes over the other side of the table? And you could just see in Rick's face that he knows that this motherfucker is going to do something. <laughs> he talks <laughs> casually with him. And he talks. And talks spare. And have some formalities. And then he winds up shooting wow. him right in the fucking head. Before the guy got to do this shit, he knew he was going to do Boom. <laughs> and he was going to. It's one of my the favorite scenes. <laughs> the only other thing better was the only thing. It wasn't as fast. But it was um when Olivia got killed. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew somebody was going to die. Olivia didn't have time to react. Yeah, look at that. You were the S.A. Rios of tonight, my friend. <laughs> we shout you out. Your name is S.A. Rios. And I love that it's one button for them, their account, and everything that they've ever typed. You know what I mean? I don't have to, like, fucking worry about it. It's just like, bye. Void. It's the Thanos snap. I'm telling you, man. Just for the record, if anybody else heard the snap over the audio, that was the goal. Like, I just, nobody say shit. Just... <laughs> That's what I'm gonna start doing now. No matter when it happens, even if we're in the middle of a banter, just fuck it. Yeah, we we need the uh, we need the drop of like the person turning into the or like when they just <laughs> kind of like that guy. Who was he again? I forgot what we were talking about. We fucking know. I have no idea. That's weird. He was Something less important happened. than Ashley. I don't know. My girl. Something weird hey. happened there. So apparently, with this AEW segment, it's being reported according to Wrestling Observer Radio that Jericho hated it so much. That it needed to be reshot. So, uh, he said that they taped it on Tuesday and, and, uh, they were going to retape it on Wednesday. They didn't want to do it live. You can't do it live. They were going to do it live and outdoors. And then they realized that there was light out and you couldn't tape in the afternoon and they wound up putting in the show. So exactly. Mark, his name was written in the death note. There you go. <laughs> you know, we're fast fucking writers. <laughs> Did I put the, uh, the second? Jericho Hardy clip up there? I don't know if I did. If the bottle stopped I me. If I, I don't think so. There it goes. That was so much fun. It's such a great oh, day. Sorry. Aren't you glad we do this? I'm telling you, man. I, I, I just love like just making people cease to fucking exist. Like, just, no respawn, bitch. This is a respawn restricted. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I started talking about AEW, because I knew that you'd all have fucking eyes on him. So, so if I just start talking about this and <laughs> you are a natural and that's the reason I ran the video <laughs> so you could think we're all distracted instead of thinking about voiding him out. You see, we're all on the same page here. <laughs> this should be, you don't understand what, what you think. We're not watching motherfucker. We are big brother around this bitch. We are always watching and little brother yeah. and big sister. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so anyway. And all y'all out there is adopted. No kidding. So AEW. <laughs> AEW announced a TNT championship. Yep, they officially have their mid-card title. It's going to be called the TNT oh. championship. Talk about putting their brand on the thing, right? Hell yeah. Oh. It's going to be, um, what, an eight-man tournament for it, I believe? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're, let's see if we could get this up on the screen here. and You guys can decipher what we got going on. Oh, so they didn't, re- pff, they didn't tell us any fucking teams. Or anything. Yeah. Anything's going to happen. We don't know the ladder at all. Yeah, we don't know who's going to be in it. We just know it's happening. Yeah, but this is the official announcement of the TNT title for anyone that's on our social media. It's in the chat room. I ain't playing favors, but all I'm saying is if a Pentagon you go in there um, by himself, hand him that shit now. No, fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you guys got that to look forward to. Um, NXT. I'm going to go over NXT real quick with you guys. Which uh, I'm going to say from the start, thanks to the lighting, NXT at Full Sail is handled better. Yeah. It oh, just handled, a lot better. It is just handled better. They did a better job. This is the first week they actually tried. Last week was just Tom Phillips. That wasn't good. 
Uh, the first match to this was Austin Theory versus Tyler Breeze with the finish being Tyler Breeze going over with the beauty shot thanks to Austin Theory trying to take a selfie while having Breeze in a fireman's carry. It backfires and he winds up getting hit. Uh, this was a good match. Theory has very good punches. I like the way he looks offensively. Um, he must have pissed someone off backstage nonetheless because he's treated like shit in this company. And Tyler Breeze, who they don't really even value, just went over him. No thoughts to that? Uh, don't care? I mean, former Evolve champion, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Evolve exposure, man. Uh, Tahuti Miles versus Killian Dane with the finish being Dane uses Wade Barrett's wasteland into a Senton slash Vader bomb to go over. Not much more to say about that. Uh, Cameron Grimes against Tony Nice with the finish being Grimes going over with a roll up using the tights. Nice jobbing again. Yes. Aliyah was supposed to have a match versus Ali, but Lee was shown backstage with her knee taken out. She got Nancy Kerrigan. Well, it was uh, Zia Lee that got injured. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I thought I you said Leah. I was about to say what I it said, was. But <laughs> I said, but Lee, Lee was shown backstage. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so instead, her surprise, replacement, surprise. yeah, her replacement person, which that's that's fucked up, but I put Io Shirai, who goes out there, and she goes over Lee with the moonsault, obviously. There's no way they're going to job her off. So she has returned. Io Shirai has returned. Very good stuff here. There's the segment with Keith Lee apologizing to Donovan Dijak from last week when they had the confusion where uh, he thought that he was attacked and he wound up attacking. Uh, freaking Keith Lee winds up attacking Dijak, thinking that it was him that attacked him when it was Damian Priest. But Dijak's not interested in this apology. He's more focused on the task at hand. Damian Priest comes out talking junk with Dijak attacking Priest and then Lee shoving him out of the way to attack Priest himself with Dijak diving on both of them in a big dive spot. Uh, a lot of heat developed for the build up to this match. Uh, what else do we have? We had some guy named Brandon Vink. Doug? That, that was Doug. Doug. That's Doug. Yeah, that okay. was Doug. <laughs> Doug and Shane Thorne against uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. With the finish being uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch doing a cross face single leg crab double tap out, which means they don't give a shit about this. They, they used to be enhancement talent. They were two good hands, Lorcan and Birch. And look at them. They're beating basically that. That team's not going to work. We don't even know who that other guy is that's Vink. This is what happens when when the mighty kneel. Unfortunately, I feel really bad for Shane Thorne because he he got the short end of the stick here because yeah. that guy's really solid, you know, and his tag team partner, that TM61 thing they had going wasn't as good as when they were in the Indies. But nonetheless, it's better than you and just person B. Yeah, he was doing great as a singles guy. I don't know why they just threw him with freaking random Joe over here. Like, I don't think he was doing great. And I think when they bought into that team, they bought into that team. They want a fucking tag team. And unfortunately, the other guy left and left this guy twisting Shit. in the wind. He was so. doing better by himself than he was with this tag team. At least he was beating people back then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Candice LeRae goes up against Caden Carter with the finish being Candice tapping out Carter with the Gargano lock. What it looked like. Yeah, Gargano escaped for the win. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Riddle goes up against Roderick Strong with Riddle going over with the bro Derek. And then afterwards, uh, he's jumped by uh, two giant dudes. And uh, it's kind of funny because Tom Phillips, once again, the problem that this company has is shit like this. Tom Phillips, with his very robotic announcing, says that Riddle's being attacked by these two superstars. And I get that this entire thing is an act, but come on, kayfabe, dude. Like, you should not be saying by these two superstars. This should be more of a who are these guys? What's going on? Can we get someone out here? When you say these two superstars, you make it sound like it's something that's supposed to happen as opposed to selling it like something that should not happen. That makes you have to ask yourself, what would you prefer? Tony Schiavone selling Matt Hardy teleporting around or someone who does like this, who basically gives the whole gimmick away because he's calling them right. superstars. 
You know, that's like if Where's, Tony Schiavone would have been like, wow, those are great, crazy camera edits when it was going on. Where's the hay cornet? You know? <laughs> it's kind of like to me, that kind of shit gives away the business more than anything than somebody reacting to something and somebody not reacting to something. You know, like they're superstars. This is supposed to happen. You just basically told me that this is supposed to happen. You reminded me that they're superstars and not just two weird looking dudes who wound up coming to the ring and doing the fucking attack. That gets on my nerves. You know, they could have done they could have done a little bit better with that. But anyway, let's take a look at what the hell these two guys were. Absolutely incredible, Matt. Well, wait, wait, wait a second. What the? the what in the world? Who are these dudes? I'm beating the hell out of Matt Riddle. Oh, now Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle trying to fight back against these two huge superstars. Oh, God. See, like. Uh, I don't need you to say that. Just shut up. Why is this happening? That's a better response. And Matt Riddle demolished. Commentaries a lost art, man. You know it's bad when Byron Saxon is more confident. Oh, God. Malcolm Bivens, and of course, Matt Riddle, you already know that. While you're one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions, your partner... So that's how they introduced this team. He's uh, halfway across the world. So I figured, I figured that now, now was the perfect time to introduce you to the future of the NXT Tag Team Division. I don't see it. But 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 they're in WWE, Roxy. They're the future. Roxy's on the uh. My God. Don't don't you know this company has the greatest tag team division of all time? Like, I love the fact that they refer to them as superstars. No one like, knew who the fuck they were. They look homeless. I gonna I don't know the look yep. they were going for. Oh god. <laughs> Team name the struggle. <laughs> what a mess. Where have they come from? Does anyone Nobody know? Knows. I think they're I, I wanna say they're two guys from the performance center, but that's about the most I fucking know. I feel like I've seen them before, but I couldn't tell you where. Matt Riddle tweeted to uh Pete Dunn. <laughs> he said, I need you, Stallion Pete. This little bald dude named Malcolm Malcolm Vivens had two hairy dudes jump me yesterday after my stallion performance against Roderick Strong. <laughs> you can't not love that dude, I swear to God. He cracks me up. Stallion Pete. <laughs> two hairy dudes jump Yo, me. Yo, so <laughs> I feel like it's more likely that Roxy's heard of it. You've seen that little thing, Roxy, they do on um, social media now where like people dance for a second and swap clothes. Yeah. You know, you know, I forgot Pete and Matt did one. Oh, Lord. Creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's that... disturbing because Pete looks like he is having none of this moment. That Riddle's just obnoxiously funny. I got to admit that. He's funny and just yeah. the most obnoxious. But he actually put up a video with him and his daughter. I'm going to let you guys see this. How they're doing their social isolations and what they're doing in their spare time. Hi, Allison. 
Are you enjoying your time in the quarantine? As you should. You get to spend it with NXT Tag Team Champion Stallion Riddle. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What flavor of gum is that? Banana or is it a mix? Juicy fruit. The bro loves juicy fruit. Yes. Can you put it in my mouth for me? No rapper, please. No rapper, please. Oh, God. Thank you, little elephant. All right. Hey, everybody at home during this quarantine, be safe and enjoy. Later. Oh, God. Image of him. That's crazy. She's just as funny, too. Oh, God. (laughs) That is too much. Hate that guy. He's so fun. Yeah, I admit it. He is. That motherfucker motherfucker said, "Spent your day with NXT Tag Champion Stallion." Oh God, it's scary that he's that funny and then kicks a dog shit out of people like that. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Is a frightening fact right there. Like that man will make you laugh and fuck you up all the same minute period. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. After this, which, by the way, I want to point out that uh, thanks to the lighting, NXT at full set was handled much better. Better lighting, better sound. They're getting the hang of this empty arena. Like I said, you hardly notice it from NXT and AEW. You you notice it a little bit in SmackDown, which we'll get into, but not enough to hurt the show. And yeah, Raw still needs work. But I think at this point, it's psychological for a lot of you guys. You should be able to watch this and still enjoy the product, regardless of the fans. I know it's awkward, but... They're doing a good job with it, I'd say, like now, not not so much the way it was before. Like now, if you're watching this lackadaisically, it's more your own hangups because the thing is, it's as good as it was before, really, uh, as far as the booking, which wasn't good. So, you know, it's not worse, though. Triple H has a segment with Gargano and Champa, and he was and he he basically is playing Papa Triple H here. He's being the dad of the whole thing. He's like, there's going to be no physicality, you know, and, and Gargano sort of baiting time, but like, you know what I mean? Don't touch me, you know? And I like the Triple H. It was the voice of reason discussing how he said, Sean and I went through this, you know? And so I've been where you guys are and and this, this has to end. You know, that was one of the things that he was basically saying was that this is something that has to end. Um, and then he decides that in two weeks, he's going to find an empty building and put a ring in there and give them a ref. So up to that point, I guess NXT was good up to like that very fucking moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, look, Triple H, Hunter, Paul, let's not pretend we don't know about the global situation. Can we not act like it's hard to find an empty building? It's hard to find a full one. <laughs> Every match is going to be in an empty building with a ring. Just, just don't say that. You don't need to say that. Take that line out. Every fucking match is going to be that way. You're making it seem like you <laughs> went and found some fucking building. Tell me you're going to just put them in a room together. Like. Come on, man. <laughs> First you call those two hairy dude superstars, and now this? <laughs> Where's the cornet heat? I need the cornet heat, all right? And then this becomes very Morpheus follow the white rabbit, because in two weeks' time, he will send them a message with a location, and they will go there. And then... Just in case you're not fucking wigged out enough, some weird video package flashes across the screen with a strange face, and then the fucking show ends. It was literally like if for the last segment, somebody just took acid. 
<laughs> Fuck it. Let's just see what happens. Everything was nice and steady. So none of the problems I have with NXT had anything to do with whether there was a crowd there or not. It just, it fell off the rail. Everything was really interesting. And then the, the last few minutes was just like, wow, that was fucking odd. Yeah. Right. Having to go to the Cardi compound for this battle. <laughs> it's Jeff's, it was Jeff has some fucking ownership, doesn't he? Or no, it's just Matt's. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably a little of both. I don't even know anymore. No, it's probably all Matt's estate. But, but yeah, I but know. I do like that he referred back to he and Sean's view because that was one of the most smash mouth physical rivalries I'd seen in a long time. It was fine like until every, he... every match got worse than the last one. Yeah, it was fine until the stipulation became everyone's stipulation and then some twitchy graphic ended it. Yeah, like that. That, 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 whole, that shot you in the foot. That was weird, man. Because I know I've been hearing this is like the sign that because I know they they already made it clear that Killer Cross is coming. So that's what that was. That's that's what a lot of people are saying. It is that might be the sign of Killer Cross. What the hell? Just because like what Gargano? he's doing, he's just showing up whenever. Like what would that have to do with Gargano and Champa feuding? Unless Killer Cross came with a buddy. Like if he came to mess with them, the two of them will put their differences aside and kick the shit out of him, and then go back to killing each other. So was it him and someone? Yeah, fucking who knows. Who, who knows well, what the logic of this company is? They even thought that far ahead. They just decided to flash that and end the show. After the, now we're going to have an empty match. How exciting. There'll be no crowd there just for them, unlike all the other matches. <laughs> they don't <laughs> want it to be. I love back. how they also made it a point that they don't want it to be at WrestleMania and they don't want it to be a crowd. But it is. It's, it's like the whole thing. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Like, like, like we haven't heard that they're basically going to do the takeover matches and just like outside of fucking takeover. Like, right. So that being said, AEW once again goes over NXT. AEW brought in 932,000 viewers and uh actually AEW brought in 819,000 viewers last week they brought 932 and NXT brought in 669,000 so they dropped significantly and that's probably because oh. they opened with that one NXT where it was just Triple H and Tom Phillips and a whole bunch of recaps for two hours they lost people people didn't want recaps and that was a really good AEW episode. So for people who hadn't watched AEW that had to watch a rerun NXT, switch channels, got invested in those storylines, characters, and angles. And guess what? They came back the next week to find out what the fuck was going to happen next. So you see, that's what you do. That's how you steal fans over. That was a great opportunity. And those are the kind of opportunities that WWE is missing. They keep trying to create opportunities by blocking people from being able to do stuff. But you wait for an opening like that when someone's stupid enough during a fucking war between two shows to do a recap show back during the monday night war people were scared to do tape shows remember wcw used to use it against them yeah. the spoilers just to get the views back you have the balls to do a recap show how much have you softened wwe i'm telling you man this is i've said it before i'll say it again this ain't the same company that won the monday night war you forgot the <laughs> rules of battle that's one of the anyone who who knows anything about the monday night war knows that that's one of the basic rules right there you got to go head to head with your competition which literally means that every week you got to have something there and you put a fucking recap show with Triple H and Tom Phillip talking about storylines while they put on a full show. And a lot of people got won over by that. And, got <laughs> and Brody Lee and Matt Hardy showed up. Exactly. Brody like, Lee they, and they, Matt Hardy, characters they're familiar with. They got exposed to this new company. And now there's a dilemma because even if they're still fans of NXT, now they have to decide. They have to make a decision every week that was never there for them to make in the first place. Like, not only did... Like AEW, of course, put on a fantastic AEW. This is the equivalent of if your shields are all the way down and somebody hits you with their ultimate. Yeah, like they went for the kill shot at the worst time NXT could get aimed at. And to show that they remembered that you did that, the following week, now that you put on a fairly good NXT until the acid trip ending, 
you lost by almost 300,000 viewers. And that's because even though you had a show this week, everyone was there for that recap. So it's going to be rough now for them. Uh, like I said, it's getting worse and worse. It's getting worse and yeah. worse. Well, like yeah. I said, at this point, they lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the overall score, not just 2020, AEW has been running it, been running away with this. The end of the 2020 just made it worse. The end of the world couldn't help them. <laughs> so that leaves SmackDown. Actually, SmackDown and fuck. But anyway, SmackDown. <laughs> SmackDown's trying a little bit harder. Bailey and Sasha opened the show. They're really growing on me. I love the characters um, that they've become. You know, there's something cool about just the way that they are. I love the fact that they bring up that they're not going to be tricked into turning on each other and they see right through all of these antics and bullshit is what they basically are summarizing here. Lacey Evans pops up. Naomi is in such a rush to get out there for the title, she forgets to comb her hair. Bailey says that this isn't going to be one of those uh, nights where everyone's music hits and they want to say something cool. I thought it was funny that she breaks KFM. We're not going to have one night. And then that's exactly what happened because Tamina, what the fuck, was starting to look I, old. I, every time she comes back and her music plays, I don't know who it is. Starting to look old and out of shape. But she says, actions speak louder than words. And she headbutts Naomi, super kicks Lacey Evans. And then Sasha and Bailey decide they're going to pick the bones. And they stomp on Naomi in the corner. But then they kind of shrink away from Tamina when they look and they see her there. Like, hey, hey, no trouble here. Nice to see you again. Long time. We're good. Bye. And they kind of creep away like the creeps they are. That was a good opening for uh, SmackDown. You get Drew Gulak against Nakamura. With the finish being Gulak countering the Kinshasa into a German pin. What is that pin called he does where he practically breaks his own damn neck? Um, God, I've seen that pin before, but I'm not sure what it's called. But it's a really rare variation of a pin, though. Yeah. Elias sings a song, wrote a song about it, I'd like to hear it, here it goes. Sings a song to ah. Corbin. And he basically says that he stacked up on toilet paper in these times of stress. And he stamped his face <laughs> on every roll he confessed. And uh, he legit had, like, uh, rolls of toilet paper with Corbin's face on it, like a little Photoshop. And then he even had Corbin sitting on the throne. And in the meantime, during all the fun, Corbin decides to attack him from behind and he beats him. And then uh, he's like performing from, I don't know what we would call this thing that he's standing on. But uh, it's like a higher spot than above where the SmackDown Arena would be. Yeah. So he kind of beats like an him. an elevated platform. Really. Yeah, sort of like a platform that he beats up Elias and Elias is like clinging for dear life. And then he knocks him off of that. Uh, and he falls off and hits the ground and he's laying there. And... uh. Michael Cole starts talking in dead Owen voice, which uh, if anyone who's ever seen when there's a tragedy around or an, or heart attack king voice, like Michael Cole starts using that voice, like ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh you know, like, and they're doing that. And some, I realize now, oh shit, they're going to do the, uh, I guess for whatever reason, they're writing Elias out of this story. And I guess because this wasn't live, they filmed it in a way where it could legit look like Elias got knocked off of something and hit the ground. With the way that they were able to mess with the camera angles when clearly that's not what happened. But thanks to the magic of editing, it looks like he got thrown off. It was like a balcony. Yeah. And he falls. So that's how Elias is gone. For whatever reason, Elias is gone. He could be one of the people that's sick. We heard of, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but yeah, there were people sick. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss has a match against Oscar with Bliss beating Oscar clean via DDT. Um, while we have a crazy hyper color commentating Nikki Cross going absolutely fucking bananas out there to a distracting point almost michael cole's feathers were getting ruffled by this girl but it was all in good fun nonetheless i like that but this kind of made fun of oscar's dance so that was great mm-hmm. <laughs> triple h predicts roman reigns is going to go over goldberg in an interview that he does backstage 
Yeah. Mandy Rose tells Ziggler that she doesn't like Ziggler throwing their relationship in Otis's face and that she also doesn't like being fought over like some sort of a prize. Meantime, Otis tweets, maybe he's hard-headed. I don't know. Forget you're supposed to be the baby face. This is more like what Ziggler should have done. But he tweets, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I'm coming, my peach. <laughs> no, you gotta do it right. I'm coming, my peach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a Firefly Funhouse where now he's talking to puppets. Apparently the puppets can talk back. Ab- Abby talks back and they all basically talk back. He's, he's making John Cena milkshakes. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. He's drinking like, the, like John Cena milkshakes and acting weird and crying at the John Cena photo in the background of him of the old Bray Wyatt losing and just a bunch of emotions all over the place. Uh, what else happened in this? Yeah, the Usos had that match with New Day with Miz and Morrison on commentary with the match not even finishing because Miz and Morrison stomp out New Day and the Usos and the match gets thrown out. And, uh, then Michael Cole gets word and announces there's going to be a triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania. And then after the announcement, the New Day managed to get the upper hand and they wound up taking out Miz and Morrison to stand tall in the ring. This beautiful put together show. The 2.355 million viewers with a 0.7 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. They're definitely down from last week. Mm, I couldn't imagine why. No, no, no. Blasphemy. This is the mecca of sports entertainment. Get ready for that WrestleMania poll, guys. But first, Raw, which has AJ Styles' video package talking shit about Undertaker, which leads to Undertaker, and he's back to being the American badass because he uh he basically talks like the American badass. He brings up making people famous, and you know I'm glad they did this. But anyway, he he throws some shade because he talks about how Michelle McCool, his wife, does the faith breaker, and that that's why AJ Styles is salty because it's a better Styles clash than his, and she got it over. He actually uses that terminology, which I thought was savage as fuck. And uh, yeah, it was just a white hot mic drop here. Loved it, absolutely love it. That's I, that's one of my favorite. That's my favorite version of the Undertaker. I'm I'm not. I I all grew the other the other shit. You know, when I was a kid. So yeah. when I see him doing the 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 regular thing now, it's it's weird to me. You know, I, I popped when um when he said the phrase "making them famous" because I remember when I first started watching wrestling like that. That was his big thing was making people famous. Yeah, and for me, like I said, I felt like the character grew. As I grew, we were kind of like, yeah, we had the old dark side. Like, if you grew up with the dark side Undertaker, it was cool. Like, when he first showed up on the bike, and I was like, holy shit. Like, look how different this is. Like, it's crazy. Like, I remember that being, like, one of the craziest things in wrestling. Like, when you first saw him show up with a motorcycle, and he started fucking up everyone in DX, and, like, the moves were different, and he was different. Like, it was mind-blowing, and it felt like an evolution of the character. And it came during the Attitude Era, a time when people were, were, um forcing realism into the thing which uh, there's not really a spot for a dark side guy during that really so uh the character was done really well and i always felt like it was a regression when we went back we was like come on dude i've heard you say soup bones and seen your wife and your house and shit and i'm yeah. fucking supposed to expect except that you're gonna just now now you're the dark side guy again like it just bothered me for all these years and i'm glad we we got that out of our system and it's just back to my favorite version but the problem with this company is knowing them next year is going to be back to Spooky Dead Man. I wonder why specifically him, though. Like, I've never seen that shit with anyone else. That's like if the Godfather would so, have just been Papa Shango again for no reason. Like, wait, why? Just because that's what so, he did first? Or if, like, Kane would have just been the dentist? Like, why would you regress that shit? So here's the one thing I've heard from, like, some wrestlers who have talked about it. They were saying probably because he was the only one who could have pulled it off. Because, I mean, of course, we're going to have our opposite opinions of it because we grew out of it. But then when you look at this new generation of fans where he was still getting that same reaction, I think a lot of people just thought that he was the only one who probably could have done it. 
And just because he could doesn't mean he should. And that was that was yeah. another issue. That but that's I had. their problem. I, is they think just because they can, okay, that means do it. I've heard fans say that one of the reasons why they like it and their thesis as to why it was brought back was because of WrestleMania. Because of, you know, when, when WrestleMania, when an Undertaker match ends, for example, which at the time it literally almost became like a religious experience for Undertaker fans. Like once again, the streak goes on during that yeah. era. It was kind of like they felt it more appropriate that it ends with the, with the lights dimming and the, the flames and shit and him kneeling down and doing his thing. And then the, then the, 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 the scoreboard appears with the 28 and all, whatever the fuck the, the number will be. You know what I mean? And like they have that moment and they kind of felt that it would take away. Like it was just like, you done it now. And you like put one fist yeah. in the air or like, you heard fucking, you know, Fred Durst or whatever. I don't know. For me, I get it. Like they want that dramatic shit when he, when he continues the streak, but it just started to feel out of place. And in the promo, he was so much as good as the darkness promos are. He's so much of a better promo guy when he's not saying that kind of shit. And it proved itself again tonight. Yeah. And the, but the problem now is they need to see that. I'm sure they do. And he's, it's not like, it's not like this is a stupid guy either. He, he gets it, I think, more than anything. He has a say in his own creative. So I think he yeah, gets it. Like, can we really do. trust this company to it, get it though? I think so. I mean, they're not going to put the spin on it and try to humanize him and have AJ Styles call him by his real name, incorporate his wife into him, have him come out and do a promo like that. And then suddenly he's going to come out in a coffin. You know, like it's too, we're already too far beyond that. So I'm, I have faith in them with this. I mean, yeah, I know um, we'll know, we know for sure they'll do it. For mania, like no doubt. I just don't trust them after yeah. because see, they like to act like we forget shit. Yeah. We'll see. So Becky Lynch does a ringside promo where, uh, you know, it winds up showing her entire Charlotte Ronda mania match. And then afterwards, Becky continues her promo about how Shayna wants to take Ronda's mania spotlight and turn things around this time. And this basically leads to Shayna choking Charlotte from behind and swinging her into the side of the announce table, taking her out. Uh, Alistair, it, was, it was like an assassination. Yeah, something. good bump, very good bump. You know, <laughs> very, very good bump, very good sound. Whole cool, cool. That that stuff works itself out. Like the girl stuff seems to just work itself out, which is kind of how this whole thing should be. Uh, Alistair Black kills some jobber. Then we have Rollins, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory against Owens and the Street Profits, which finished being Owens going over with the stunner. And uh, the one thing that was notated about this match was this spot where Montez Ford is supposed to dive. On, I believe it's Austin Theory. Yeah. And, uh, Austin Theory sort of pulls a Miz and he doesn't really get any of the dive and you just hear this guy pancake on the outside. And Ooh, then. Uh, that was a horrible sound. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it stayed with me for like 10 minutes just thinking, man, that motherfucker pancaked out in that dive. And then just to add oh. the exclamation point to things, Hurricane Helms tweets. Oh no. I could, I laughed a lot. And he goes, Theory counted. Oh. <laughs> Theory countered that dive with some social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! That I shouldn't kept, laugh, but damn! That motherfucker put the six the six foot rule. It's like, first of all, you haven't won a single fucking match since that evolved pay per view that they don't even talk about anymore, and then you drop him. Social distancing, then motherfucker! You drop him? He's just following CDC guidelines. Holy fuck, the only thing that would have been better if you would have took the fucking pin in the mask. That's the first thing I thought when I saw him. I was like, well, I know he's taking the pin. Oh, man. And you notice they did not show that replay. Hell no. Oh, no. He pancaked out there. Yo, that fucking sound. I didn't know. I looked down 
and I thought somebody got shot. I was like, what happened? Who's not getting what I'm That's what happens when you don't catch somebody when they dive over that top rope, boy. When you don't I'm catch telling you, man, fucking Miz is forgiven because Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, ho- hopefully Montez Ford still remains the one that does all of the stuff. You know? At this point, fucking Dawkins might have to take the reins because holy shit, he hit hard. And like the way Montez does that dive, the worst thing you could ever do is not catch him. Yeah, we'll have to see. Because the whole back half of his body is going to hit all at the same time. We'll have to see later if he's injured. Anyway, we got a good Kevin Owens promo on Rollins. We got a good backstage edge promo on Orton. Asuka has a match against Caden Carter with a quick chokeout. I did love the outside segment of Charlotte kicking Rhea. Like, just the way her foot came onto the camera angle. Just like, here's my foot, bitch, and kicked her. She kicked her like that was her default X button attack. You know, just like, boop, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, I love the way that she did that. Charlotte, Charlotte did, is she, a bad bitch. Like, she's she, 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 the best girl on there, man. She did that like every fighting game you've ever played where the fucking guy's ultimate is something to come from off screen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, finally, we come back from commercial break with Brock Lesnar already in the ring. Maybe he doesn't like doing these intros. Uh, with no one there. Brock Lesnar's already in the ring. Paul Heyman's giving the cliche Paul Heyman promo, basically putting down McIntyre and how he's just going to be another guy after this Monday because uh, he's facing Brock Lesnar. And I think that's it. That's how we went off the air, right? Yeah, that was pretty yeah. much the, uh, the cap. Yeah, I did a lot of that from memory, so I was kind of stumbling there. <laughs> Let's be real. At this point, you can do raw from memory. Not much changes. Yeah, like, there's a good amount of no. it that's kind of like no. me. It's unbelievable. You expose the business, man. What you doing? I'm exposing the business. That's it. Better right, get well, that cornet heat now. We're going to talk about WrestleMania, and we're going to take the poll. Sorry this is long, but this is literally your WrestleMania go-home show. I know this doesn't feel like WrestleMania season, and it doesn't feel like a WrestleMania go-home show, but that's only because everything's fucked up. Nonetheless, it is still WrestleMania season, and we normally have a lengthy go-home show with a poll and a whole bunch of build-up to everything that we're going to be doing that week. We haven't even had the time to discuss it. But uh, going into it, I am going to discuss it. We're going to try our very best to have post-shows for both the Saturday and the Sunday Mania. Mainly because even if this was regular WrestleMania season, we would have had a post-show after Saturday's NXT, and we would have had a post-show after Sunday's WrestleMania anyway. So we're probably going to do a night one and two post show, depending. Don't write it in stone because I haven't had time to even think about it. Look at the calendar. Talk to Roxy. Talk to Destin or Squires or literally anyone else that we're involved with because everything's been so chaotic. But if we're going by our past uh, five years here, then, yeah, you guys know we normally do a bunch of stuff on Mania Weekend. We usually do extra content. There's usually a third show because we do somewhat of a, of a light post show about the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, there's usually all kinds of stuff. I have, again, that doesn't mean there's not going to be all kinds of stuff going into this next weekend. It just means it's not going to be as planned and as organized as it usually is. Where like right now we'd be playing like the, the WrestleMania music in the background as we run down the card of all the things that we're going to be hosting and doing. Not this fucking week. You're just going to have to take it by ear. <laughs> take it. Now going into WrestleMania, uh, from what we're seeing, it's going to be 7 p.m. each night. First night ends at 10.15 p.m. At least that's what the time slot says. The second night ends at 10 p.m. exactly. Uh, they're going to have mm. a one-hour kickoff. So it's actually 6 p.m. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be both nights, but we know it's a one-hour kickoff. So I would recommend both nights, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. A little bit shorter. The combined thing is still long. It's eight hours, but it's two nights of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
there was confusion in regards to the cable companies and how much they're supposed to be charging for this thing. Uh, at some point they had both nights for $59. Then there was one that had it for $9.99. Then it was $59. According to F4W online, they're saying that the prices were officially changed. Verizon putting it at $29.99 a night. DirecTV putting it at $34.95 a night. And Comcast putting it at $34.95 a night also. So there you go. Those are the official prices if you are buying the pay-per-view. Uh, That's expensive. You think so? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're used to playing for the network at this point. Mm-hmm. They they released yeah, uh, that's right. yeah they released WrestleMania t-shirts officially to buy. I mean, you know, they're gonna just have to buy them on the shop. We don't have the uh, the luxury of the way that it used to be. I'm gonna show you some of these t-shirts on the screen just so that you could see. Oh, you know, there is the uh, that is the Becky Lynch Shayna Baszler t-shirt that you got there. Mm. I'm gonna turn off the chat from displaying on there just so you guys could get a good look at it. That's okay. It's not a bad design. No one seems to care here, so we're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. What else do we got here? You got the Brock Lesnar Drew McIntyre t-shirt. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Pretty cool. I like it. No, That's Hmm. nice. Good design there. Fancy. You got the John Cena Bray Wyatt t-shirt. The fuck is happening here? You stupid. <laughs> oh, I see what she did there. <laughs> Corny ass. I, I'm not quite sure what's happening here. Is this, uh, I guess it's a cartoon shirt? Something like that. Fun, fun, that that would be kind of fitting. Show. Yeah. Uh, and instead of I was there, like WrestleMania shirt's supposed to say, it says I was home. They cross out there. That's sort of the, the what we're going with here. I don't think mm-hmm. this is going to go over as well as get the F out, you know? No, not at all. Next, we got the Charlotte Rhea Ripley shirt. This is my brutal. Woo. Hmm. <laughs> no. Doesn't sound like Rox is impressed here. I like, I, it has a level of intensity to it, so I kind of like it. It has a little bit of both of them, as you can see. Like. It just doesn't look like Charlotte. <laughs> when do they ever show anything on Charlotte and look like Charlotte? I know, this is true. It looks like them to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it looks like Ripley. But maybe it's just the way that the t-shirt is. I don't know. You could feel a little bit more of Rhea's edge on it, I guess you could say. Yeah. And we got Edge and Orton. Oh, no, that's nice. This one's nice. I like that. And he has a tail and tape on the back. Oh, that's what that Mm -hmm. is in the back? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's dope. That is cool. Yeah, very cool. And last... But not least, we have Undertaker, AJ Styles. Mm. No. It's not mm. the best, is it? I yeah. expect something a bit more. It's it's a little lazy. I see what they did there with AJ getting buried. Yeah. His two hands sticking out of the ground doing his AJ Styles symbol and then the Undertaker thing above it. I do feel like there could have been more here. The back doesn't have anything either. Like they could have done something with the back. Uh, and I think for yeah. the Undertaker and AJ Styles, it's kind of weird that it doesn't use either of their color schemes. You you don't really see either of them in red very often. I know AJ has some default red outfits, but he's been leaned more towards blue for the last few years. So it's weird to have like, like there's almost nothing in here of either one of them aside from. Well, the I mean, with the, with the OC being, he's been more sticking more with red. I guess that's true. Fact, like in the current AJ, the fact that they seem to be um, leaning more towards the American badass taker isn't very well portrayed. On that, you'd think you'd be getting regular Undertaker because, like, the tombstone thing. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, which is weird why they chose a boneyard match. And he AJ said that one of the reasons it's being called that is because given the circumstance of the world, they don't want to say stuff like graveyard or coffin. I guess they're trying it. It's like a, it's it's a fucking buzzword, you know. So it's a boneyard. Uh, which boneyards are the same shit is what they're trying just, to tell just, you. Just, just call it buried alive and move on. Don't they worry don't about the about Brit, but they don't want to say things like that. So I, you know, it's stupid, but I get the logic of it. So it's the boneyard match is what you're thinking. It's a match in a fucking graveyard. Have you ever heard of a boneyard? Unless they're going to a different planet, so it must be what I thought it was. It's just weird. I get it. I get it. But anyway, those are the shirts. Just to try to bring a little WrestleMania season your way, we're checking out just the different things that are happening here. Now we got to talk about some of the problems. Oh, the problems. The problems. Yeah. So I never thought this would be a problem, but it's funny how times have changed. But the bad news is Roman Reigns is not going to be at WrestleMania. Yeah. (laughs) This is like an alternate reality that I've woken up into somehow. But anyway, this is Roman Reigns here. Hold that thought, Roxy. Okay. (laughs) What's happening? We're still in this thing. Just not getting out some cardio outside, getting some fresh air. Got nothing but time to think about the past, about what's going on right now, and then especially what what's about to go down in the future, all the things that I want to do, the way I want to act, the way I want to be treated, all that. Just a lot of time. I was listening to my boy uh, Flex Lewis's stories a couple minutes ago, and he was talking about, it was cool because it was super positive, and he was talking about, how he's noticed a difference in how people are a little nicer, people acting kind. And this is all, you know, within, within the social distance of six feet, um, within, you know, in real life. And we got to remember, I'm on it right now, holding it, holding the device right now on the phone. It's not just about person to person. We have a bigger responsibility now through the connectivity of our phones and devices that it's not about just being nice, you know, to the people in front of your face. We got that responsibility to treat each other, you know, others across the world. So I know it's cool to hate. Negativity's easy and hell, sometimes it gets a pop. But a lot of y'all are not good at it. So let's be honest. You have no continuity to it. You just hate on everything. You didn't even take a stance. But I just think it's important to keep that in mind because we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on with the next person. A lot of stuff could be in their head, having a bad day, and you could be the straw to break some of that, that camel's back. So I just think it's important that we um, we take this time to work on each other and just how to be kind to each other, man. It's nice to be nice, man. It's, it's good to be positive. Enthusiasm is the force that creates momentum. And I think especially right now, that's exactly what we need is momentum to go forward, the courage to go forward, to better ourselves. So... I just think with all this downtime, just be better, man. Um, take the time to think about how you want to be treated, how you would like a stranger to talk to you. For instance, for me, you already know what's going on. It's all over the, the news, the dirt sheets, whatever you want to call them, uh, that I pulled out of WrestleMania. And it's funny because, like, for years now, man, years, people are like, don't show up to WrestleMania. We don't want you in it. You know what I mean? There's a... There's like a, a nice handful of dudes and, and haters that didn't want me there. But the moment I make a choice for me and my family, 
I'm a coward. I'm a sissy. A lot of, you know what I mean? A lot of different things that I am now. Um, but you don't know the whole story. All you know is what you think. Oh, well, his health and this and that. But you don't know what else is going on in my life. You don't know if I have newborns. You don't, you don't know if I have family in my household, older family. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like the old saying, man. Go and flip that cover open and read a few pages. Get into a few chapters before you really start running your mouth. Um, and just take this time to better yourself. Be present and make the most out of this. Because if we can't grow in a time like this, I don't think we have a chance, man. This is the this is the most downtime I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I just challenge everybody, and, I, and I'm I'm taking the steps right there with you. Uh, I'm not perfect. I'm a hater too sometimes, you know what I mean? But I, I try to always put it in perspective of why I want something or why I might be jealous of something. And then I put it in my grind. I put it to work. I figure out how I can get whatever I need or I want. And I put it to work. And I don't focus on others uh, hating on me. And I don't put focus on driving negativity to anybody else. So, man... If we can, let's not just do it in the real world. Let's do it on here. And it's easy, man. It just, all it takes is starting right now. So just be kind to others, man. Let's try to better each other. And hopefully we're going to come out with so many better habits, but it can't just be about cleanliness. We got to be clean inside too. So let's clean up this outside. Let's clean up our hygiene habits. But let's also clean up the inside and make each other better, man. We all got to be accountable towards each other. There's, there's people across the world that I have no, you know what I mean? And what I do affects them. Um, so take some pride in that. Love each other, respect each other. And hopefully we're going to come out way better, man. Um, for all my fans, you know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. Uh, he's like Stevie Wonder giving a fucking acceptance speech. Year. <laughs> and, uh, I know. Put on a show and entertain. But sometimes things are more important. And I had to make a choice for me and my family. But no matter what, you already know the deal, man. I showed I made the town, you know what I mean? I made it to Orlando, and I had to make a decision for me. Um, but it doesn't take anything away from what I've done and what I'm going to do. I still love this game. I still love pro wrestling, sports entertainment. I love being in the ring. It's a little weird being in the ring with nobody watching, <laughs> nobody in the arena. But, man, I'm ready to get back to work, and I'm just taking these times. This little bit of time we have. Wrap it up, bro. Roll it up the outside and come as close as possible to perfecting the inside, man. So, everybody, I love y'all. Thank you for the support. Hopefully, we can just continue to get better, man. Until then, stay safe and don't touch your face. Yes, sir. I was about to get the box rolling. Yeah, he. he I felt uh, like I needed an outbreak. He, he fucking uh, had a promo there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jeez. Better promo than when he's in right mania. Yeah, but then again, mm. nobody wrote. Nobody then again, nobody wrote that. So yeah, well, Roman is out, as you guys have heard from the horse's mouth. Yeah, like other K players, like a lot of fans. That, that just proves some fans just need something to bitch about. Because it's like, hey, you want him not at mania? He's not at mania. What's the problem? Yeah, well, this year they wanted him at mania, so that's what the biggest problem is. Uh, <sighs> Triple H kind of chimed in on it as well. 
uh, he was on ESPN and he confirmed it too. They haven't brought it up. It's funny how they're still kayfabing it on television, but this is like all but done. Like Roman is out. Along the line of precautions they're taking here, the match between Goldberg and Roman Reigns had to be altered. How come? Well, so, you know, there are various talent and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics of WrestleMania because that's a, that's a a must watch and see, uh, event. But, you know, we, we don't like to take precautions with our talent any more so than they need to. And, and all of our talent are in this in a voluntary capacity. So, um, right out the get go, if they don't want to be a part of this, if they feel there's a risk for whatever reason, um, be it themselves or somebody around them, um, they don't have to be here and there will be, you know, the, nothing is, is held against them for that. So, um, the same with our crew and, and everybody else. Um, but we don't want to take chances on that. And, and, you know, with Roman having a pre, uh, pre existing condition mm-hmm. that would make him more susceptible to some, to something, um, it's understandable. So, you know, we, we've had very few talent that have, uh, um. have had issues or chosen to not be here, but, but we're, where we're at. And I can tell you that, um, you know, for us, it's been an amazing, at least for me, amazing process to be able to go to these events. Everybody's under immense pressure. Obviously, there's a ton of work going into these and trying to do them. Even the t- Anyway, you get the point. It's confirmed that Roman is off. It's not just a rumor, guys. So he's off of the thing. And apparently, uh, the reason why this is happening is because... According to Mouser, it had to do with the Miz being sick and the Usos being upset about that. So, uh, oh, yeah, they kind of felt that, uh, the Miz being sick is sort of what triggered all of this. And it has to do, from what I've seen here, um, the fact that the Miz was being criticized and a few other people were being criticized for not following social distancing. And that's how the whole thing started because they put up a picture. I'm going to put it up here for you guys now so that you can see the affected people. As you can see, it's the Miz, Zack Ryder, and John Morrison. They're all like in a hot tub or a jacuzzi or something together with beers. Hmm. So uh at the time, and this came up last week, and I didn't bring it up just because it seemed like it was harmless. But since this picture was taken, the Miz wasn't feeling well. So that's apparently what happened. And that's why there's such a problem because it started with these guys and obviously through these guys it can spread to other people that's the reason apparently why the Usos probably got upset because that means that it could spread to Roman as well and uh you know he was near he was near Chelsea Green also and Buddy Murphy also was sick so and this photo was from that week a lot of people getting sick so this is the reason why certain things are being done the way that they are so I don't know what's going to happen with that match. Melsa's saying that he thinks maybe they're going to do some sort of a three-way. They're not sure if it's going to be for the tag titles of SmackDown anymore or what's going to happen. No one really knows how that's going to go. What we do know so, is... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, so far when it comes to that match, I heard no change. Yeah. We do know that Goldberg's opponent was changed to Braun Strowman, and that match has already been taped. So... What's jarring, though, is that we, we just went over SmackDown and, and there was no indication in there that that match had changed. It went off the air with the card intact, which means that the go-home show to SmackDown is going to have to uh, fix all of this. Yeah, 
That's when I've heard it's apparently supposed to be fixed, uh, which I'm like, why so fucking last minute? Like, It'll be interesting to see what they do in that final show. But yeah, we're also hearing Asuka and Cesaro. Since it's already taped, we can confirm that Asuka and Cesaro didn't show up at WrestleMania. We don't know why. But those are two people. Oh. Keep in mind, we're watching shit in the past now because we're watching a Raw that was taped last week. We're watching shows. Mania's already in the can. But we do know that from the point that you saw Asuka tonight, going up to WrestleMania, which would be this next Sunday, she's not on the card. Uh, we know Cesaro's not on the card. They weren't booked to be on anything. So I guess that's the end of that. Um, so we're not really sure in regards to what's happening with them. Murphy, like we said before, he wasn't feeling well. He's no longer on the on the card at all. Andrade is actually injured. I'm going to look into his injury in a minute. Yeah, it's actually um, an issue with his rib, I believe. Right, right. Yeah, so it's not like a sick thing. Like He's legit hurt. Yeah, Rey Mysterio uh, is sick at home, and he quarantined himself. And as you guys know, we mentioned it last week, Dana Brooke was sick, uh, and they checked her when she showed up. Some people were feeling fine, but when they checked them, they had fevers. She was one of the people that was checked and asked to go into self-quarantine. So that's the reason why she's not there. So those are things that have changed. Uh, they're also obviously not going to be able to have the annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because of the limit to the amount of people. You can only, you're only legally allowed to have gatherings of 10 and under. Once you go over that amount, uh, you're breaking the law at this point in certain places. And that, to make matters worse, uh, on top of having that, uh, they're not going to be able to have the women's battle royal version of it either. And since the final taping that they did, there was a stay at home order mandated for the performance center. So luckily they were able to squeeze all of that in. And that might be why they did this. Maybe they realized that there was going to be a, basically a stay at home order and that who knows when it was going to be lifted. So let's get as much content as we can out there while we can, because what if this is something, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but from their thoughts, what if this is something that goes on for four or five months? Let's try to get as much shit as we can out the door. Because had they not done that, effective six days ago, there was a stay-at-home order for out there. There was a stay-at-home order Thursday night. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings basically said that. And that's with only 50 confirmed cases. I'm in a place, by the way, that has like 50,000, probably gone up by now. So Orange County with 50,000, uh, would fit with 50, I'm sorry, basically decided that it spread too far. And there's a stay-at-home order. So they can't create any more content. They're scheduled to do tapings after Mania, assuming that that stay-at-home order is not extended. If it is, they're going to run out of content. Because they did Mania, and they did the Raw and SmackDown after Mania. And then after that, they'd need a place to do something. Which right now, the Performance Center is not an option. Anyway, just trying to help you guys make sense of everything that's happening going into this week. Yeah, a lot of chaos. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, right? So, so fantastic. I'm so happy. Um, yeah, like you said, Andrade's injury. That's why they had the whole Austin Theory thing. Um, just a few little side notes here. Impact. Remember they were doing that TNA special? Um, yeah. The one night only is going to be old school TNA. It is happening March 31st at 10 p.m. Still going to have Scott Steiner, Hernandez, Kid Cash, Chase Stevens, and a bunch of other people. Apparently, it's going to be uh, for free, I guess. It's going to be on iPay-Per-View, or it's going to be an Access TV special. One of the two, you're going to have to look into it. But the point is they're giving it away, but it's still going to have you. still going to get your old school TNA, and, and that's uh, that's today at 10 p.m. 
tonight. Yep. So there, you know, wanted to make sure we got that there. According to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, Impact has some stuff on tape from Las Vegas, but now that their April shows are canceled, including the Rebellion pay-per-view, they're going to have to figure out ways to make the content stretch out. So everyone's in a tight spot as far as content goes. UK TakeOver Dublin has been officially postponed. Um, it was going to be, it was going to be April 26th, now it's October 25th. All of the tickets, uh, are valid for the new date. So that's just other news in, in regards to stuff that you guys would need to know before we talk again. All the other stuff can wait until like another point. The only other thing really left is to do the damn poll. Yep. Which God knows if this poll even looked the same. By the time we get to Mania. Again, I'll I'll try my best to update changes. You can reach out to me on social media. I know certain things aren't going to look right. Final Flash! Jesus Christ. Thanks for the sparks there, George. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be hard to say what's going to happen. Yeah, it is. And I know but it's I mean, no, I'm, I'm usually guys, pretty good but, at keeping uh, you updated, so. Yeah. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. I mean... Why would I vote Lashley? Of course, I'm going Alistair Black. Yeah, I would go with Black as well. Is this match still on? Uh, I haven't heard anything about it being canceled. Okay, so we're good there. We got the link in the chat room yet? Did I give you guys the link? No? Let me just oh, drop the link. Got the link. <laughs> Here's the link for you guys. It'll be up on social media at the top of talkbrunch.com for those listening to this on iTunes. That being said, I'm going with Alistair Black as well. I'm going to make this quick because we want to wrap up here, guys. Um, Elias versus King Corbin. Elias King Corbin, I am going... Oh, I mean, it kind of wouldn't make sense for Corbin to win. Like, I guess keep some momentum going with him. You think so? Yeah, because, I mean, fucking Gronk made this match. Like, what? <laughs> I'm not giving this shit to Elias just because his fucking football buddy gave to him. Like, I can't even do that. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, I want it to be King Corbin. Just makes sense. Yeah. I can't stand that Gronk shit. Anyway. And pointless. Raw Tag Team Championship with the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel Garza. Oh, yeah, Street Profits. <laughs> Street Especially Profits. since Andrade's out and fucking NXT cannon fodder Austin Theory's in. And that makes you wonder, what are they going to... Like, yeah, I guess they're not going to have, like, two randoms win the titles there, right? It wouldn't really make sense. I know. Especially yeah, with Austin it's... Theory's track record so far since he's come from Evolve. Like, no, there's no way they, there's no way they're, they're, uh, Street Profits are losing this match. Yeah. I'm with you right there. What about you, Roxy? Where the hell's Roxy in this? Did we lose Roxy? Huh, we might have lost Roxy. Hello. There you are. Ooh, there you go. Oh, hang on. Sorry. I apologize. The um, audio cut out on my end, so I was just checking to see whether it was Skype or whether oh, it was Jesus. you guys, because I couldn't hear you at all. Okay. Sorry. All right. Oh, there you go. So we're up to My Raw bad. Tag Team Championship, which are... Yeah. No, SmackDown is tag titles now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're doing doing SmackDown Triple Threat Ladder Match, which I guess this is canceled, but it was supposed to be the Miz and Morrison defending against the Usos and New Day. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, do we just, what, like, do they announce something with SmackDown? Like, hey, tag titles are off them. We're just doing Usos and New Day? Like, I heard that they were going to do, like like Melsa said, there's a possibility it'll be a triple threat. I guess one partner from each team, but whether or not the titles will still be on the line is questionable. So again, that one's hard to determine. If this match mm-hmm. changes, we'll we'll reboot it, and these will be on the top of the poll after they announce the new ones. But if I was going to yeah. choose, um, I'd probably go with the Usos. Yeah, it's been a minute since they've had those tag titles. You don't want to always have a uh, New Day have what I call the Nakamura effect, where they constantly get it back from everybody. 
Yeah. And I mean, exactly. Miz and Morrison, let's be real. Nobody's giving a shit about them in 2020. Like, <laughs> next we got the IC championship with Sami Zayn defending against Daniel Bryan. So this one, I kind of have a hard time with because it would be cool to see Daniel win because his career actually wound up ending originally when he was IC champion. Right. But Sammy just got it. <laughs> I think Sammy would retain here. Yeah, I think just for the sake of it being his first title defense, I'd have Sammy retain. Makes the most I sense, right? DQ, no contest, I did. Yeah. That's what I did. Oh, really? That's, <laughs> that's something. There'll be some fuckery. There'll be some tomfoolery. There'll be some shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Shenanigans. You know, I think I'm going to join Roxy on that one because we got Nakamura and Cesaro, or maybe we don't have Cesaro, but we have Nakamura in the equation here. Yeah. Yeah. No contest. Um, Yeah, I can see them running it back. Yeah. Next, we got uh, good old Seth Rollins facing Kevin Owens. I feel like they're building this up kind of like uh, they built it up when Big Show won the IC title. Like, KO gets his mania moment. Yeah. Because, I mean, Rollins has. I think about it. I don't think Rollins has ever lost at WrestleMania. No. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Rollins has a perfect record. This will be the end of that streak if it happens. Yeah, I'm going with you guys on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, we got good old Ray Ripley going up against Charlotte Flair. I I went for Ripley. Yeah, I think this caps off probably the best year Rhea Ripley's had in her career with a win over Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She's the first NXT champion that's ever defended the championship on red at, on this stage. And with the year she's had, whether it been captaining NXT's women's team, winning war games, finally slaying uh, Shayna Baszler, you want to cap off a huge year for this girl, you have her go over Charlotte. I agree with you there. Yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Um, but it is Charlotte. Yeah. Char- Charlotte, Charlotte's one of those competitors, like the big guns come out when WrestleMania shows up. This is the girl who killed Oscar's streak at WrestleMania. It's a way to prove that anything can happen. I mean, would Charlotte actually have an NXT title run? Yeah. It's like George said, she's not going to NXT. This is just yeah. a, no. an attraction match. They, they, they um, would, they, they wouldn't dare put her down in NXT. No, they really they, they 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 need her on the main roster a lot more than NXT does. For sure. All right, so next we have uh the SmackDown Women's Fatal Five Way Elimination Chamber match, which is uh Bailey defending against Sasha, defending against Tamina, Naomi, and Lacey Evans. I'm not sure where to go with this one. Um could this be the sabotage, the backstabbing, the Sasha finally gets a legitimate title run? Like, is this what this is this when it happens? I went for Sasha Banks. Yeah. And I mean oh, Bailey no. Bailey got the record now. Bailey's the longest reigning SmackDown women's champion. At this point, she could lose it at any time. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I'm gonna go by what I would do and hope that that's what they're gonna do. It's a limit so it's elimination. You got a fatal five way elimination chamber match here. I don't need either person to turn on one another. What I would rather have is there be some sort of miscommunication between the two of them that causes Bailey to get pinned by that's true. Naomi or Lacey Evans, probably Lacey Evans, because what that's going to do since this elimination is Bailey's now out and it makes a really cool match because those have always been some of my favorite elimination matches going back in history is when it's a pay-per-view mm-hmm. for the title. 
and the champion gets pinned early because now you don't know who the fuck the champion is going to be leaving that match. Yeah, you know what I mean. That happened. Like, it, um, like now, it's a, no matter what, you now know this is leaving. This is leaving with somebody else. And now, that, yeah, go ahead. I think there was an elimination chamber where that happened, where Edge and uh, Jeff Hardy started the match, and Edge was out before the for a pod even opened. Yeah, so that's cool because then you can have Sasha win without fucking over Bailey. And uh, mm-hmm. what makes it interesting will now be if you play your cards right with that. A couple things you could do is you could have Bailey uh help Sasha win, even though she's eliminated from the match. Doesn't mean she's eliminated from ringside. Have her win. And then you have an interesting storyline going into the season after WrestleMania because now the roles are sort of reversed. You got the two best friends and the opposite girl has the title. So you play one of two ways or both ways. Is Bailey cool with it the whole time? Or is she always eyeing the title during Sasha's promos? Does it start off with her being cool, but she's kind of asking when she can get that title shot rematch back? They could tease it. They could not do it. They could do it. They could build the feud. But now it's time to build. You know, rather than everything going off like a fucking nuclear explosion like they love to do, where all at the pay-per-view, everything happens. You know, Bailey gets eliminated, but it's thanks to Sasha turning on her. They already have heat. You know, like, don't do it all at once. Just have it be that she gets unfortunately eliminated. Now, look, your best friend has it. You got to be happy for her, though, right? Right? More than you're salty about losing. And carry that for a while. Carry it into SummerSlam. You know, that's what I'd like to see. And the only reason I have more to say about this than I than I do... Most of the other stuff, because quite frankly, for the last couple of years in Raw, there's just more shit put into the women's stuff than there is the guy stuff. All the women's <laughs> yeah. stuff, whether it's on Raw or SmackDown, it's the way the guy stuff used to be, where there's more elaborate details and more moving parts, where the guy shit is just you and you, fuck each other up. But here, I'm seeing what's a traditional wrestling storyline, and there's a lot of good ways that they could go with it. You know? So, oh, yeah, for sure. All right. But, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Sasha. Yeah, I think when you put it that way, Sasha winning makes the most sense. Yeah, it would be because it kick it kickstarts everything. So, I guess see what happens. But yeah, I actually trying to find things I'd almost forgotten it was an elimination match because like yeah, that turns a lot of things around mm-hmm. and it leaves a little bit of that extra room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next we got Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch having a match against Shayna Baszler, the Biter. Yeah, we're all women's champions. Ooh. <laughs> First of all, early congratulations to Becky for God's sake, champion for a year. I know. Holy crap. <laughs> that girl has ran this place for a year. That being said, this is the most dominant NXT women's champion we'd ever had after Asuka. And, but, but Becky's beaten Asuka, so she's been able to beat some of the best from NXT. The problem is, Shayna Baszler breaks you down from the inside. We've seen her wreck girls before. I mean, for God's sake, she, she eliminated the entire field in the chamber. I think it's going to come down to what one thing. If Becky ma- makes one mistake, Shayna will catch her and capitalize. We've right. seen it happen. We've seen people... Maybe do a dive, something of that nature, and Shane just catches them, and then boom, it's a wrap. Roxy, what do you think they're going to do here? Do you know, I, I was really torn between this one, between what I want and what I think. I mean, it does, it, oh, it's so hard because for me, it kind it doesn't make sense for them to take the title away from Becky, but at the same time, it makes sense to put the title on. Baszler. I mean, I, I've gone with Baszler for this one. I can't see 
all of this hype and little reward. I, I mean, I'm 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 just gonna say I'm gonna say Shayna Baszler. It's, I can't I can't see her coming away from this empty-handed. Yeah, at this point, I feel like it's got to be Shayna. Yes, is there a possibility there might be a DQ or a no contest? Could we see the crowning return of Ronda Rousey to fuck it all up? There's there's a possibility of that, but mm. uh, I think Becky's retaining here. You reckon? I mean, what did Shayna do to become champion of like the, to become the champion? Bite Becky's neck? Like she just got here. She's barely I mean, debuted. She just literally fucking got here. She was NXT champion I mean, like half an hour ago, and just because yeah, she has after a ripping through there, all of NXT. Yeah, but just because she has so who hasn't ripped through all of NXT? Who gets called? Up? That's literally that's literally <laughs> the criteria of coming up here. Aside from Becky, is someone who rips through all of NXT. That doesn't mean fuck all here. So I mean, I don't think that there's enough under her raw credentials to just suddenly be beating Becky Lynch and having a title run here. You know. Maybe Ronda will show up. Maybe she'll factor into it. Maybe she'll turn on fucking Shayna if she's even factored into it. But I don't think so. Sasha's, I mean, not uh, Sasha. Ronda's doing social distancing. So that might not even be in the cards. I think this is just another obstacle for Becky and that's all. And congratulations to Shayna Baszler on being now part of the main roster for like your first fucking weekend. Looking forward to seeing what you do after like a year or two of, 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 of doing other stuff. I mean, I just know that girl cut through five girls in two and a half minutes. Becky's in trouble for this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, I don't give a shit how long she's been on the main. Oh roster. yeah, yeah. Becky's, Becky's in trouble. Becky's definitely in, in serious trouble if Triple H Be- was booking Becky this. Becky fucked up one time. That's a wrap. Yeah, like I said, that'd be a wrap if Triple H was booking this. You know, but uh, here in the land of the giants, no, I, I don't see. And this. I mean, then Becky's been champion for a year. What happens after this? Like who is? Because she's beating everybody else. Is she just champion also, forever? Then maybe the feud continues. Who knows? She might be stale and old to you guys, but at the end of the day, Shayna just got. Oh, I mean, she's not st- she's not stale. Believe me, I'm just no, saying. No, talking like, talking to George and Tom, but yeah, she you know Shayna hasn't paid her dues yet. Just because she was a badass somewhere, all she did here was bite a fucking neck. <laughs> That's more than everybody and else. You've also got to factor in the fact that she's just transitioned over from NXT, so it's kind of unlikely that they'll give that to an NXT, a former NXT champion, so soon. That easily? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the so. same place where they let Kevin Owens come up and the first thing he did was beat Cena. So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. But it right, but that, it, but that was also Kevin Owens. It was on Owens. the grandest stage of them all. But that was also Kevin Owens, you know what I mean? Where it's like we're comparing Kevin Owens to Shayna Baszler. No disrespect to her, but she's someone who got into wrestling late in life. She's not like she, she had a good run as champion in the Indies for a little while. By then, Kevin Owens had been a multiple time champion, like in every, everywhere you could think of, you know? And it's like, that's someone who's in good hands. Like she, she looks good and everything, but she's still pretty green. If we're just counting her NXT credentials, there's not really much that puts her above people like Bianca Belair or a lot of other people who have been down there the same amount of time at her. And then if we're going to go further back to her, and to her UFC credentials, like, yeah, she was part of the sport of uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, what was her greatest accomplishment there? I guess being a part of it, it's like she didn't really I mean, I mean, she got she was ranked up, in the uh, top 10 for like a decade. Yeah, but in the top 10, when it comes to, uh, what was that show called? The UFC, uh, The Ultimate Fighter, she got beat by, uh, what's her name? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, and unfortunately, that's the last thing anybody remembers her from that, but because there was it was uh, Juliana Pena. Right, right. And Juliana Penny went on and did great things. But the point being, and there's no disrespect to Shayna, but uh, as as much as she's done, still, in my opinion, from their eyes, looking at things from the big brand perspective, doesn't outweigh as much as she hasn't. 
Yeah. And that's, kind of I, I, think that's of, I think that's the problem. I just don't, I refuse to look at things from their point of view because their yeah. point of view sometimes just doesn't make sense. You know, she got a call up. You know what I mean? We're not going to give her a call up, a title, a money in the bank, King of the Ring. It's like, you got a call up. You just got your call up in this season. Literally, like in the very season that we are still in, you got your call up. And you're even getting to fight like the biggest person in the entire fucking wrestling business right now during that call up be honored it's not like becky's just a women's champion you know she's the biggest most consistent person in the entire fucking world of wrestling right now she's what carried them through a wrestlemania and she's what carried them through many a pay-per-view when the guys were doing fuck all there's probably not somebody who's a bigger star right now on the fucking planet of wrestling than becky lynch and they're letting her an nxt rookie come up here and have a badass persona and face her for the title. It's just difficult for me to believe that beyond that, she's going to leave with Becky's flesh in her mouth and the title in her hand. Like, I just don't see it. You know, it's like, we'll I'm still see. saying Basil though. Oh yeah. I'm going, I'm going Basil. <laughs> Go you don't, you don't, you don't have a girl run through the whole chamber and then just lose. They're not but that you, stupid. You do run a convincing argument there, Rick. I gotta say. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, sure. it is Becky Lynch, man. Like I like that is the to me that's the main character of this entire brand, yeah. this entire company. I mean, you know, it's Becky fucking Lynch, and I think they know that. Even Ned Stark died. <laughs> you know, and yeah, that's a spoiler. You know, and that being said, to play devil's advocate, the chase of her trying to get it back would also be good. But it's not even even though that would be good, it's not good for Shayna because Shayna just got here. Yeah, but I mean, let's be real. This company doesn't give a shit anymore. They'll see that they'll they'll see that's Ronda's friend, and that's all they need. Like I probably put up, I probably put up a lot better of an argument for Shayna winning than they would ever, because they see Ronda's friend, and boom, that's it. They didn't even do it for Ronda, and they're her friend. (laughs) You know, yeah, because Ronda. That's that's how much that's how important this Becky Lynch shit is. That they didn't even do it for Ronda. They had Ronda get pinned and go away. They they know what time it is when it comes to Becky Lynch, man. Trust me. You don't get yeah, a Becky Lynch very often in this world. There's no... Yeah, I would just but, but, but lay, leave it to this place to fuck it up. So. Yeah. No, I... I, I, well, I, I no, well, either way, it's going to be a fight. That's the one that we can guarantee. Like, these two are going to beat the ever-loving like, shit. Like, Georgia said, like, like Georgia said, Becky's still on the game cover. He's the top fucking first. She comes in on a on a truck designed for her with her face You'd be proud to be on that game cover. I can't say you know that. I mean? there, like, there, she, she's the one who shared the beers with Stone Cold Steve Austin during during 316 Day. This is not just the women's champion. You know? You got to just remember that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens to Mania, though. All right. Moving along, we got Edge versus Randy Orton. Edge, because why would Orton win this? Agreed. <laughs> There's no reason for Randy my, Orton to win this. That was totally my logic. Yeah. Like I, you don't usually not gonna like a charitable man kill off Matt Hardy, RKO his wife, and then win the match. That was yeah. a fast one. Then we want Edge to win it on this day. We see clearly. You stupid! <laughs> I can't remember the other line. I'm so mad. John Cena versus everything the has come to light. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> John Cena versus Bray. So, for the sake of story, I go for the fiend. Because it's redeeming. It seems like this theme that Bray's been on is ever since this Fiend persona came off, it's been righting past wrongs in his career. People who have showed up and beaten him, he's come around and beat them. Right. Yeah. So it's like it. First of all, it reinvigors some life back into the Fiend because let's be he's still recovering after that Saudi bullshit. And then how big? How how much bigger can you get? Then you re and then you basically get Bray's first WrestleMania win, first WrestleMania back. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, because you got to remember, his first WrestleMania was 30, and it was against Cena. So kind of makes sense for um, The Fiend to go over in this one. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Because Sting has nothing to do with this, of course I'm going for The Undertaker, because I mean it's Taker. <laughs> so, somehow I could just see them just being like, you know, just being in the match will make AJ strong. But uh. What about you, Roxy? Taker or AJ? Uh, Taker. Yeah, I think that um, they've they've built up AJ Styles too much as the 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 main factor in this for Taker not to go over on him. And that's the thing for me. Under normal AJ Styles circumstances, I would say maybe AJ should get it if this was a respectful rivalry. But yeah. the heel AJ and the way he's being presented and everything, it it's definitely would be weird for him to on top of it to just beat up Undertaker. Yeah, it's, he's gonna get he's gonna get what's coming to him for what he did there, and that's yeah. just a feel good match of the night. Oh, <laughs> so everybody who changes the channel—that's my vote. <laughs> and then finally, well, not finally, will we get Goldberg? And I know it says it shows Roman Reigns there. It's gonna be uh, Braun Strowman, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Select. Roman Reigns, if you mean Braun Strowman, until we adjust the graphic. You don't have to vote on this one twice. No. <sighs> so, as much as Braun will be an in- unconvincing champion, get this title off this old off this old turd. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I think they have no choice just because Goldberg's probably not going to be there long term anyway. He's probably going to be going away. So yeah. I, this I is like that. his one time every millennium he shows up. Like, <sighs> it's funny to think out of the. Two world champions on the main roster. Brock has been here the been here the most by a long shot. Yeah, Brock in Brock's whole best. championship run, he's missed what three weeks. <laughs> Goldberg's been here twice since he won the belt. But then there's no build up to it either, so they might keep the title on Goldberg to keep it warm until they can do something big at SummerSlam. But I'm still in hopes, knowing that that's possible, going to give it to to Braun here. I, I don't need a build up for this just to get this belt off of him. As long as the belt comes off, I could care about the build up. I've I've just literally this second come up with a theory that what happens if it's you know, like you're saying with the with the build and everything, maybe if they do save the Roman Reigns Goldberg feud until SummerSlam or Survivor series, then to make Goldberg look strong, it would make sense for him to take out the monster among men. As much as I hate the idea, I think that that could be potentially where they go with it. And you're probably right, but just in hopes that you're wrong, I'm going to go with the unlikely. I hope I'm wrong. I hope hope I'm wrong. At at that point, that does two things. One, Goldberg's still champion, which is horrible. And two, that means Braun Strowman doesn't get to beat anybody ever again. Yeah. Oh, there's that cuckoo. That means it's time for us to get the fuck out of here. All right. Lastly, lastly. The main event of the evening. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Think it's time for Drew to get it. Me too. He's worked hard. He's busted his ass. He's gotten a lot better. It's time for us to have the first ever Scottish world champion. I agree. And it's a shame that it's under these circumstances. But I mean, we got to stay our path. Yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of these champions... Whoever's set to be, whoever's set to win these matches, they won't get to have that mania pop. But I mean, hey, yeah. So I look at this card. There's very little changed about it. We're all acting like it's the end of the world. 
uh, when really this is still a stacked card from what I'm yeah, seeing here. There's a lot is. of matches. There's a lot. Very little has been changed in the grand scheme of things. And even the things that were changed aren't off the table. They're just changed. We got to give this the benefit of the doubt and see how they handle it. It's WrestleMania. It's, you know, we're going to do our best to tr- to make it feel like WrestleMania, anyone who's part of this community. And I think that this was a good start to that. And uh, it also, I'm glad we went through the card. That's why it was important to me, even though I was a little late, to make sure that we get to look at the, the card together. Because I think yeah. that with the way things are and with the attitude everyone was having, looking at the card and hearing the way the weeklies are, I think hopefully you all feel a little bit better about going into this. I could have just went on and just said, hey, let's not do the card tonight with all the chaos and everything. But I, I intentionally I decided I'm going to be late. I'm going to get on the air late because I think it's important for people to see the card for what it is, understand what we're getting into and try to look at the optimistic side of things instead of everybody being done with wrestling. And, you know, you got to look at some of the good here, you know, and I'm curious about how a lot of these matches and things are going to be handled. They do have good production. Let's just try to go into this with an open mind. As always, during both nights, the chat room will be open. Go to talkbrunch.com. It's the window right at the top or mixer.com slash talkbrunch will be in there the entire night, followed by post shows. And, uh, you know, just try to make the best of it, guys. You know? I yeah, think that, definitely. Uh, Looking at this, I feel a lot better about it after seeing the card. Because yeah. before I, I was, I was in that same boat. I was just like, "Oh, this is gonna be rough." Yeah. But seeing what's still intact makes you feel a little bit better about it. And I thought you guys would. So I know this is an extra long episode, and uh, that's because this is WrestleMania. Go home and the poll and everything. This is a strange time that we're in, but now you guys can see what's going on. Hit your finish mm-hmm. buttons. Again, when there's new matches added or changed, I will put it on the top of the poll so that you guys will see. I'll I'll put announcements on the top of the website as well. I will keep you up to date on everything that's going on. And you can always just contact us on Twitter if you have any questions, any of the three of us, and we'll do our best to get the answers for you. All right. Ready to wrap up here, guys? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> damn right. Ready to wrap up here. This is a shit. How dare you guys keep us up this late? Ungrateful. Okay, <laughs> what you gonna do about it, bitch? No, okay. <laughs> that being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us or is listening to this on the replay or that's listening to this on the beginning of the following episode this night. Uh, thank you for being here with us for this wonderful event. Mark 710, Six Slayer, Kula Ice, Spartan Jesus, Mark in Detroit, Emang. Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, George Z, Saku Hasu, Kung Fu Joe 76, Fading Corp 40714, Prefaced Bog 307, Freddy Cooper, Univalent Peak 15, Me and Wesson, Ryder, fuck are you, congratulations on the band, buddy, Monster Boy, Hospital, we call you, yeah, they know snack, Monster Hospital, Neat Freak One, FYI, NJ Lone Wolf and of course all of you listening all of you lurkers out there without names as well as all of you on the man on iTunes Stitcher Radio TuneIn SoundCloud uh, Mixplay Podcast Addict and across the airwaves of everything ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live episode 374 hosted by yours truly Rick Dara aka Captain Brunch from myself Destin and Roxy we are out of here see ya mania Shut it down.